criticized for calling Putin a war criminal. He is a war criminal. For the moment, it's passive, but he's uh, certainly making a statement, and uh, it's a statement about censorship. The Russians obviously miscalculated the extent of Ukraine's resistance. This is Bloomberg Surveillance, early edition with Francine Lacroix. Well, good morning and welcome to Bloomberg Surveillance Early Edition. I'm Francine Lacqua here in London, and here's what's coming up on today's program. Piling on the pressure, the U.S. Treasury cuts Russia off from making dollar debt payments through American banks. Washington and Brussels weigh more sanctions. Nickel fallout. J.P. Morgan reviews its commodity exposure after last month's LME chaos. And stay with Bloomberg Early Edition. This hour, we speak to the legal and general chief executive, Nigel Wilson, and to the boss of the largest sunflower oil producer and exporter in Ukraine, the colonel chief executive, Levgen Osipov. We'll send in your questions on IB Plus TV Go. Now, first thing is first, so let's check in on the markets. So we're seeing markets relatively calm. Now, European stocks actually advancing. U.S. equity futures also a little bit more elevated. We have have a wonky double uh, European stock so that you really see the full extent of exactly what we're seeing, which is stocks gaining three-tenths of a percent higher energy stocks following crude oil, seven-tenths of a percent higher. Now, we keep on looking at the inverted yield curve on various parts of the markets to give us a sense on whether we should panic a little bit more. Markets move really continuing to be shaped by the ramification of the war in Ukraine and, uh, of course, being shaped by tightening monetary policy as well as raw material costs stoking inflation. So this is a picture across the board. I don't know whether we do have the European map. If we do, let's get to that. We also need to look at technology. A lot of the talk today will be on what Elon Musk is trying to do. All right. So that's a cross asset. If we have the European Mac, let's bring it up. Otherwise, we continue with the war in Ukraine and the U.S. says it might impose further sanction this week on Moscow as the world's attention focuses on allegations that Russian troops executed civilians in Bucha and other towns. You may remember I got criticized for calling Putin a war criminal. Well, the truth of the matter is so it happened to Putin. This warrants him he is a war criminal. But we have to gather the information. We have to continue to provide Ukraine with the weapons they need to continue the fight. And we have to gather all the detail so this can be an actual have a war crime trial. Now, Russia denies its forces killed civilians. For more on what, uh, of course, is going on, Bloomberg's Europe correspondent Maria Tadeo joins us. So, Maria, condemnation growing over these alleged Russian atrocities, both the U.S. and Europe promising more sanctions. How effective can they actually be? Well, Francine, the biggest question until this point is the European Union and the United States promise the mother of all sanctions. But the reality is, until now, Russia has continued to service its debt and, of course, it continues to sell oil and gas to the European Union. So the political pressure now, after the pictures in Bucha, is growing to put an end to that and actually come up with very effective, rough sanctions on the country. We know on the part of the United States, they're moving to block payments of U.S. dollar denominated from U.S. banks in the U.S. That would force Russia to either use its reserves or essentially default on its debt. And then when it comes to the European Union, Francine, to 
tomorrow there will be a very important meeting here in Brussels of ambassadors to decide whether or not this time around they want to touch energy. But again, we know the reality about this. It's very divisive. The Germans, up until yesterday, we heard from Christian Lindner say we're not ready to cut off gas. And today, the French finance minister Bruno Le Maire saying it is clear that we don't have unanimity at this point. So, um, Maria, the U.S. warning that Russia may have changed its plans to concentrate its forces on Ukraine's eastern region. Where does this leave peace talks? Well, Francine, and that was, by the way, very much reflected uh, this morning by the general staff of the Army of Ukraine saying that retreat from the west means they're focusing now on the east and there's very heavy fighting across the Donbass. In fact, the Ukrainians expect a major operation from the Russian army to try to lock their control of Lunetsk and Lugansk. Now, Francine, when it comes to the peace talks, what we're seeing as the reality is we're very far from a ceasefire. The fighting continues on the ground and for the Ukrainians, they believe that a lot of this is part of the tactics before the real talks begin. That Russia will try to really get control of the east, come in with talks or to the talks with that leverage and then at that point you get into the serious uh, stage of negotiations but of course this means that the fighting and everything that it entails in human lives could continue for weeks. Maria, thanks so much. Maria Tadeo there in Brussels. Now, Bloomberg has also learned that the U.S. Treasury has halted dollar debt payments from Russian government accounts as U.S. financial institutions. Now, joining us are Bloomberg Markets Editor Christina Kino and Valentin Marinov, head of G10 FX Research at Strategy at Crédit Agricole. So thank you both for joining us. Christina, I mean, this does not leave actually a lot of choices for what Russia does next in whether it defaults or pays it using revenue or actually some of their reserves. Absolutely, Francine. It really does corner Russia into a couple of options that they really probably do not want to make at this point. But I think that's the whole point of uh, Treasury developments overnight is to really up the ante on that front. And, you know, I think there's been a bit of a sigh of relief over the past month because initially the questions with regards to the sanctions um, was that whether Russia was able to service its debt. And they've shown repeatedly over the past month that they have been able to make those coupon payments. They've been able to make principal payments but now that again raises that question and for investors it really will be again a question of is Russia going to have to default on its debt or not I mean does it mean Christine that actually you know I guess bit by bit sanctions are being put up so that the pressure will go up and markets don't seem especially on the the stock side don't seem to have noticed yeah, I think that that's absolutely correct, Francine. The way to characterize it is kind of it's incremental steps that we're seeing from various governments here with regard to Russia sanctions. Certainly on the bond um, payments front, that's what we've seen as well. Initially, prior to this action overnight, Treasury had indicated that it will have exemptions in place until the 25th of May um, uh, for, for uh, these transactions for, for Russia bond payments to get carried yeah. through. That kind of just is out the way now after the overnight developments so and so again I think it's, it's now a matter of those incremental steps kind of adding up mm -hmm. to really build the pressure on Russia at this point yeah and and Valentin this is having a huge impact on of course most of the foreign exchange and some of the currencies that you're watching how much more volatility are you expecting well I mean geopolitical risks are here to stay and there was a period uh, where we did see those 
risk subsiding, but following the latest developments, uh, any renewed sell-off in the ruble in particular could indeed spike yeah. FX volatility. Historically, the euro, Swedish crown in the G10 space, but also Central Eastern European currencies with those massive economic exposures to both Ukraine yeah. and Russia, dependent on Russian gas, will likely bear the brunt of any yeah. correction there. Yeah. So if you look at the oil-rich countries, something of Canada, if you look at Norway and some of the others, what happens to those currencies? Well, it is the case that, uh, as unfortunate as it may be, the war in Ukraine has ushered in a whole new template for the FX markets. We're in the world of where you buy high-yielding currencies of energy exporters. I would add the Australian dollar yep. to the ones uh, you've mentioned, and you essentially fund those purchases by selling euro, but also the Japanese yen, low-yielding currency of an energy importer. And that is here to stay. The one thing that is allowing that is the fact that resentment remains remarkably resilient. So a potential spike in FX volatility could potentially derail that for a time. But ultimately, those currencies could emerge as the biggest winners uh, from what's happening at the moment. Yeah. And Christine, let me bring you over to a chart that actually Valerie put together, which is looking at some of stocks. So I think we're breaking it down in Europe, UK, US and MSCI and how they've been performing since the beginning of the war. If we can bring it up, I'll show you exactly what it tells us and it does seem to have recouped a lot of the losses. What's the, the next, I guess, fault line for stock investors right now? Well, Christine, I think now, you know, it, it would have to be kind of going back to those original catalysts earlier in the year. Again, the path of Federal Reserve policy very much still um, on the radar for investors, in addition to risks related to Russia and Ukraine. And I, I think the combination of this has muddied the picture a little bit for investors. You know, I think for a time there was this um, notion that uh, what we're seeing in Ukraine could potentially slow the process of policy normalization. But we've heard from several Federal Reserve policymakers over the last few weeks that they really are driving home this point that, look, 50 basis point rate hikes, potentially multiple rate hikes of, of that size could be in the offing here because they really want to get ahead of that inflation um, uh, factor. And so, you know, it's 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 been uh, a fight, I suppose, uh, in terms of the, the prominent market catalyst right, yeah. between these two. Yeah. But I think now the, the attention is shifting again to the Fed and what it's going to do next. Yeah. All about the Fed, but I do want to ask you before we get on to the Fed, uh, Valentin, we have some of the Russian reserves. I don't know whether we have that chart, but again, it's a good chart and seeing how much they've used so far yeah, yeah. since the start of the war. Let's bring it up, and here it is, as if by magic, we have the Russia reserve uh, drain. I mean, where does this economy end up? Do you, I mean, do you look at Russia? Uh, well, uh, on occasion, we have to. I mean, it is the one uh, place that's driving the markets at the moment, but uh, they are slowly but surely running out of reserves. If anything, they have certainly run down their dollar debt, so they don't have to really use uh, a lot of uh, those uh, at the moment. Uh, the latest uh, restrictions, however, may indeed speed that up. Uh, it is the case that the Russian central bank uh, uh, with their uh, massive hikes and indeed the capital control restrictions managed to stem the outflow but the thing is and as you said uh, at the very beginning uh, the western uh, allies of Ukraine are trying to ever so slowly tighten the grip and one of the consequences of that would be Russia slowly but surely running out of reserves as it indeed have to rely on their onshore reserves to repay their FX uh, debt down the road.
All right. Thank you both. Our Bloomberg Markets editor, Christina Kino, and Korea Agricole's Valentin Marinoff, even, if I can speak. I need an espresso. Uh, both stay with us. Uh, Twitter, this is what it's doing in pre-market trade. A lot of chatter on Twitter on the back of Elon Musk now being the biggest shareholder. He was tweeting about whether there should be an edit button. But then if you look at a lot of uh, the news around it, it's also he'll be a passive shareholder. So we were wondering, you're the world's richest man. You only take a 10% stake. Are you really going to sit on your laurels and be passive? Or are you going to change what the strategy and also, as he's been saying on Twitter, go for more free speech? Now, smart conversations continue on Bloomberg Surveillance Early Edition. This hour, we speak to the legal and general chief executive, Nigel Wilson, to the boss, also the largest sunflower oil producer and exporter in Ukraine. That's the colonel chief executive, Levgen Osipov. Send in your questions on IB Plus TV Go. This is Bloomberg. All eyes are on uh, not just uh, Russia and Ukraine, uh, but all the rest of us in terms of how we're going to react. And uh, there's a complex set of um, dynamics at play, certainly uh, on the economic front. Well, that was Catherine Tai, U.S. Trade Representative, speaking exclusively to Bloomberg. Now, back with us, Bloomberg Markets Editor Christina Kino and Valentin Marinov, head of G10 FX Research and Strategy at Credit Agricole. So, first of all, Christina, when you look at some of the dynamics, and we're talking a little bit about the fact that it's not the same catalyst for stocks than it is for bonds, the, everything, of course, is underpinned by inflation and forecasts of what the Fed does. Are, are we seeing banks kind of more aligned than they were just a couple of months ago as data comes in? Absolutely, Francine. I think, you know, people now are really coming to the realization that inflation is here to stay. It's no more transitory, which was the discussion, uh, point of discussion a few months ago. And so I think investors have now had time to adjust really yeah. um, their strategies for that. We are starting to see, for instance, even in the equity space, start to think about um, what would be kind of the inflation hedges within that space. You know, we're starting to see people uh, thinking about um, a companies with um, a good cash flow. Uh, good pricing power that they're able to pass on costs to investors. And in the bond markets, the question that's being asked at the moment is, have bond yields really risen enough to compensate for that inflation bite for investors? Yeah. We're already starting to see um, people asking the question of whether it's time to go back into 30-year Treasury yields, which we know have had a really massive run-up. And Treasuries in general have had a record quarterly loss in the first quarter. So you're starting to see some signs of bargain hunters and bottom fishers at this point. Yeah, if you go back to what it means for currencies, I and mean, first of all, what's it mean for dollar? Does the sanction have a ripple effect? Because, you know, a lot of countries around the world say, look, they're no longer reliable as a reserve currency, so I want to get out. Well, I mean, it is having an impact. And one interesting uh, consequence of what's happening is that uh, many emerging markets are now essentially considering their dollar exposure as making them vulnerable to future dollar sanctions. So essentially, there is a temptation that uh, they could actually follow in the suit of the Russian central bank, re reduce that dollar exposure and do what they want to do, pursue a more independent foreign policy. I'm not saying starting a war, but uh, still. So from that point of view, there's a bit of a clash between the role of the dollar as the king dollar, king of the G10, 
and, yeah. and the role of the U.S. Uh, uh, really as the sheriff uh, of uh, the global world. And uh, ultimately, all that may boil down to a situation where we could have a global economy which is split in economic blocks that have less use for the dollar as a global transaction currency, yeah. which could mean that the role... But how uh, do you play the, that then? Well, Lower is, yielding currencies? Well, ultimately, it's the case that you have to be looking for replacement proxies. You're buying the renminbi, you're buying the euro for the yeah. time being, still the most liquid uh, proxy yeah. with its own problems. But the renminbi so far has been the biggest beneficiary by far, and that's likely but to remain But that's also divergence play, right? But it is, in a way, it's the case that if you imagine a world which is dominated by certain superpowers yeah. uh, and uh, by implication their currencies dominating yeah. the transaction flows there, these will be the biggest challenges to the dollar in the next five to ten years. Um, Christian, how should we look at oil right now? Well, yeah, it's very interesting, Francine, because the knee-jerk reaction, of course, is higher on the back of potentially more sanctions. And you can understand that anything that kind of um, is an indication of potential escalation in the conflict would boost oil. But I think just looking at the comments themselves from what we've heard from the EU and the U.S., again, you know, these are small steps, incremental steps that they're taking and not necessarily um, automatically amounting to the biggie, really, which investors are watching out for, which is potential just on mass um, oil embargoes for anything that comes out of Russia but you know that's certainly not something that that Europe for instance would want to do at this stage considering how much they're they're getting from uh, Russia and so there is a potential for investors at this point to over egg and, and over interpret what we're currently hearing the sanctions yeah. front and translating that into a higher oil price I just question the sustainability of that at this point I love a setup we're going around the world in like 90 <laughs> seconds what do you do with yen do you I mean, uh, do, do you play it against Aussie dollar or, or well, Aussie dollar? Definitely, I think. Not uh, US dollar. Yeah, well, US dollar is quite a bit overdone, uh, overvalued, uh, overbought. I mean, Aussie could go to 80 cents per dollar. It still has further to go, according to our models. And the yen is already quite a bit uh, uh, undervalued uh, there. This is the case that the BOJ is getting a bit uh, uneasy about it. The MOF uh, really has mm -hmm. been uh, uh, really uh, on it uh, last week. So it is the ch it is also the case that historically, at least, when you get a very undervalued to yen, uh, really the Japanese investors, the biggest buyers of uh, treasuries uh, that have been doing so unhedged, yep. they start to worry about their downside risk. So essentially any future flows from here into the U.S. Treasury market from Japan likely to be hedged. And that's going to weaken the positive correlation between treasury yields and dollar yen. So I think the best days of that trade are behind us, as in long dollar yen. So look for alternatives. Aussie yen, yes, definitely. Yeah. Well, thank you both for joining us, Valentin. Thank you so much for that great insight. Our Bloomberg Markets Editor, Christina Kino and Valentin Marinoff, head of G10 FX Research and Strategy at Crédit Agricole. Do you like it how you, I pronounce it the French way? I don't know why I need to, but I feel like, you know, it, it cheers up Valentin. Plenty more still to come on Bloomberg Surveillance Early Edition. This hour, we speak to legal and general chief executive Nigel Wilson and to the boss of the largest sunflower oil producer and exporter, Colonel Chief Executive Levgen Ozipov. Send in your questions on IB Plus TV Go. This is Bloomberg.
Economics, finance, politics. This is Bloomberg Surveillance Early Edition. I'm Francine Lacqua here in London. Now, JP Morgan said to be reviewing its business with some of its commodity clients, a move that could actually drain more liquidity out of the sector. This is after last month's nickel short squeeze. Well, joining us now with the very latest is Jack Farchi, a world-renowned author with our Javier Blas, also an energy and commodities team reporter. Now, Jack, first of all, what does this move mean for the already very turbulent nickel market? Well, JP Morgan is a huge participant in commodity markets uh, and particularly in metals markets. There aren't that many banks that uh, play a big role in metals and JP Morgan is uh, by a long way the biggest. Um, now, the story that we have this morning, it's saying that JP Morgan is reviewing its uh, exposure in commodities. It's doing additional due diligence on a number of its clients, looking again at some uh, financing deals. Uh, so we're not saying that uh, JP Morgan is getting out. Um, but it's going to be a concern, certainly, for commodity markets and particularly metals markets, where liquidity at the moment is really very thin. I mean, you can see nickel in particular. Uh, yes, the market has reopened after that massive short squeeze, but it's essentially not trading. Uh, you're trading a few lots a day. The price is barely moving. Uh, there's not an awful lot of, uh, of activity happening on the market. Uh, and that's a, that's a pretty worrying and in illiquid uh, image of a, of, a, of, a, of what is, you know, a huge global market that matters a lot for the world economy. Um, so, Jack, what, what's the concern right now? Is there a big margin call coming that could send metal traders running for the hills? Well, I think we saw uh, we saw it in early March in nickel with Tsingshan, this big uh, Chinese, you know, the world's largest uh, stainless steel and, and nickel producer. Um, had a big short position, uh, turns out a very big short position in LME Nickel, and it got squeezed. But that happened in Nickel. It could happen in other markets. Russia is a huge producer of commodities. Uh, as, uh, you know, sanctions are ratcheted up on Russia, as seems to be happening, uh, there's more and more risk of large price moves. And anyone who has big, uh, big positions on commodity markets could be at risk of some moment when they can't pay their margin calls and suddenly you see markets doing these extremely volatile things and and blow ups happening. So I think it's a risk that everyone involved in commodities is extremely uh, aware of and worried about at the moment. Jack, thanks so much. Bloomberg's uh, Jack Farchi there. Now, still to come, we speak to the legal and general chief executive, Nigel Wilson, and to the boss of the largest sunflower oil producer and exporter, Colonel, the chief executive, Yevgeny Osipov, of course, joins us a little bit later on. Send in your questions on IB Plus TV Go. This is Bloomberg. On the pressure, the U.S. Treasury cuts Russia from making dollar debt payments through American banks. Washington and Brussels weigh more sanctions. Nickel fallout. J.P. Morgan reviews its commodities exposure after last month's LME chaos. And stay with Bloomberg Surveillance Early Edition. Up next, we speak to the legal and general chief executive, Nigel Wilson, and to the boss of the largest sunflower oil producer and exporter in Ukraine, the colonel chief executive, Yevgen Osipov. Send in your questions on IB Plus TV Go.
Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Bloomberg Surveillance Early Edition. I'm Francine Lacqua here in London. Now, first thing is first, so let's check in on the markets. Actually, when you look at what stocks are doing, they seem to stay pretty much calm in certain parts, also even elevated. It's certainly the energy stocks that are giving a boost to the rest of the markets. Bonds are retreating amid worries about inflation and the policy response. So if you look at the pattern that we've seen over the last two weeks, market moves continuing to be shaped by the ramification of the war in Ukraine and tightening monetary policy as these raw material costs, costs are stoking inflation. Now, we, of course, begin with the war in Ukraine. The U.S. says it might impose further sanctions this week on Moscow as the world's attention focuses on allegations that Russian troops executed civilians in Bucha and other towns. You may remember I got criticized for calling Putin a war criminal. Well, the truth of the matter is so it happened in Bucha. This warrants him he is a war criminal. But we have to gather the information. We have to continue to provide Ukraine with the weapons they need to continue the fight. And we have to gather all the detail so this can be an actual have a war crime trial. Now, while a consensus is forming that the war in Ukraine is a pivotal moment for ESG invest investing, a UK review is arguing that an H should also be added to the mix to represent health inequity. Now, the report, published by insurance giant Legal and General and the University College of London Institute of Health Equity, says ill health reduces productivity. Well, to tell us more about that is the Legal and General Chief Executive, Nigel Wilson. Nigel, Nigel so, so great to have you in the studio. So thank you so much for coming on to talk about the report. I mean, first of all, there does seem to be a consensus, you know, forming that it's pivotal that we look at uh, things like the S and exactly what's happening in Ukraine in the investing. Do you agree? Yes. Yeah. And health is another part of, uh, of that equation. And so what does that mean in terms of health? I mean, first of all, if we just focus on, on how the war in Russia is changing ESG, will it change the way that we deal with autocracies? Does ESG need to be much more mindful of the good and harm that it's doing? Indeed, I think that's uh, that's the trend we're seeing, aren't we, right across the world? And it, 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 it's very sad what's happening in Ukraine, and, and desperately sad at, at, at times. But actually, it, it's coalescing the good, and that people really want to yeah. do the right things, the right reasons, delivering right outcomes, which you've heard me say for many years on on uh, with you. So, talk to me about the the, the H that you yeah. want to add. Is it adding to ESG, or is it a part of ESG that needs to look at the, the, the health? I think we're, we're trying to add it to because yeah. health is is wealth, and people really understand that health really, really, really matters. And you know, we we, we in the UK, a bit like America, blessed with fantastic yes. universities, do amazing research and whatever. And the background to this is Michael Marmot did a brilliant report in 2010 and revisited it in 2020, 2021 and found virtually on every measure we'd gone backwards and we started having a discussion dialogue with them and how can we help as you know as somebody who has enlightened self-interest because we all want happy uh, uh, healthy productive employees working for purpose-led organizations it's sort of 101 of business right now and this is part of the mechanism of getting us all there yeah, so how do you measure it, first of all, would be my first question. It's extremely difficult. And do, do you not measure it through, you know, wealth? Or is there a GDP metric that could work? I think there's, there's, we're not short of metrics, believe it or not. And the university's got lots of uh, metrics that they've been, been using, broken down by different demographic groups yeah. and, and whatever. And some of them are subjective. That's part of the problem. And they, therefore, the historical data is quite subjective. But increasingly, we, we, we want to measure 
really what's happening in different organisations and be, being able to benchmark. And it's a bit like climate change a few years ago, the scope one, scope two and scope three in health, virtually parallel to, to climate. We've seen such a positive response to that across the world, very different from a few years ago, where we think health needs to be categorized in the same way. But uh, Nigel, so this would be what for, is, is it in terms of investing? So is it investing in a company and for employees or is it investing in a country? And again, is this because of COVID? Because health is very difficult. I mean, first of all, the data around health is extremely difficult. It's just if you have the money once you become ill to cure yourself. Y yes, yeah, that, that is one, one of the problems. I, I, I guess corporates in general, big business, is doing a pretty good job and you know this is a this is a fantastic example this used to be our building yeah. you know for 60 years this is where we were uh, Bloomberg did an amazing job making this a fantastic place to work with healthy food and health exudes out of this uh, out of this build, building when we had it, it was rubbish very bad work environment and it wasn't living up to anywhere near our standards so we we ended up moving uh, elsewhere and having a, again a, a much better working environment and all those things about let's all pay the living wage in fact let's all pay the living healthy wage for people so they can actually live a healthy lifestyle right now because the point you made about economics is true we, we sort of tested this with a number of corporates and, and everybody was up for it. I mean, yep. the, the problem is not the Bloombergs and the LNGs of this yep. world. It's, it's the thousands, the hundreds of thousands of SMEs who are not doing this. And, you know, health, poor health is, is terrible for productivity. We've got a huge productivity problem in the UK. And we found but actually in the data that, you know, regionally there's a huge difference in productivity yeah. and, and a lot of that's, you know, 30% of that's correlated with health. But Nigel, this should be addressed by the, by the government, right? This is why you have new rules and regulation and minimum wage and, and they should be taking well, care of employees. Th this should be in one sense, but actually we've always taken a view that we're very happy to roll our sleeves, as you know, and get stuck yeah. into these really yeah. big policy issues and try and make a difference. And we've done that in, you know, in housing and yeah. re regeneration in yeah. lots of areas. You know, we've got tons of money to to invest around the, the, these ideas. But we're finding this, this narrative resonates everywhere yeah. and that people really want to step up and try and figure out does how... It, well, does it resonate with chief executives? Because yes. it also oh, means, no, no, but it means that you're playing your employees more and that leads to wage inflation. No, I, I think that's a very old-fashioned view of, yeah. of it, to be honest. Is that I'm very old-fashioned. Yeah, people want to be productive and healthy and happy, and, yes. and they want to feel it, you know, pumped up when they come yeah. to work. A lot of people are missing work. I'll be missing coming here and getting grilled yeah. by grilled by you. So nice. And we're to, pumped <laughs> to, today. But but we need to change, and we need to change for the for the for the better. And corporate yeah. was a catalyst for that. And the yeah. fact that actually in ten years, and Gordon Brown worked yeah. with Marmot on that a long time ago. Nothing's happened. Yeah, not, not I guess happened. my point, Nigel, is that if you're a small and medium-sized enterprise chief executive, you can see your people, so you want them happy. If yeah. you don't, do you need, really need a metric to measure it, or do you say, "Hey, John, how's it going? Like, no, what I can I help to make it's your life easier?" You know, we were in Manchester yesterday, right. and actually, SMEs desperately need to actually. How do we do this? How do we make it happen? Big companies can, can make it happen. And what's the benefit? And how do, you know, people don't want big sickness and absenteeism. They don't want massive staff turn, turnover. They don't want no. long-term sickness in no. there. And they want loyalty. They want loyalty. They want loyalty, absolutely. And mental health is no. absolutely growing exponentially amongst all the demographic gr groups. No. And we know that there's massive stress in the workplace no. right now. And we've got to resolve that and actually purposefully resolve that. So do you think COVID has actually changed our relationship yes. with employees? Yes. Has it changed the social contract with government? Yes. yes. 
uh, uh, absolutely. And I think we're trying to figure out what's the rules and how do we capture all that yeah. positive momentum and put real money behind this, so really making a, making a difference. That's why you know, we've got the partnership with UCL, fantastic, yeah. another one with Edinburgh, and Scotland has great data. That's why we've partnered with, with Edinburgh, Newcastle University, Bristol yeah. University. Nigel, do you believe in the great resignation? And is that, you know, is there going to be a workaround that people are fed up and actually if they're not treated right, they'll just leave? I, I think there's a, there's a massive macro trend, particularly along younger people, that they want to work for purposeful organisations and feel their jobs mm -hmm. really purposeful. And that's, that, in one sense, is, is fantastic. We're not seeing the great resignation in, in the data. I mean, there was so, so yeah. few people resigned, you know, for the last eight, 18 months. Yeah. Is it coming of, now? But, but it, is it coming now? We're not, we've not got it in our data. And it's interesting, okay. the, the discussion we had, we, we had a major, major CEOs of companies who, who represent a million people mm -hmm. in employment in our office the other night discussing this. They're not seeing the great resignation. They're yeah. prepared for it. They're pre on preparing for it. They're seeing a catch-up from the last 18 months, much more, more so. All right, Nigel, always fun to catch up. Grilled, you see, I miss this. <laughs> yeah. This is what yeah, you can do it when it's back. I'm so, so excited. <laughs> I've got powder on my face first time in two years. What are you doing next Tuesday at 9 a.m.? <laughs> Nigel Wilson there, Legal and General Chief Executive Officer. Now, let's get straight to the Bloomberg Force Word News. Here's Leanne Gerrans. Hi, Leanne. Hi, Francie shows the earth may warm by more than three degrees Celsius, which is twice the international goal enshrined in the Paris Agreement. The report from the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change warns on still unchecked emissions of greenhouse gas pushing to record levels. IPCC scientists say emissions must peak before 2025 to keep climate targets alive. Now, Shanghai was reported more than 13,000 daily COVID cases for the first First time as a sweeping lockdown and mass testing of its 25 million residents does continue. The outbreak in the financial hub pushed the national total to more than 16,000 infections for Monday. Now that's the highest one-day figure recorded in China during the pandemic. JP Morgan is said to be reviewing business with some commodity clients after last month's nickel short squeeze and a move that could threaten to drain liquidity out of the sector. Managed has ordered a fresh due diligence on some existing clients, including metals traders and oil refineries. The U.S. bank is one of the largest players in global commodity markets and the biggest in metals by far. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg QuickSeg, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Leanne Gerrans. This is Bloomberg. Francine. Leanne, thank you so much. Coming up, Russia's invasion of Ukraine has caused a crisis in sunflower oil. We speak to the chief executive colonel, Ukraine's largest producer of sunflower oil, next. This is Bloomberg. Economics, finance, politics, this is Bloomberg Surveillance Early Edition. I'm Francine Lacroix here in London. Now, Russia's invasion of Ukraine has disrupted the supply of almost half, half of the world's sunflower oil exports, forcing companies to turn to alternatives such as palm oil in products ranging from potato chips to cookies. Well, joining us now to discuss the disruption is the chief executive of Colonel, Ukraine's largest sunflower oil 
producer. Uh, Evgen Osipov, the chief executive of Colonel, thank you so much for joining us. First of all, our immediate thought goes out to everyone in Ukraine and, of course, some of the disruption and loss of life that we're seeing. Give us a sense, Mr. Osipov, though, of any kind of longer-lasting infrastructure damage by the war to the operations of Colonel. You know, uh, thank you for the invitation. And uh, I want to say that uh, now, with the current situation, we don't have uh, such a big damage of our infrastructure. But uh, this uh, uh, moratorium of the ports facilities, it's uh, bring a huge impact on the future of uh, sun oil production in Ukraine and our supply to the, all other countries mm -hmm. in the world. So, more generally speaking, are agricultural facilities actually sustaining damage across Ukraine, or is it fairly contained at the moment? Uh, you know, if you speak about the current infrastructure, it's still in a good condition, and uh, we estimate the damage less than 5%. But at the same time, we, then we're speaking about the current season of planting, uh, our estimation is reducing by 20% of uh, planting areas in Ukraine and decreasing the yields. And it's bringing us to the numbers that uh, even in the last uh, year, Ukraine produced more than 100 million tons of grains and oil seeds. And in this season, our estimation is not more than uh, six, uh, 60 uh, million, right. 60 million tons. It means it's 40% less compared with the last season. And, and this would be for the spring planting across Ukraine. And so, of course, the effect would be pretty immediate in, in a couple of months or next year, actually. So, um, Yevgen, talk to me a little bit about, are you able to export at the moment the supply you have through rail and trucks outside Ukraine? You know, it's a huge challenge for us now uh, to, to supply our goods uh, for the market. Because before, for example, Ukraine export uh, around uh, uh, 500 uh, million, uh, 500,000 tons per month. And now we export 5% uh, uh, of this volume. And uh, uh, we believe that we need some time to to build the new logistic chains through the west border, but it's bring the time, and in any case, it's reduced the volumes of supplying uh, oil to the market and grains as well. But so, uh, how do, so in, in terms of actually exporting some of the things, I don't know how much sunflower oil you have at the moment. How much, if it's difficult via train and rail, is it possible via sea? Or is it just containers of sunflower oil that are sitting in Ukraine with nowhere to go? Now the Black Sea ports is blocked, and we have only one possibility to make export through the west, west border. Uh, and uh, the capacity of this logistic chain is not more than 10% compared with the volumes that we need to, to export from Ukraine through the uh, sea ports. And uh, it means that we will reduce the amount of export by 10 times compared with uh, volumes before the war, uh, the war was started. And, and this is immediate. What happens afterwards? I know you're planting less, and actually, if you're not able to export this, who will pay the cost of it? 
Yeah, it's true that in such case, we will have a huge stock inside in Ukraine and we have no stock and uh, no goods uh, for the market outside the Ukraine. And it's a big damage for the uh, production, for the food security of the global world. And it's uh, a big uh, problem with liquidity for the companies and for the uh, farmers inside in Ukraine. I, I'm not an expert in sunflower oil, but how long can you keep it for bef before it turns? So if relations with Russia gets better, are you able to export it still in three, four, six months from now, or does it perish? Uh, yeah, we are able to export it in three or six months from now, but you know that nobody knows how long does the situation will be in such condition like now with closed ports. Um, Yevgen, have you spoken to any of your usual buyers? How will global buyers make up for the shortfall of sunflower oil? Uh, yes, uh, every day we have uh, talks with our buyers because they're waiting for our oil worldwide in the Europe and uh, in the Asia. But now we have, don't have capacity to, to supply these uh, volumes and we need to stop the contracts. And this is the same position with other production companies in Ukraine. And it's a huge damage for the, our logistic chains and for the, yeah. our infrastructure of our, uh, of our uh, cooperation with, with our partners. Have, they, have the buyers told you that they're buying sunflower oil from elsewhere, or are they switching to another type of oil in the hope that your production comes back online? Uh, you know that it's impossible to buy sunflower oil from some other origination because Ukraine is the number one sunflower oil exporter in the world. Uh, yes, our buyers switch to the other types of oils like rapeseed oil, soybean oil and, uh, and uh, uh, palma oil. Yeah, it's true. All right, thank you so much, uh, Yevgen Osipov there, the chief executive officer of Colonel. And of course, we'll keep on top of exactly what's happening in terms of plantation and look, of course, at sunflower oil futures as well. Thank you, sir, for joining us. In the meantime, we're just getting some breaking news from the Commission President and Mr. Borrell, both saying that they will travel to Kyiv this week as peace talks are ongoing, but for the moment, not very productive. Now, coming up, Elon Musk becomes Twitter's largest shareholder and the world's richest person already has ideas for how to shake up the social media platform. So we'll have that story next. This is Bloomberg. Finance politics. This is Bloomberg Surveillance Early Edition. I'm Francine Lacqua here in London. Now, Elon Musk has become Twitter's largest shareholder and the world's richest person already has ideas for how to shake up the social media platform. By the way, he says he's not the richest person because he gave an interview saying it was Putin, but that 
we don't know. Joining us now is Bloomberg Intelligence media and tech analyst Matt Bloxham. Matt, first of all, I'm obsessed with this story because Elon Musk has been tweeting about it, saying, like, you know, this is a social media platform. I don't know if this is his voice, but, you know, it, does it have free speech? Does it need to change? And now he's talking about the editing button. So is it a personal gripe? What are his motivations behind it? Yeah, I mean, I think obviously probably it's certainly not financially motivated given that whether he's the richest or not the richest man in the world, he's very rich. So I think investing $3 billion or so in, in, in Twitter is neither here nor there. So it really is about his kind of broader, I guess, arguably altruistic yeah. uh, aims uh, for society as a whole. And, you know, clearly free speech has been a mm -hmm. sensitive topic for him. Perhaps he feels that by having a, a big shareholding in Twitter, he has more agency in that debate with yeah. regulators and policymakers about what a social media platform should be, how it should operate, what it should be allowed to do and, and not do. I mean, I like the polls. I think last time I checked yeah. on whether we need an editing button, I think there was like almost 2 million people that, you know, were into it or not. So if you're a 9% shareholder, the biggest shareholder, but you say you're passive, how much influence do you have? Um, I think he has a, a lot more, a lot, and probably a lot more than your typical 9% shareholder, I think, because he has such a big following. Uh, and he can use those two things to become a kind of, I guess, a passive plus shareholder, if you like, you know. So that there's an AGM coming up. I think it's too late for him to kind of have any direct influence on that. But he's got a big vote in that now, and he can probably tweet ahead of that about some of the resolutions that are there and perhaps get a bigger following. So I think he can start to exert his influence quite quickly um, on the, the direction the company at strategy mm -hmm. whether an edit button comes or not but I think it's a way of him demonstrating that he has power and influence yeah. uh, over what they do I mean could you see another platform coming on I know you know Trump was also trying to do something is this like the beginning of a disruption of social media once again <laughs> Um, potentially, I mean, I guess obviously we saw TikTok come from absolutely nowhere through the pandemic. So I think that the beauty of the internet is that there really are very few barriers to entry. And if you get the right kind of proposition, uh, then you can really kind of grow at an exponential rate. Uh, I think it's perhaps harder in that kind of domain of, of uh, you know, kind of traditional social media platforms. I think it'd have to be something fundamentally different that catches the younger generation uh, to kind of really become a, a big scale platform. The younger generation like us, Matt Block. Bloomberg Intelligence Media and Tech Analyst. I don't know why you're laughing. Matt blocks him there with the very latest on social media. Bloomberg Surveillance Early Edition continues in the next hour. Matt Miller, Kaylee Lines in New York, our Danny Berger here in London. And this is Bloomberg. Russians obviously miscalculated the extent of Ukraine's resistance, which has been heroic. All eyes are on uh, not just uh, Russian Ukraine, uh, but all the rest of us in terms of how we're going to react. We must step up pressure against Russia, and we must uh, step up our support for Ukraine. This is Bloomberg Surveillance Early Edition with Anna Edwards, Matt Miller, and Kaylee Lines. It's 10 a.m. in London, 5 a.m. in New York, and 5 p.m. in Hong Kong on this Tuesday, April 5th. Our top stories today. The U.S. Treasury is making it tougher for Moscow to pay bond investors. It's halted dollar debt payments from Russian government accounts at U.S. banks. A move by J.P. Morgan could drain even more liquidity out of the nickel market. The bank is reviewing its business with some commodity clients after last month's nickel short squeeze. 
and Twitter's largest shareholder has asked his followers whether the service should have an edit button. Elon Musk conducted the poll hours after he revealed a 9.2% passive stake in the company. Welcome to Bloomberg Surveillance Early Edition. I'm Danny Berger in London, in for Anna Edwards, Matt Miller, and Kaylee Lines in New York. And Kaylee, the market's attention once again turns to the threat of sanctions, but the session started out quiet with much of Asia on holiday. Yeah, and the stocks that were open in Asia, or at least the markets that were open in Asia, largely moving higher, Danny. You had the MSCI Asia Pacific index higher for a second day, up by about two-tenths of one percent. But once again, it was a move really led by technology. The Hang Seng Tech Index up 5.4 percent in Hong Kong. A lot of optimism around potentially uh, progress being made on those auditing rules and therefore easing of concerns about any delisting of Chinese companies in the U.S. Of course, the other news out overnight was from the RBA, Australia's central bank, leaving rates on hold but opening the door to an earlier hike by removing the word patient from its policy statement. So that sends a hawkish signal and it rippled through Australian assets, including the short end uh, of the bond market in Australia. The two-year yield up about 11 basis points at 195, uh, uh, 195, 196 or so. That is the highest for the two-year yield going back to 2018. And then finally, the Aussie dollar far and away the outperformer among G10 currencies. It's stronger against the U.S. dollar by about 1.3%, trading right around 76 cents, Matt. All right, uh, interesting look at Asia there here in the U.S. We don't see a heck of a lot of movement on S&P futures, but we do have a warning sign that I think a lot of people are starting to pay attention to in the Dow Transportation Index. It's down four days in a row, the longest uh, set of uh, losing sessions uh, consecutively since December. And, you know, if you're old school, transportation theory, Dow theory um, uh, may give you a pause in terms of the bear bull market, um, the bear bull run. U.S. 10-year yield right now up a couple uh, 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 basis points, 4.8 to be exact. 244.31 is your um, level there as investors feel comfortable not to let go of some of that debt. On the other hand, we have oil rising again today, so up 1.5% to 104.91 right now. And then Bitcoin also gaining only three quarters of one percent, but still holding at a relatively high level, 46,653. So these seem to be uh, the yield and Bitcoin possibly risk on signs. On the other hand, futures not doing much and crude rising again could worry investors along with the transportation index. Danny, what are you looking at in Matt, terms of Europe? It is really similar in terms of Europe, not getting that strong risk on or risk off signal because there's a lot of divergences within the regional benchmarks. For example, DAX is up about two tenths of 1%. But then on the flip side, you have the Cacaron, the UK stock index. Those are also moving lower. Now, a lot of the turmoil under the surface has to do with this energy play. A lot of oil related stocks per that stocks, uh, per, per that oil price you just showed us, Matt are moving higher. The threat of sanctions means oil is moving higher. Also, a lot of renewable energy companies outperforming in Europe. But the worst performing sector today is the basic resource index because of potential sanctions yet again, meaning oil and gas companies will find it hard to do business. So on a headline level, Europe stock 600 up just three tenths of 1% with that turmoil under the surface. Now, the macro story also very important here with that higher inflation if there are 
are more sanctions. Uh, the ECB now has to look at raising rates sooner, getting back to normal sooner. Vessler, uh, one of the governing body members of the ECB, saying late yesterday that he would potentially see negative rates ending by the end of this year. So you have this big sell-off in European bonds. German 10-year yields, those are up about 3.5 basis points, 50.51%. 5.4% is where we stand. Gilt yields, those are also up about 5.5 per, uh, uh, basis points as well. All of that also translates into a euro dollar, which had been stronger against the dollar. However, that's now starting to fade as we've moved through this session. So euro dollar at one spot, 9.68. Now, when it comes to Russia assets, obviously a very distorted market. It continues to be so. But again, these concerns over sanctions are hurting your uh, Russian stocks a bit. We also had really weak PMIs, the weakest services data for Russia since the onset of the pandemic and those lockdowns. Also a weaker ruble, but again, general dollar strength today. And you're also looking at 10-year bond yields for Russia up about one basis point, Kaylee. All right, Danny. Well, you mentioned the data we got out of Russia. We are going to get more data here in the U.S. in the day ahead at 8.30 a.m. Eastern time. We'll be getting U.S. trade balance numbers, uh, and that will be really in focus. Then at 10 a.m. New York time, Bloomberg's Michael McKee will be speaking to Kansas City Fed President Esther George in an exclusive interview. Plus, Fed Governor Lael Brainerd will also be speaking in a virtual discussion on the unequal impacts of inflation. And finally, Ukraine's President Vladimir Zelensky is set to address the United Nations Security Council and also plans to deliver an address to the Spanish Parliament, Matt. All right, we will watch uh, for all those data points and speeches. Now, Bloomberg has learned that the U.S. Treasury has halted dollar debt payments from Russia government accounts at U.S. financial payments. This comes after alleged atrocities committed by Russian troops in the Ukrainian town of Bucha were discovered. President Biden spoke about it yesterday. You may remember I got criticized for calling Putin a war criminal. Well, the truth of the matter is so it happened in Vuka. This warrants him, he is a war criminal. But we have to gather the information. We have to continue to provide Ukraine with the weapons they need to continue the fight. And we have to gather all the detail so this can be an actual, have a war crime trial. Anne-Marie Hordern, Bloomberg's Washington correspondent, uh, correspondent, joins us now for more. So, Anne-Marie, what do we know about uh, continued push for more sanctions? Well, we're going to be hearing about more sanctions this week. According to Jake Sullivan, the president's national security advisor, after the president made those remarks for all of us to keep a lookout, Jake said that they are working with their European partners and there will be more sanctions to come this week. And then, Matt, what we have overnight, this is a Bloomberg scoop, is coming out of the U.S. Treasury. Basically, what they're saying is that Russia can no longer make payments they're supposed to make to overseas investors from Russian government accounts used and held in financial U.S. financial institutions. Now, remember, the U.S. already froze accounts of Russia's central banks and all those reserves they had in dollar-denominated currencies, euros, etc. But what they did have is carve-outs. So they could still make those payments to their investors. And now what they're saying is that is no longer allowed. And this came as a payment was due yesterday. And what the Treasury is saying, a spokesperson is saying, is that now Russia really has three options. They either have to drain the reserves that they hold at home in Russia, they have to use any new revenue they have coming in to make these payments, or they will default. This just increases the pressure on President Putin and really the economic situation on the ground in Russia. All right. 
Bloomberg's Anne-Marie Hordern down in Washington, D.C. for us. Thank you so much. Meanwhile, there's a new signal that China's President Xi Jinping may speak with Ukraine's Vladimir Zelensky for the first time since the Russian invasion. The foreign ministers of the two countries spoke yesterday. Meanwhile, the European Commission announcing this morning that EC President Ursula von der Leyen and High Representative Joseph Borrell will be traveling to Kyiv this week to meet with Zelensky. Let's get more with our European correspondent Maria Tadeo in Brussels. So Maria, what do we know about that planned visit? Well, this is going to happen this week. A lot of the details are still uh, pending, of course, all of it due to security uh, reasons. But essentially what the European Commission and the European institutions want to do here by having Ursula von der Leyen on the ground meeting Zelensky is to really show that Europe is standing and supporting Ukraine. That's for the politics. But of course, the biggest question is what happens when it comes to the sanctions? Tomorrow there will be an important meeting when it comes to potentially including energy here. But at this point, I really we have to make this very clear uh, there is no consensus yet on what that package should entail it is also very clear that gas would be out of the question so it really comes down to coal and oil but again what you really need to factor here is that when we talk about the European energy market well there isn't one there's 27 different countries with 27 different systems and 27 different governments and at this point there is no unanimity behind any decision so I would really refrain uh, perhaps from from, from making big assumptions about a big energy embargo because it does seem from the information that we have right now that that is possibly not on the table. All right, Maria, thanks very much. Bloomberg's Maria Tadeo there in Brussels. Now to a Bloomberg scoop. J.P. Morgan is reviewing its business with some commodity clients after last month's nickel short squeeze. The move threatens to drain more liquidity from the sector. Eddie Vandervald of Bloomberg Markets Live joins us now with more. And J.P. Morgan, obviously a monster in metals trading. Absolutely. Absolutely. JP Morgan is a big, big deal in commodities. Make no mistake. They, they, they are the biggest counterparty and, you know, a provider of liquidity in a number of markets. If they start pulling back, and we don't know yet that they will, but if they start pulling back, that will create a, a situation in commodities markets which are already really volatile, which are already seeing people step back because of that additional volatility and that additional risk, and it will just make them even harder to trade. Well, along the same lines, it's been a headache for the LME and more headaches potentially coming for the LME. A great Bloomberg story about, yes, metals are still being traded through the LME, but more people are turning away. What risks could this pose for the metals exchange? You know, it, it, this is, it, it's, it's really the, the full knock-on implications of, of the invasion uh, in, in, in Ukraine and um, Russian uh, assets becoming a little bit toxic. We, we really haven't seen the full implications of that yet because we are now seeing a situation where a lot of people don't want to touch the metal even though there aren't necessarily sanctions against them. But that just means that you've got, you, you, you're ending up with a two-tier system even inside the LME and it makes it really difficult to trade metals and commodities which are already so volatile that a lot of people just don't know whether they should take exposure, Danny. All right, Bloomberg's Eddie Vandervault of the Markets Live team, thank you so much. The headaches for the LME just seem to never go away. Meanwhile, Twitter is trading higher before the bell. That follows news that Elon Musk is now the social media platform's largest shareholder. And, of course, Twitter saw the best day since 2013 yesterday on the back of that news. Joining us now for more is Bloomberg's Laura Wright. So, Laura, what's the latest? Who all has weighed in? 
Well, Elon Musk putting his 80 million Twitter followers a newly announced stake in the social media platform to use by creating a poll asking participants whether there should be an edit button. So far, that poll has already received more than 2 million votes and a response from Twitter's CEO, Porag Agrawal, urging participants to please vote carefully. Now, Kathy Wood, ARK Investment Management CEO, she spoke to Bloomberg Radio yesterday. It's worth noting her flagship investment fund has almost 10% of its assets in Tesla. Take a listen to what she had to say about Musk making a statement. I do think for the moment it's passive, but he's uh, certainly making a statement, and uh, it's a statement about censorship. He, he doesn't agree with censorship. Uh, uh, for as smooth functioning democracy as he has tweeted, I believe. Uh, and so uh, I think he's sending a strong signal uh, to the new CEO. Uh, and I, I also know there's some controversy about why Jack left having to do with this new CEO. So a few messages there. Now, over at Wedbush, well-known tech analyst Dan Ives sees this as just the start, believing that Elon Musk will go on to take a more aggressive ownership form at Twitter. Meanwhile, over at Jeffries, brokers see Twitter's intraday gain as overplayed. But I'll leave you all with the musings from one Twitter user who believes Elon Musk is playing chess while the rest of the world are finding their checkerboards. Laura, I, gotta, I have to just jump in here and ask... What was the response? What was the result of the poll? Do we need an edit button or not? I think it looks overwhelmingly likely, Matt, that there's going to be an edit button. So, so much good for news for you. <laughs> All right, Bloomberg's Laura Wright, thank you so much. Now, of course, as we mentioned, Twitter is trading higher before the bell, but other social media stocks are actually moving in tandem, as they did yesterday. One of them being Snap, which was higher by about 5% in the Monday session. It's up another six-tenths of a percent or so in early hours this morning. Also moving higher this morning, Cruise Lines, specifically Carnival, really leading the way. The company announcing after the bell yesterday, it just had its best week of bookings on record. That is the week through April 3rd. So that lifting those shares to the tune of nearly 4% this morning. And another group of stocks I did want to check on is Chinese tech companies listed here in the U.S. Danny, you mentioned it and I missed it. I thought China was just closed overnight. Hong Kong was as well. Mm. So that big Hang Seng uh, tech rally was from Monday. But of course, again, that is on optimism, optimism around the auditing rules, potential that these companies will not be delisted. And you are seeing the gains continuing in the U.S. session today. DD Global, of course, that Chinese ride hailing company up by about a third of a percent before the bell, Danny. Yeah, really in the Asia session, the only exciting thing was that Aussie dollar move off the back of the RBA. Kaylee, great roundup, and we're going to get back to the wider market conversation now that more markets are up and running with Asia on holiday. We're going to speak with Mark Tinkert, Uska Fund CIO. And later in the program, former UK ambassador to Russia, Andrew Wood, as more EU members Think about increasing sanctions to Russia oil and gas. And of course, don't miss Matt and Kaylee on Bloomberg Crypto at 1 p.m. New York time. They're going to be speaking to Harvard professor and crypto skeptic Ken Rogoff, as well as the Association for Digital Assets Market CEO, Michelle Bond. This is Bloomberg.
Welcome back to Bloomberg Surveillance. We are simulcast on both Bloomberg Radio and Bloomberg Television. I'm Matt Miller here with Kaylee Lines in New York, Danny Berger out in London, Anna Edwards is off today. You don't really hear much about Dow transportation theory, or Dow theory um, anymore. Um, I don't know why that is, but the idea goes like this. When you have a drop in an index that covers trains and trucks, now the transports index used to be the railroad index, um, that signifies bad things for the U.S. consumers. We're not ordering enough stuff. Factories aren't getting enough deliveries. We're not seeing enough production. And we've had a big slump in the Dow Transports Index, down 7.3% over the last four sessions. It's the longest streak of losses since December. And that could signal um, that this uh, mini rally that we've seen, this uh, uh, bear market rally that we've seen is over here. That's the concern. Lynn Thomason joins us, Bloomberg Markets Managing Editor, to talk about this. Is it a warning sign, Lynn, still? I think so, for sure. I mean, goodness, the Dow Jones Transport Series has been around forever. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think there's a good reason why people still listen to it. Clearly has, um, you know, a message for the U.S. economy. And it's, you know, if it's if it's going down, I think there's messages that, you know, investors are concerned about what the economy is going to do next. And we're just getting mess uh, an email through uh, two Bloomberg reporters from Russian's finance ministry basically saying that oil and gas for March, the income there, uh, was about $3.6 billion less than planned. Certainly, Russian oil and gas has been top of mind with potentially increased sanctions. Are we at a point where traders are comfortable starting to price that into markets? Yeah, I think, I mean, clearly investors are pricing in what's going to happen next with Russian oil and gas. And that's, you know, the big theme that's driving everything across the board. You're seeing oil up today. Um, and I think, you know, the interesting part is that it's clearly there in the sentiment. But how what effect these sanctions take and what they actually do is still a big unknown. Well, and obviously there's been a lot of volatility in the commodity market, Lynn. There's also been a lot of volatility in the bond market, and yet it seems that it has calmed somewhat. We have a two-tenths curve that is back to only being inverted by about one basis point. What do you make of what we're seeing, or are we just waiting until the Fed minutes tomorrow? I think we're waiting to the Fed minutes. Um, you know, I think everyone is sort of on tenterhooks of what the yield curves are going to do. You know, you're seeing the question, you know, is Dow theory still relevant? Is the yield curve still something that points to a recession? Um, and I think that's that's why everyone is talking about the yield curve right now. Yeah, every day we get closer to ripping up those uh, CFA textbooks. Lynn, <laughs> thanks so much for joining us today. That's Bloomberg's Lynn Thomas. And of course, for more market analysis, MLiveGo is where you want to head on your terminal. This is Bloomberg. This is Bloomberg Surveillance Early Edition. I'm Kaylee Lines with Matt Miller in New York and Danny Berger in London. Now keeping you up to date with news from around the world, here's the first word. The U.S. Senate has set Ketanji Brown-Jackson on a path for confirmation to the Supreme Court this week. Debate begins today on the nomination of the first black woman to be nominated to that high court. Jackson's confirmation is all but certain now as three Republicans say they'll vote in favor. Susan Collins, Lisa Murkowski and Mitt Romney. In Shanghai, a sweeping lockdown of the city's 25 million residents and mass testing has uncovered extensive spread of the coronavirus. The city reported more than 13,000 daily COVID cases for the first time. China's current outbreak is surpassing a level not seen since February 2020. 
Bloomberg's learned that Citigroup has temporarily halted IPOs of new special purpose acquisition companies. The bank wants more clarity on recently proposed rules. Among other topics, Citi wants feedback about underwriter, li underwriter liability. A plan by the SEC to tighten oversight of SPACs could make it easier for investors to sue. And in sports, Kansas made history last night in New Orleans, beating North Carolina 72-69 for the NCAA's Men's Basketball Championship. The Jayhawks rallied from a 16-point deficit, the largest ever in a title game. It's the fourth time Kansas has won the NCAA title. And Matt Miller, I came in 37th out of 40 players involved in the TV <laughs> Newser bracket, so I failed miserably. But the winner of that TV Newser challenge, Bloomberg's very own, Michael Barr. Oh, <laughs> the voice of Velvet. Yes. Michael Barr. Congratulations to him. Who was the uh, who was the loser? Someone yeah, from a rival network who I shall not name. Ah. Mm, well, what about from very our network? Interesting. Who came in last in terms of that, Bloomberg? That that would be me. That would be I me. I see. Matt. Okay. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> sorry about that. Kaylee, I'm going to step up and save you here. Let's talk about what's Thank coming you. up on the program. It's Mark Tinker, Tosca Fund, CIO. This is Bloomberg. This is Bloomberg Surveillance, the early edition. Here's what you need to know. The U.S. Treasury is increasing pressure on Moscow to find alternative funding sources to pay bond investors. Authorities have halted dollar debt payments from Russian government accounts at U.S. banks. So far, Russia has stayed current on its foreign debt obligations. A move by J.P. Morgan could drain even more liquidity out of the nickel market. The bank is reviewing its business with some commodity clients after last month's nickel short squeeze. J.P. Morgan teams are conducting due diligence on some existing customers. And Twitter's biggest shareholder has asked his followers whether they should have an edit button. Elon Musk conducted the poll hours after he revealed a 9.2% stake in Twitter. CEO Parag Agarwal responded to the poll by calling it important and urging users to vote carefully. I'm Danny Berger in London. In for Anna Edwards, Matt Miller and Kaylee Lines are in New York. And Matt, I, I know yesterday the excitement in the U.S. market was all about Twitter, but obviously the macroeconomic implications of Russia and more sanctions taking hold in terms of market drivers today. Yeah, I'm, first of all, obviously there should be an edit, edit button on Twitter. I've always, I keep looking for that. You know and how it, Matt voted. Um, and, and secondly, like, when I saw the sanctions news, I was like, wait, we didn't do that already? Wasn't that already a thing? But I guess um, not. In any case, uh, there doesn't appear to be much movement in U.S. markets today, at least in terms of futures. We're still basically unched here, 4570 Four on futures down seven one hundredths of one percent. You do have a little bit of a risk on sign in terms of investors willing to let go of the perceived safety of uh, government securities. Uh, treasuries right now um, rising 2.4468%. The yield, I should say, rising. The price falling, of course, which is why it's red. NYMEX crude is up in the green 1.4%. The gain to 104.78. So TI is trading at a, about $105 a barrel. And another risk on sign is Bitcoin. It's only up eight-tenths of 1%, which is in Bitcoin terms isn't much of a move. But the fact is it's had this slow and steady rise and it remains relatively stable, right? 46,672, the level here. Um, and it's been uh, just creeping up and not 
posting these huge volatile swings. Kaylee, what yep. do you see in terms of pre-market pre movers? Well, Matt, I look forward to digging into those Bitcoins moves with you later today on Bloomberg Crypto, 1 p.m. Eastern time. Don't miss it. But of course, before that, we have to see the open of trading. And before trading opens here in the U.S., we are seeing some activity before the bell. We were talking about Twitter, all the optimism around Elon Musk's 9.2% stake. Twitter had its best day since 2013 yesterday, up 27%. It's adding to those gains this morning, up about two and a quarter percent. And other social media stocks like Snap getting a little bit of a lift as well. Well, it's up four tenths. Another group of stocks moving higher is the cruise lines. Carnival out overnight saying that it just had its best week of bookings on record. As a result, that stock up three and a half percent and it's giving a lift to some of its competitors or peers as well, including Norwegian cruise lines higher by about 2.6 percent before the dip bell, Danny. Kaylee, there's this point when technology was the best performing sector in Europe, too, which kind of makes no sense at all if it's about Elon Musk taking a stake in Twitter. But perhaps cooler minds have prevailed and leading European stocks higher, which I should say the benchmark is up about two tenths of one percent, are energy stocks thanks to oil moving higher. But a lot of that has to do with the renewable space. The best performing stock is Vesta's wind system, which of course makes renewable energy sources. So that sanction story really weighing and dictating the pace and moves of European markets today. So basic resources, those are on bottom of the pile as we look at energy, at material companies rather having to deal without access to, uh, to Russian supply. We also had comments from ECB governing members overnight talking about potentially getting back to normal rates, to non-negative rates by the end of this year or the turn of this year. So we're seeing a sell-off take hold in European bonds, be it Germany, be it UK, 10-year yield for both of those down at least, uh, up rather, at least for a basis point. Price down, yield up. Now looking at Russian assets, snapping three consecutive days of gains. We're looking at Russian stocks fall about 3%. It's not just sanctions, it's also really weak PMI data coming out of Russia, showing a decline in services the most since the pandemic. Uh, meanwhile, a weaker ruble, stronger dollar throughout the session. Uh, and finally, Matt, we're also looking at 10-year bond yields in Russia up about one basis point. I, I continue to be impressed by the ruble. I mean, 83, mm. that was the same kind of level we were seeing before the invasion. So it's done a complete round trip, and it makes you wonder if European countries paying for uh, Russian oil and uh, nat gas aren't allowing the country or Gazprom to convert their euros into rubles at uh, a rate that Putin has picked. It's very interesting indeed. Um, the other really interesting thing that we've been following over the last couple of sessions is the yield curve inversion. We saw a slight twos tens inversion on Friday that um, has then stuck around. But the uh, term premium inversion is even more serious because it's the most that we've ever seen the term premium curve inverted. Mark Tinker joins us right now, Tosca Fund CIO, to talk about what this all means um, for the economy, what this all means for markets, most importantly. Mark, uh, how do you view the inversion? Good morning. Yes, well, I think uh, historically the yield curve has given us signals and a lot of people think it's the only thing that matters. But obviously <laughs> right now there's a lot else going on. And really this is all about what's going on with our basic price of commodities, which feeds into everything and feeds into inflation. So the big difference this time is every time we've had a crisis in the last 10, even 20 years, the Fed has cut interest rates. Now we've got a crisis and the Fed is raising interest rates. So it's throwing everything upside down. And at the moment, if you haven't got to buy bonds for regulatory or other reasons, 
why would you be doing it right now? And I think now that you've got no carry trade, now you've got, still got, not got a real yield, I think it was a big flight from the bond markets, and that is causing a, a lot of volatility. And the volatility in the bond markets means other people still can't hold bond markets. So the, the whole thing has been thrown up in the air, and it's really, obviously, much more to do with uh, Ukraine and the legacy of COVID as well. We shouldn't, shouldn't ignore that. Uh, among many things, this does feel like the great conundrum for asset allocation. That bond section isn't working as your insurance policy anymore. The yen certainly doesn't appear to be. So where do you turn to? I think ultimately what we're seeing here has been this melt up, if you like, in equities, where people are saying, well, I need something that actually is, is making cash flow, paying a dividend, and basically is going to deliver me returns to meet my needs, rather rely on somebody else to pay more for it in the future on a kind of speculative basis. So, yeah, we've still got the growth themes, but I think it's the focus on cash flow and quality that people are saying, I, I can't have that bond. Give me some quality stocks. Give me some cash flows. Give me some boring stuff, please. I don't want volatility. I'm an investor. I'm not a trader. Yeah. But, Mark, how large is the threat to some of those companies that, to this point, have been able to exercise pricing power, but in the face of even higher inflation, greater costs faced by their end consumer, that price tolerance may be starting to dwindle a bit? Yeah, you're right. I mean, this, this gets to the whole essence of have we got long-term sustainable inflation. What we have got here is a gap up in, in effectively input prices. And can you pass that on? Well, it depends what the competition is, is for your product. And also, the prices that are rising at the moment, they're not going up because we had too much money circulating in the system due to the Fed. They're going up because actually we've got a lack of supply of the basic things. Now, what that means is that crowds out. So actually, we could very well have this issue about stagflation, which basically means that having to spend so much more on heating and eating now, because obviously the impact of, of uh, the, the Russia-Ukraine situation on uh, foodstuffs and fertilizers, means that there's much less money to spend elsewhere. And governments aren't really helping. They're putting up taxes to pay for everything they did in the last two years, mm. but they're also putting up interest rates. So in places where you've got floating rate mortgage debt, which we certainly have here in the UK and, yeah. and a lot, lot of the Anglosphere, what, you know, that's another crush on, on the ability to have any disposable income. So actually, I'm not buying into this sort of hyperinflation for everybody. I think it's going to be a big squeeze. If you're not an essential, you're going to really struggle, particularly if there's competition. Yeah, it's interesting, Mark. I mean, coming from, you know, in the, in the US, uh, most mortgages are going to be fixed 30-year mortgages, but obviously in Europe it's a different story and that affects consumers. European consumers seem to be having the hardest time, right, with regards to inflation, with regards to heating bills, possibly pushing people into poverty with regards to um, floating rate mortgage payments. Um, is the European economy going to do much worse than the U.S. economy in the coming year? Well, when it comes to the mortgage payments, just to pick on that one for a, for a start, the continental European don't have the same mortgage issues that we do, say, in the UK or Ireland or Spain. And in fact, when we had previous tightening, you notice there's a big difference between France and Germany and the Netherlands, for instance, but they didn't have that uh, issue with the mortgage debt. But the big issue at the moment, of course, that we have is that we've pursued this policy, particularly with the, uh, the green energy. The problem is, is you've got wind farms and solar panels. When the wind doesn't blow, 
and the, and the sun doesn't shine, you have to back it up with gas. You can't back it up with nuclear. Now, we will be moving to have a lot more nuclear, which is, you know, a, a medium-term trend, but, but right now, you've just got to buy the gas. You can't not do so. And that is, this is, this is the cost-of-living crisis, mm. and it really isn't being helped by government policy, whether it's raising interest rates uh, or whether it's actually continuing to raise taxes or even uh, not take away some of those taxes that are so supposed to be driving our, our green energy cent you know, uh, revolution. Now, take some of those subsidies away for five years. So, OK, we get it, but people are going to go that way anyway. So why don't we take off that 25% extra? But they're not doing that at the moment. Governments are very, very one-track-minded, and that is going to really harm uh, the consumers right across Europe, but for different reasons. Mark, afraid that's all we have time for, but really great to have you on the program Pleasure. this morning. That's Mark Tinker, Tosca Fund CIO. Now, coming up with Matt, Kaylee, and me, it's Chatham House Associate Fellow and former UK Ambassador to Russia, Andrew Wood. This is Bloomberg. This is Bloomberg Surveillance Early Edition. You're looking live at the principal room. Coming up later today, an exclusive interview with Kansas City Fed President Esther George. That's at 10 a.m. in New York, 3 p.m. in London. This is Bloomberg. All eyes are on uh, not just uh, Russia and Ukraine, uh, but all the rest of us in terms of how we're going to react. And uh, there's a complex set of um, dynamics at play, certainly uh, on the economic front. That was Catherine Tai, U.S. Trade Representative, speaking with Bloomberg earlier. Well, for more on Russia and Ukraine, Sir Andrew Wood, Chatham House Associate Fellow of the Russia and Eurasia Program and former U.K. Ambassador to Russia, joins us now. Ambassador, great to speak with you. We've learned this morning that Ursula von der Leyen, as well as Joseph Borrow, will be heading to Kyiv uh, later on this week to meet with Vladimir Zelensky in person. The European Union is under immense pressure to do something in reaction to the allegations of war crimes by Russians in cities like Bucha in Ukraine. What is an appropriate response and what will Vladimir Putin respond to? Second half of your question is, is more difficult. Uh, well, it's, in a way, it's easier to answer because I don't think he's going to respond to anything on this particular front, apart from saying your accusations are all false and made up and you, you've uh, consistently lied and you don't understand the situation and so on. We're always familiar with the Russian reaction like that. The uh, difficulty for, for the EU or parts of the EU is that the uh, particular question of oil and, and gas for, for them is really quite a difficult one. It would mm -hmm. cost them quite a lot in terms of punishment uh, if they did what a lot of people would wish them to do, which is to suspend the Nord Stream gas and so on. Isn't so it I worth it, Ambassador? Isn't that worth it? I mean, especially after we see the atrocities um, committed in Ukraine, shouldn't well, they, uh, isn't it their duty to stop funding Vladimir Putin's war? Well, yes, certainly. That's what I think. But I'm not in the EU and I'm not in control of, of the various parts of it anyway. But various 
parts of the EU have slightly different uh, reactions to what's going on in Ukraine. Um, obviously, if you're Polish or, or Estonian, you have one sort of view of the, the situation. But if you're some other countries, you, you have uh, um, more hesitation, I would say. Not, not right. huge, but they've got, they've got to come to some sort of decision about it. Right, and we've seen that hesitation from countries like Germany and Austria, but you see hesitation as well in terms of how far the West is willing to go. We heard from the UK yesterday, a spokesman saying that they don't want to be escalatory in this war. What is the limit to steps that the West can take without it becoming a World War III type scenario? Well, I think by remaining on, on, on the, without actually taking physical part, uh, you may ha have an interesting discussion as to what physical part means, because after we uh, and, uh, and others are supplying military uh, support in the terms of equipment and uh, uh, ammunition and so on, um, we're certainly offering support in terms of, uh, of money, uh, but what we don't do is ourselves take a direct part in fighting Russia. Uh, Ambassador, if I can just jump in, I mean, I do wonder what second-order effect, effects will be for countries, even if it's not a direct intervention. You look at Peru that's dealing with inflation, civil unrest there, there are protests, there are curfews now, Sri Lanka dealing with a similar problem as well. To what degree do governments look at this around the world and say, okay, if we sanction Russia, we're going to face civil unrest as well? Well, I imagine a lot of them do have that hesitation because sanctioning in, in the sort of uh, really strong sense that the United States and, and uh, uh, its allies have um, is, is one thing. But if you're in Peru, it's much easier to say to yourself, this is not something which is directly to, to do with us. And there are countries in, uh, uh, um, in Asia, for example, who don't really feel this is anything directly to do with, with them at all. So there's bound to be some hesitation. What, um, what is the likelihood of a war crimes tribunal um, convicting Vladimir Putin, Ambassador? Well, about as likely as, as him actually arriving in The Hague to, to face trial. Uh, I think that he is undoubtedly guilty and therefore vulnerable. But he's not going to leave Russia in, in order to, to expose himself to that. And in any case, they're going to use the United Nations and everything else to deny that there is an issue which uh, uh, they need to answer in any case. So it's all very preliminary. Plus, lastly, this is not a war which is going to end very soon, in my view, anyway. I think it has a, a, a different phase to go through in, in a sort of battle for the east of Ukraine, which I hope the Ukrainians will, will win. Uh, but mm. that has to happen before there's any real negotiation for a solution. Ambassador, thank you so much for joining us today. That's Sir Andrew Wood, former UK ambassador to Russia. Well, coming up later today on The Balance of Power, we're going to be speaking to former U.S. Treasury of the Secretary of the Treasury, rather. That's Jack Lew, 12 p.m. in New York, 5 p.m. in London. This is Bloomberg.
will say uh, this could be setting up for another leadership change at Twitter. Uh, you never know. And I'm not jumping to this conclusion automatically. I'm saying it's one of many possibilities. It'll either be Agarwal changing uh, the policy of the company to, you know, really open source uh, the the, the uh, censorship uh, or or call people out on censorship. Uh, or it will be a management change. I, I don't know what's going to happen. That was Kathy Wood, ARK Invest CEO and Twitter investor, speaking exclusively with Bloomberg's Carol Master and Tim Stenovic yesterday. Now joining us now, Tom Keene, co-anchor of Bloomberg Surveillance. All right, Tom, give it to me. What's your single best chart? Single best chart is the humility out there, the silence you hear from the bears. It is a really gloomy tone out there. You see it in every confidence study, every single Kaylee idea, bull, bear, whatever. Everybody's a bear. Guess what? The VIX shows. This is a great bull market. We are 4%, 5% under SPX and Dow drawdown. We are 8%, 9% under NASDAQ drawdown. We're getting right back, not near the average of pre-pandemic, but we're really getting back to levels that shock the gloom crew. You know, the interesting thing is they've just uh, approved leveraged ETFs on the VIX again after um, Volmageddon uh, got them canceled previously. What do you think about these kinds of, um, you know, weapons of mass destruction in the forms of derivatives? They're, here's what I think about it, Matt, very simply. Uh, everybody has an ability and permission to lose money. Leverage is, we know, a triple-edged sword and all the cliches that are out there. There's a lot of really, really good math on this academically. And when you get over, here's the number, 1.38 to 1 leverage, it becomes sporting and grossly uncertain. So if you're leveraged two to one, three to one, four to one, there's a huge amount of uncertainty out there unless you have the triple leveraged all cash fund. <laughs> and That's we know that, that you do, Tom. <clears throat> Tom Keen, co-anchor of Bloomberg Surveillance, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Now a look at what else we're watching. I am continuing to watch the winners and losers from the NCAA Men's Championship. Of course, the real winner was Kansas, but also we have a winner for the Bloomberg Brackets for a Cause Challenge. Of course, this is all for charity. It's a competition that pits a lot of the leaders in finance and business against each other. The winner this year, John Gray, the president of Blackstone. He has won because he had Kansas going all the way, and he indeed was right. He now collects $265,000 for his charity, the Basser Center. So he fared a lot better in his bracket than I did in mine, Matt. Wow, uh, those are some big, <laughs> big purse numbers there. Yeah. Uh, very cool for charity, Kaylee. I'm watching crypto, you're watching crypto as well. Not because of the moves that we see um, today or even of late, Bitcoin slow and steady raise, rise, I think impressing a lot of people, but because we have um, a pretty new program that we airs do. every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Today we have Ken Rogoff. Tom will be jealous, a crypto skeptic, <laughs> to talk to us about his views on um, uh, the asset class, the markets, and um, regulation that's still needed. Yeah, Matt, you'll be watching crypto, Kaylee will as well, but I'm kind of going to be literally watching crypto because I can actually watch a program because I'm not <laughs> on it. So I, for one, will be tuning in. Well, besides that, I'm going to keep a close eye on JP Morgan uh, as well as uh, any more banning potentially of Russian coal lines just crossing that the EU is proposing banning coal imports from Russia. That's after those well, they alleged already don't atrocities. Like coal. Well, yes, I mean, that's that not is a difficult true, but Matt, sanction to apply. 
you know? Yeah, but Matt, this is the thing. More people turning to coal, maybe not Russian coal, but coal in general. Yeah, if I know, but Germany has more coal than they know what to do with already. I mean, they need to ban gas and oil. That's mm. what's going to deliver Vladimir Putin like another $320 billion this year. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, we have heard voices from the EU, Dombrovskis, Lemaire as well, saying that we do need bans on oil from Russia. But again, so far, it's just the EU proposing from coal. Well, we'll stay ahead of those market moves for you, but that's it for early edition. Bloomberg Surveillance is up next. This is Bloomberg. Audio Jungle. Center. This UConn team has shown incredible resilience all season long. Nelson Adota and Saxton jump it up, and the national title game is underway. Connecticut starting out in man-to-man -man defense. You would think South Carolina would look to establish Aaliyah Boston inside early. Here's Henderson instead. Couldn't swivel it in. Saxton corrals it. Henderson gets loose in the corner, out of three. Destiny Henderson has a knack for these big moments. And South Carolina is the number one offensive rebounding team in the country. It's how they start the game. They had a big edge in that department in the first meeting between these teams. South Carolina was a plus 15 in second chance points in that contest. Williams looking to answer, cannot. Loose ball, and it's grabbed by Cook. Off and running for the Gamecocks. Cook all the way in, able to lay it home. And when South Carolina's guards get going, that's always a good South Carolina on the perimeter, getting some confidence early, a three, and then the breakout two. South Carolina's guards, much maligned early in the tournament, showed up in a huge way in the semifinal as Edwards goes in for denied. Another chance, she'll flip it out. Plenty of time to operate for South Carolina. Henderson trying to work Beckers. Henderson couldn't twist into anything. Boston, though, still there for the follow. And that is the relentlessness. Beal, bodies in, can't finish. Saxton fighting, another offensive rebound, and Beal finishes. That's five offensive rebounds already for South Carolina. That's why I misses. That's how they're starting here. Connecticut needs an early timeout. 
Cook buries the jumper. Rebecca, you mentioned Destiny Henderson's quickness. Just that effort on the denial. No matter where Paige Beckers is going, she is low. She keeps her hips low and stays in front. It is very difficult to do. Great effort by Henderson. Here's Cook looking for another and finding it. Beckers evades after the overplay. Here's Nelson Adota, one-on-one -on -one with Boston. Nelson Adota gets it to go. That's a strong move from the senior. Early spoke to us today about the growth that she's experienced as a person, as a part of this Connecticut program. Saxton gets it to wedge home. <laughs> Nika Mule into the game for Connecticut. Leticia Ami here in for South Carolina. She left warm-ups momentarily earlier after taking a pass off the throat, was huddled over on the bench for a while. Eventually was good to go, though. Here's Cook across her body and off the window. Zaya Cook with eight points in the first. It's in South Carolina's success. Don Staley says Saxton is low-maintenance, high-performance. Connecticut nearly turns it over. Edwards finds Mule cutting for two. Nika Mule, the Sook will fire. Can't hit. Rebound. Guess who? Saxton had it. Becker's able to wrest it away. Without Aliyah Boston on the floor, a little easier for Connecticut to get to the glass. Avina Westbrook storms in for two. Here's a meet here. The floater banks in Leticia Mihir with the touch. South Carolina Staley to sub Aliyah Boston a little earlier than she normally does in the first quarter. Lee were set into the game for South Carolina as well with Boston and Mihir, Beal, and Henderson. Here's Boston. One on one with Nelson Adota. Here comes the double. Boston unable to finish but draws the foul. Is there any player she's ever seen who just totally just long arms, relentless, different body types though? Yo, Ducharme on the floor for Connecticut. 12 second difference, game and shot clock. Cook gets it over to Boston. Boston rumbles in and finishes. What a gorgeous finish from Aaliyah Boston. Ducharme gets it over to Edwards. Edwards, no angle, steps out of bounds. Connecticut turns it over. As impressive as South Carolina's offense has been and their work on the offensive glass, how about on the defensive end of the floor, Ryan? Fewest points in a first quarter this season for Connecticut. South Carolina could not have scripted. Westbrook got on the face of Cardoso. Loose ball here. Henderson spun away from contact. Zips inside. Can't finish it. Another offensive rebound for South Carolina. You know, Oriama using a variety of combinations, trying to figure out if something can work. Henderson on a three! Has been on her feet since tip. 12-0 in second chance points. 
Beckers has been guarded beautifully by Henderson. Beckers, they need it. And she gives them to it. One thing Don said. 25 to 10. South Carolina in front. Westbrook trying to front Boston. Hall will fire a three. No. Offensive rebound. Cardoso and another putback. Nico Mule on the attack. Sets up Edwards. Mid-range. Got it. Rebecca, it almost looks at times as if... So when they're trying to get around to three-quarter to prevent the ball from going into the post, that already puts you at a disadvantage in terms of boxing out in your positioning. Henderson, you bet! Three from downtown. Here's Beckers racing inside across her body. Got it to go. Three Hall, no one guards her. Lays it up short, guess what? More offensive boarding. Grissett, no. And finally, Connecticut comes up with it. 11 offensive rebounds for South Carolina. Beckers, the Minnesota kid wheeling through traffic, will fire. Oh my goodness! What a highlight from Paige Beckers. Well, look at her. She's guarding Aaliyah Boston. Beal, that's a travel. And South Carolina turns it over. With the lineup vacating. Here's Cardoso. Given space, looking for help. Henderson, the pull up. No. Offensive rebound, Cardoso. She puts it home. Avina Westbrook did her job boxing out, but Nelson Adota did not, and Cardoso made her pay. Nelson Adota gets free, waits for the body, and finishes. Remember, Nelson Adota and players who are so much bigger than her. Aaliyah Edwards back in, so Connecticut back with their starting front court. Edwards and Nelson Adota. We have not seen much of AZ Fudd. Beckers trying to find space, got the whistle. And Paige Beckers is going to shoot two. Put screws in. This is a significant injury. Paige Beckers surgery in December. Nelson Adota, great effort for the offensive rebound off the Beckers miss free throw. And another chance here for Connecticut. Here's Page. One-on-one -on -one with Boston. Gets it back to Edwards. Edwards hooks it up and off. Loose ball. Edwards after it. Another chance for Connecticut. Beckers trying to take advantage of Cardoso. Can't hit the step back. Good opportunities there for the Huskies. And Ducharme called for the foul well, now if you're connecticut hey can you get it to single digits before the half i think that has to be your goal decker's been a little more aggressive over the last few possessions here's ducharme on the attack lays it in connecticut point shots simply because they're going to have a lot fewer attempts than south carolina oh ducharme nice touch on the delivery from Edwards, and it's a single-digit deficit then. In the middle of the season, where she was Connecticut's leading scorer over a 10-game stretch. Rivers is now 1 for 31 from 3 on the season. Yeah, not the right shot there for her. Westbrook races in and finishes. It's a 9-0 Connecticut run. Dawn Staley wants a timeout. The officials don't see it, and that's okay. Henderson lays it in. Similar thing happened with Connecticut at the end of their game against Stanford. Decker's off one leg, straight cash. Uh, 
steady arms of Boston. Boston can't finish it. Boston after it. Boston able to get it back. A tie-up, and the possession arrow belongs with South Carolina. Another offensive rebound. By the way, and the Gamecocks overall a plus 18 on the glass in this first half. Rivers, no, but a whistle. Foul goes against Ducharme in the nation. It's the first free throw. Rivers, this is the second. That rebound secured by Ducharme, and Connecticut can hold for a final shot here at the end of the quarter. Big time first half from the backcourt of South Carolina. 11 points from Destiny Anderson, 8 from Zia Cook. Here's Mule getting it to Beckers. Four seconds left in the half. And that's going to be an offensive foul on DeBerry. 3.3 remaining in the half. Ami here gets it off. And that'll do it for the first half. On April 11th. I would look for South Carolina early in the second half. Establish Aaliyah Boston. Yes, get her a touch early. One-on-one -on -one with Nelson Adota. Boston, that's too easy. If you don't bring help. Six to shoot. Beckers trying to create with two to shoot. Beckers gets it off. Short, loose ball. Cook after it. Here comes South Carolina. Zaya Cook gets denied by Beckers. Henderson able to save it, and another chance here for the Gamecocks. Here's Beal, guarded by Fudd. Loose ball, collected by Cook, forces it up and gets the whistle against... Staley went with the younger player, Sanaya Rivers, and we asked Coach to find Zaya Cook has come out and started this game off so... But unable to get anything going thus far. No points. No points for Williams as well. Noriema has told us in his mind, those two and Beckers are getting 20 every night. Boston gets fouled. And Aliyah Bach, the defensive player of the year and the player of Virgin Islands. What a star she is as Saxton comes up with the offensive rebound. Henderson zipping, reversing, and gets the whistle against Williams. More for ready tonight. On their defense, their defense. Connecticut has not scored yet. Directing traffic with Cook in Boston. Here's Henderson. Cook swivels inside and banks it in. South Carolina starting the third, much the same they started the first. Backdoor. Beckers gets loose for two, and those are 14-point South Carolina lead. Connecticut scored just two points in this third. Here's Beckers. She might have to do it herself. Beckers bounces. Edwards able to finish. Beckers creeps in, flips out. Ducharme panics on a three. Beckers and an opportunity here for Connecticut. Mule, Westbrook, a three is good! It's a 10-0 Connecticut run! Three points between the second and third quarter for the player of the year. 
Rutgers goes back door, lost it. Henderson has it. And a foul from Beckers as bodies hit the floor. Not a wise one with South Carolina in. Henderson misses his on free throws. Mom staying poised with Destiny at the line. Seven point game. Connecticut not trying to get into a two for one. Westbrook. Step back jumper off the mark. Boston got there for the board. Henderson, the Euro and the finish. Destiny Henderson trying to nullify that graphic. Duchamp goes baseline. Connecticut can hold for one here. Lead back to nine. Westbrook, a three, no. Missed it badly. Hall, a chance here. Hall heaves. Nearly got it to go. That'll do it for the third. South Carolina, a nine point. Connecticut needs big fourth quarter from their guards in order to win this game. Here is Williams back on the floor. Edwards hits the jumper. How about the confidence in the face up? It's a pro skill. Henderson zipping into the lane, cups it in. Destiny Henderson wants this title. 18 points tonight for Henderson. Ducharme gets swallowed up by Boston. Here comes Henderson, all alone. 15th team to go wire to wire ranked as the number one in the AP poll. 11 of the previous 12 went on to win the national championship. The only one who didn't, UConn in 2018. Here's Beal spotting up. Can't hit the three. Saxton on the offensive glass and a foul. Offensive rebound for South Carolina. Saxton. Now good vibes on both free throws. It works. It's all boards for Saxton. And every time Connecticut has cut it to six, cut it to seven, the Gamecocks have had an answer to boost it right back up to double digits. Ducharme gets fouled by Henderson. Of 17 in the fourth. This Ducharme missed them both. A 79 come off the clock. Henderson. Switched on Edwards. Henderson, not that time. Fudd flags it down. Here comes Connecticut. Trailing by 13. Westbrook veering, dishing. Ducharme lays it in. Outstanding South Carolina team. Boston. Spins between two, can't float it in, got a foul. Too sharp. And we were talking with Dawn Staley about Boston. Boston put up 23 points and seven rebounds. Felt like she had a 15th time off the inbound after Beal had picked up her fourth. Beal on the bench now. We're set into the game for South Carolina. Anderson will take and hit. Destiny Henderson looking for help. 
Williams shovels Ducharme. No. Boston the rebound. South Carolina in total control. Henderson racing in for two more. Fudd gets an open look and knocks down the triple. Giving it up. Boston dishing it back. Henderson. Not that time. And Connecticut make one more push. Trailing by 13. Beckers looking for space. She has not been able to find much all night. Beckers finds some here and knocks down the triple. Back-to-back -back threes from Connecticut and a timeout taken. Henderson wiggling away from the trap. Williams extends to Cook. Nelson Adota back in for Connecticut. South Carolina being patient here. And a foul is called against mothering with their size and quickness, not only inside, but on the perimeter. about this year? What superlative would you give? She said, even better. 26 now for Henderson, and it's back to 12. Gino Oriema saying, let's go. And a foul called against Boston. Beckers in the corner, can't hit the three, loose ball, who's going to have it? A whistle against Connecticut as Saxton hits the floor, doing the dirty work. Mother Hen said she's the adult in the room, loves to take care of the rest of this team. She's done the little things again tonight, does it here, although she's called for a foul. Looked like it might have just been a tie-up. But Saxton picks up her second, and that will be the fourth team foul from South Carolina. Here's Ducharme. Ducharme finding Beckers. Knocked out of bounds by Saxton. It's Smothering just, it, defense. Beckers trying to get around Boston. Step back. Won't go. Foul on Mule, more free throws for South Carolina. Keener more times this season. They have not been able to tonight. It's also the team that ends up more at the free throw line. One for two on that trip, and still more pressure applied by South Carolina here. And Sean jogs it across. Connecticut running out of time. Williams finds some space. Can't hit the jumper. The senior, Kristen Williams, still has not scored tonight. South Carolina fans getting on their feet. Two minutes away from their second national championship and a foul here on Ducharme. And back for a title two seasons ago. Didn't have a tournament thanks to COVID. Last year, came a missed layup and a missed put back away from advancing to the national championship game. This year they're trying to leave no doubt as Williams is finally on the board. 13 point game. Boston gives it back to Henderson. She flips it into traffic. Nelson Ado to the steal. Ewell eyes up. Williams wants it. Looking for some space to shoot a three. 
Connecticut taking a lot of time here now. They got to go. Beckers dishes out. Williams fires. Can hit the three. Nelson Adota sets up Edwards. Off on a jumper. Boston the rebound. Foul Nelson Adota. And Aaliyah Boston will go to the line. Her 30th. Boston got them both. Edwards races in, misses the layup, another rebound for Boston. And it's just a matter of time now. Boston. Giving it up. Henderson looking for some icing. Knocked out of bounds by Fudd. It will stay with South Carolina. Dawn Staley on the brink of championship number two. Connecticut, who fought so hard all season. Seconds to go. Russell, that's going to be a charge as Nika Mule, fitting of her tough style, still in there taking contact with one. Begins to erupt. A wire to wire victory tonight. not unfinished business any longer. South Carolina has captured its second national championship. Tears of triumph in 2022. From the moment that putback missed, Aaliyah Boston was on a mission. Mission complete for Sheen, Dawn Staley in South Carolina. Happiest spring starts with Lowe's, and it all starts with a beautiful green lawn. Keep it looking sharp and save $50 on the Cobalt 40-volt self-propelled mower. Was $399, now just $349. And give the rest of your yard a healthy boost with a bag of our premium mulch at the everyday low price of $368. Create a season full of happiness at Lowe's. Home to any budget, home to any possibility. Selection varies by location. While supplies last, about 331 through 46. Mulch offer excludes Alaska and Hawaii, U.S. only.
Hello, everybody. Welcome to the 99th episode of the Alter Ego Podcast. You're having girl problems, son. You got bad for you. Feel bad for you, son. We got 99 99 episodes, episodes. and Jay Z ain't one. (laughs) I would happily do an episode on Jay Z, though. Me too. I mean, he's your favorite rapper's favorite rapper. Even Parappa the rapper. I doubt it. My favorite rapper is probably dead. Probably who? Dead? My favorite rapper is dead. Tupac? Nope. Biggie? I think more recent. More Growl and Bark. Oh, DMX? Yeah. He didn't even write his own stuff. What? That's a fact, Jack. Oh, I didn't know that. Ghost Riders. Oh, man. My favorite rapper of all time. I can't say I have one, but if I had if I had to pick, it'd probably be Dr. Dre. I don't really don't think I have like I just a love super Dre. favorite rapper. Right. He's up there though. There's so many that are really, really good. Uh I was never a big Biggie fan. Hey, y'all wanna feel old? You ready? Yes. You wanna feel old? Why not? Uh thirty two years ago on March thirtieth is when the first ever Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie came out. Oh wow. God. Oh God. Ooh. It makes me realize how old I was when that came out. Yeah. That's rough. But it's such a good movie. It is. It's honestly, it holds up with the best Turtles movie ever. A lot of them are still up there. I mean, I'm really surprised that that none of them have ever been able to touch that first movie. Two was good. Two was good. Secret of the Ooze. It was a lot more on the comedy side, but it was good. Not that the first one wasn't funny. And I like three, too. Uh, You you like uh, Turtles in Time? Yeah. I actually watched that a month ago. It was on Netflix, and I was like, I'll watch some Turtles in Time. There's actually a really touching moment with Michelangelo in that movie that I didn't even remember existed. I saw it. I watched bits and pieces of it a little while back at a party. Yeah. And it's funny. It's watched one of a my movie boys. at a party? Well, it was on in the background, I guess. Like uh, Sometimes at certain parties, that's a godsend. Yeah, and because uh, they have kids, and it was a bunch of kids running around. And it's funny because as the movie was going, one of my, my best friends, is standing in the uh, kitchen, word for word, the entire movie. I'm like, bro, we haven't seen this since we were like kids, and you still remember this. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, what do you mean? I just watched it on Sunday. Yeah, he probably did. Some <laughs> of the best parties I've ever had, uh, the best one of the best parties I ever threw, I don't even know what it was for. We were just having people over and hanging out at a friend of mine's house, and I brought over Hot Rod, <laughs> and we all sat and watched Hot Rod. And well, we watched that here for your just, birthday. Left we our asses off. Yeah, I love I love that movie. There's never a bad time to throw Hot Rod in the DVD player. It's my dad. He's super dead. Yeah. Oh Ever show you a picture of my dead dad? He's super dead. Wow. <laughs> my favorite part of that movie is uh, what's his fucking face? Uh, your boy uh, Eastbound and Down. Uh, Danny uh, McBride. Danny McBride. I've been drinking green tea all goddamn day. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's. You're gonna pull the demons out of me? <laughs> yeah. You know uh, what my favorite part of uh, Hot Rod is? Ford Supply Company offers mm-hmm. a curated line of craft soaps and beard care handmade in the USA, offering scents like coffee, cream, coconut, citrus, cedarwood, and so many more. Check out the full line of craft soap bars, beard oil, and beard balm online at FordSupply.com. Free U.S. shipping on all over orders over $35 and get an additional 10% off with the promo code ALTERIGO. Whoa! Ford soap, real soap. 
No bullshit. What was that? Damn right. I need to get some of that. I actually was just... that a new ad? That was. They finally got back to me. And they've got another promo going on that I want to talk about before we move on. Um, they've got one promoed with one of our favorite uh, retailers, 7th Inc. They're local here yeah. in Florida. Uh, here's the ad. I'll just read it for you. They'll get a double double dip today. We're excited to offer this 7th Inc. three-pack of handmade craft soaps at this incredible sale price, only $18. Three bars, 18 bucks. This set includes Coffee or Death, Cocoa Cabana, and Norseman which is the citrus cedarwood. Mm-hmm. These bars have been a mainstay of their line for years because they have had some of the most popular scents. Grab the three-pack today and give them a try for yourself. The 7th Inc. Craft Soap 3-Pack for 18 bucks. Fortsupply.com. Don't forget to go in there and use promo code ALTEREGO to get f- uh, 10% off if you order online. I really need to hit them up. I'll probably buy a couple three-packs. That, that three-pack actually sounds pretty good. That yeah. Is. That those are all winners. I we never got the coffee one, did we? Nope. Wow. Coffee of death is awesome. What a bad partner. Yeah. In life. Wow. She's growing a human of mine and she won't get me the coffee soap. Stop it. That's oh, not man. even <laughs> I'm working on a graphic. Leave me alone. <laughs> this is my time. Wow. Look at her multitasking. Oh my goodness. Yeah, well you're harassing me they, on social media basically. You know I'm about to harass she's you lying. at Tony and Nello's Southern Italian bulldogs. Cuisine and Grill. What'd you say? So she's lying. She's just looking at pictures of bulldogs. It is you know? 100%. It's a hidden gem that's family owned and operated on the outskirts of St. Petersburg at 1136 Pinellas Bayway South Tierra Verde, Florida. This is a must try for a homemade Italian lunch or dinner. Just remember to bring your appetite because the portions are very generous. Call for a reservation today at 727-867-3577 and check out TonyAnellos.com. Go birds. Go birds. Oh, my goodness. That guy. He's an Eagles fan. That's why we say that. Uh, If you want to hear his luscious voice, you can check out Cigar City Sports Podcast. We do that every single Wednesday. But that's not why we're here. That's not why we're here. We're here to talk about the wonderful nerdy news that is going on in the world of, uh, what would we call it? Pop culture? Mm-hmm. Whatever you want to call it. Guess who's getting the start today? Guess who's the starting pitcher for our lineup here today? Tom Brady? Marvel. It's Tom Brady, right? Ooh, it's Marvel. Marvel's on top? They're uh, never Marvel's on top. Marvel's never on top, but they're on top! Because oh, okay. there's other stuff that we have to talk about. How, first and foremost, did anybody here watch the first episode of Moon Knight? Yes. No, I did not. No, not yet. We did. We did. We liked it. It was good. I like your uh, patience. I, I don't want to dive in on that. I don't want to talk details because it's so brand new. And we will obviously be doing a Moon Knight episode. So we're going to chill on that. But I did want to talk about a couple of different things. First and foremost, there was a beautiful quote from uh, Ethan Hawke about Oscar Isaac's approach to the whole Moon Knight role, which they are obviously, and this is in the trailer, this isn't a spoiler, they're focusing on duality of Mark Spector, who is Moon Knight, and this alter ego, Stephen. Alter ego, see it? It's in the name. See what I did there? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And here's Ethan Hawke's uh, uh, comment on Oscar Isaac. He said, "There uh, there are some actors that you see them in a Marvel movie or in a big studio movie, and like they're cashed out. You know, they they obviously don't care. They're just there for a paycheck. Oscar didn't do that. He worked on both of these characters differently. He came in every day hell-bent to make something worth watching 
and he transfused his energy to us. Having seen episode one, true or false? True. Okay. Thousand percent. Okay. I'll leave it there. You don't think so? Oh, no, I don't disagree. I'm just, you know, asking your opinion. Jeez. So they didn't do the two episode drop, just one? I thought they were. Uh-huh. I thought 100% they were, but no, they only went with one. And that's got to be because it's only a six episode series. I was going to say. Is They're like, are we going to drop short? a third of this episode or this series on day one? Not to mention, I think we're going to see some cameos. I think we're going to see some big people show up in Moon Knight. Because obviously that's the whole big thing that they're talking about is it's disconnected from the MCU. I bet you one of them won't be Blade. Mm, I bet you're right. They're going to save Mahershala Ali for a bigger moment. 100%. Even though I know why you said what you had to say. You know what else is out recently that we haven't watched? I know we haven't watched and I know you haven't watched. And I think you're going to be pained to watch this one as Morbius. Mm-hmm. That one's out. And there are a lot of opinions on this movie. And most of them are really bad. Oh. A lot of people are absolutely shitting on this movie. <laughs> Does that surprise you? Not no. at all. And it makes me think, right? Because there's been a couple times where there's movies like that. And I've gone to watch them with bad, uh, you know, thinking with bad reviews, and I've loved them. I don't know if this is going to be one of those movies, but I'm here for it. We'll probably end up watching that this weekend. What do you think? Yeah, probably. Yeah. We were talking about watching it this past weekend, and we didn't. I slept like most of Sunday. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, there have been a couple things that aren't aren't spoilerific for this movie. It was in the trailer. I'm not talking about any stuff that's not been so said like already. HBO Max or something like that, or is it just in theaters? It's in theaters. Oh, uh, Marvel doesn't have show. a deal with uh, HBO Max, neither does Sony, if I'm, if I'm correct. I don't know who has deals um, with who. Sony is all over this episode today, by the way. We got plenty of stuff to get into with them. It is uh, very heavily driven for TV and uh video games and stuff like that so it'll be very interesting to see where we go from there but um the director there's that image of spider-man in the trailer for morbius and he says he would be killed if he confirmed which universe the film takes place in and then in another one he's asked and he says i don't know why there's a stock uh spider-man picture or spider-man mural in the trailer i don't know Mm -hmm. i think this is going to be the new norm we're just we get no legitimate leaks or anything like that everything is all smoke and mirrors yeah i mean they're building this multiverse and if you know everything you're just gonna ruin it so so here's an analogy and this is kind of a prediction for me about this movie and how i think it's gonna go this is something about jared leto on the set of the movie he refused to break character to go to the bathroom on the set of morbius morbius so he kept all the shit on screen any idea That's why? a rumor that he refused to break character to go to the bathroom. Whatever, bro. What, dude? Nobody. If you, I mean, like that, like, I, I. Part of me understands. Part of me doesn't. The whole method acting thing, where you really dive in. So, like, was he waiting because he was waiting till he would only shit blood? I don't know. It. To me, I don't think. When I think of great actors. Jared Leto is not one of them that comes to mind. I don't disagree at all. I don't, I haven't, I don't remember seeing anything with Jared Leto being like, damn, he was incredible in that. Yeah. Anything for you? No? No. I just, 
And I appreciate the dedication, appreciate it, but I would appreciate it a lot more if it was in the level like Daniel Day-Lewis, where he actually wins Best Actor all the time and he does stuff like that. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, the current the movie is currently sitting at 17% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> oh my god. The only movie that's done worse than that is the remade Fantastic 4 movie. Mm. Are we paying to see this mm. film? Yeah. American mm. dollars? Mm-hmm. That's why I won't go see it. I'm not going to pay money for it. Like full <laughs> I already, dollars? I already though? know it's dumbstuff. Not even fire. like partial dollars? <laughs> oh, you're going to give us a Rotten Tomatoes discount, guys? I'm going to go in my backyard and set my uh, trash can on fire and tell you I watched it. Like, look, it's Morbius. <laughs> I watched it. Oh, no. Uh, listen, I want to go see this and be surprised. I want to go see this and have it blow me be. away. It ain't. I, I have a feeling you might be right. I'm interested to see because I've heard lots of different speculations that the CGI is bad. Uh, this movie looks full of rewrites and it just doesn't look like they ever really hit their stream. Or their stride, really, when they were making it, which I, I get that. It makes sense. I mean, if I've learned nothing from my good friend Robert Lamb, it's that <laughs> if Rotten Tomatoes, it's no good. Oh, gosh. You can't watch it. And a 17% is absolute <sighs> dog shit. It is. It's bad. That's dog shit. If it was 50%, I'd be like, all right, maybe people are half and half. 17%? <laughs> That's the critic score, by the way. That I don't know what the. Worse. I don't know what the uh, the audience score is. They can be brutal on movies, yeah. And even still, only seventeen percent is that's not good. That's very true. <laughs> very very true. That's god awful. Yes, um, it is. <laughs> okay. All right. Enough Morbius. We've talked about it enough. Let's get into uh, video games and stuff like that. Uh, so. The first bit of news is the Spartacus subscription that we were talking about last week. Oh, it came to fruition. Spartacus. The Spartacus level of streaming video games. And uh, do you want to hear the uh, the pricing model for this? Oh, absolutely. I can't wait for this right now. So I'm going to go with U.S. prices because the majority of our listeners are here in the U.S. We do have, um, uh, and if you go to our Instagram, it does have uh, Europe, the United Kingdom, and Japan lifted, listed as well. But let's go through this. PlayStation Plus Essential. Don't know what that involves. $9.99 a month. Not bad. Okay. Not bad. For what now? Um, this is like the Game Pass version from PlayStation. Gotcha. So then we have uh, the PlayStation Plus Extra with up to 400 additional PlayStation games. $14.99 a month. Not bad. Makes sense. It'd have to be competitive. With Not bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Xbox. Would, so. For sure. PlayStation Plus Premium. 340 additional games from PS3, PS2, and original PlayStation and PSP. Uh, that gives you seventeen ninety nine a month. Do you have a list of these games that are coming with it? I don't. I might go fire up the old PlayStation if NBA Street's on there. I don't have the list. What do you pay monthly for Game Pass? Uh, I think it's fourteen ninety nine. Oh, it just comes with the yeah. Xbox subscription or whatever. So does theirs also come with the live or whatever needed to play? It does online. not say if it does, but I've got a comparison sheet down the road uh, in our news here for what we've uh, what we've got. But something you mentioned literally last week, none 
of their first person, first party exclusives will be on this streaming service. Boom! I fucking called it. You did. I told you. Yep. No God of War. That's where they make all no their No Last of Us. Wow. No big single player exclusives. You will have to wait. You're going to get, uh, what is it? Uh, you know, Parappa the Rapper. You'll get that. Yeah. And that's why they're going to lose. What's the one? Fall Guys. You'll get Fall Guys. Yeah. That's Stuff why like they're going to lose. I mean, we don't know that yet. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. But um, let's go ahead and go into the comparison sheet here as well that says what you get with each. So the tiers, they have the essential, the extra, the premium. Uh, There's the Xbox Game Pass for console, PC Game Pass, which makes sense, and Game Pass Ultimate, which I think is what everybody gets anyway. Yeah, and it goes across all three, I believe. Right, exactly. Or all two. Then you have the Switch and Switch Online expansion pack. The expansion pack giving you a few extra games, but Switch Online also does a little bit different. Uh, so, here we go. I am incorrect on... No, I'm not. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. The Essential, $9.99. We talked about that. The Extra, $14.99. The Premium, $17.99. Xbox, if you want just regular Game Pass, it's $9.99. Ultimate, which absorbs your online portfolio as well, $14.99. That is the one that goes across all three. that's what we have. And And Nintendo comes with gold. Nintendo Switch, $3.99. $3.99. Price per year for... uh, the essential fifty nine ninety nine for the extra ninety nine ninety nine for the per year one hundred and nineteen ninety nine for Xbox do the math fourteen ninety nine times twelve uh, and then for the Nintendo Switch which is the greatest console ever it's only nineteen ninety nine for the whole year if you want the expansion pack it's fifty bucks I mean they are the best value for sure uh, PlayStation no family plan. Xbox, no family plan. Nintendo, they've got this, the the family plan. If you do the uh, just the regular without the expansion, it's still forty bucks for the year, and you can add four people. I mean, just dominating. For additional, I additional. Thought it was eight. No, I don't think it's eight. Well, somebody will know. <laughs> uh, so additional perks: monthly downloadable games for PlayStation. Okay, monthly. If it changes monthly, uh, I'd be interested. Some some have got to stay. There's no way. Otherwise, that that's pointless. I wouldn't even download it. Uh, additional perks for Xbox, as we said earlier. Oh, so this one does not cover your uh, your subscription because the Xbox says access to Xbox Live Gold, the X Cloud, free games, all Ultimate only, uh, and EA Play. That's with uh, Ultimate, right? Uh huh. And for the Nintendo, if you get that, you get access to DLC for Mario Kart 8 Deluxe and Animal Crossing New Horizons. Not really that's not really that great. Uh, access to older games for the PlayStation 1. Yes, PS1, PS2, PSP, PS3, PS4, depending on the tier you get. What's PSP? Uh, that's the little personal handheld one. Oh, I thought you were making uh, a mistake there and i was no. trying to make fun of you <laughs> jokes on you <laughs> yep uh so for the xbox you get one for the original xbox xbox uh 360 and xbox one um for nintendo yes you get snes nes uh n64 sega genesis games really just uh, a knockout there game trials playstation yes xbox yes for select ea play games ultimate and pc 
online for Nintendo Switch, yes, as well. Uh, exclusive discounts, yes, for all three. Cloud saves, yes, yes, yes. And only differences for Xbox. It does not require a subscription to do that. So, all those listed, I think this is not shocking me at least. Nintendo's the best value. Of all of them. Nintendo's super solid. Nintendo dominates this whole thing. Which kind of surprises me. Yeah. Really. they're not usually the ones that... And, and, but after that, I've got to give it to Xbox. I know I'm a homer. I know I play a lot of Xbox. But the fact that the Game Pass absorbs your monthly subscription to get online, it's a no-brainer. Right. So PlayStation, what is their monthly subscription cost? I don't even know. So that minimum, you're adding nine ninety nine on top of that. Yeah, I know it used to be free. Then they stopped being free. Now I have no idea what the cost is because I'm just like I'm not going to pay because yeah. I'm never going to play my PlayStation like that. Yeah. Not to mention uh, another good bit of info for uh, Sony. There's no E3 this year. Yep. No games. And technology showcase that they do literally every did they, single year. Did they indicate as to why? They did not. Why? Sony Sony left it a couple of years ago. A lot of them did. There's no reason for it. E3 yeah. is a dead thing. Kind of. And now nowadays, everybody wants to use their own platform, platform to promote exactly. their own thing, and they promote it for everybody. And why go spend millions of dollars to go do that stupid yeah. show? Yeah. So there you go. Maybe that is the death of E3. But here's another thing. Sony went and fired... 90 uh, North American employees. Now, these people, uh, their jobs essentially was to connect Sony to retailers. We're talking Best Buy. We're talking your local comic book shops, I'm sure, your local video game shops. We're talking GameStop, all that jazz. All that North America team fired because they want to focus on digital products. I, I don't think that's a shock. Yeah, I'm going to say not, not a shock at all. I mean, sure, hopefully those people were just passionate about Nintendo and, and or you know, Sony, and that's really why they wanted to do that job because I would kind of look at that as kind of a dying job as well. Right? I mean, like retailers bringing hard copies of games, that is not the way the future is trending. Yeah, not at all. I, I hope mean, those people land on their feet, get a job, but... I mean, especially like nowadays, uh, the only time I ever buy something is if I have the intention of potentially sharing it with someone like Pokemon. Me and my brother, he could buy shield. I could buy the other one Mm -hmm. sword and then maybe or whatever when that was a thing and we can switch. Other than that, man, I'm downloading digital. I don't want to have to try to go get up and find a, a disc Put it in. Yeah. And the worst part is, even though you buy a disc, you still have to wait for it to download now, which makes absolutely no sense. Yeah. Yeah, that really, I've always wondered, what the <laughs> fuck is up with that? <laughs> Don't know. Like, truly. So it runs smoothly. You might as well just download it. Just get a code. Download. Yeah. Well, not to mention that that now that the way you can share consoles and stuff like this, if I wanted to, I could download every game in my living room to the Xbox that's in the bedroom. Yep. We mainly use it for streaming and watching TV to go to bed. But if I wanted to go in, I'm playing Elden Ring. I want to continue playing Elden Ring in the bedroom and this one's asleep. I could easily do that. I'm surprised you haven't done that yet. <laughs> no, I'm serious. No, it's a little South Park to go to bed for, for me. That's, yeah, uh, you'll be up all night. That's the yep. whole reason that you 
come to bed. There'd be no point to my head hitting the pillow if Elden Ring was on in the bedroom. <laughs> that's how uh, my that's how my house is set up. It'd I be mean, one of those games that like I would wake up three hours later and you would be walking off of cliffs. Yeah, what are you doing? Shut up! And you're just hundred <laughs> percent. That has not happened to me ever. By the way, I don't fall asleep while mm-hmm. I'm playing. That's weird. Mm-hmm. But nothing is quite as funny as being jarred away to go, honey, you're dying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 no. Which happens all the time. <laughs> Not all the time. Be serious. It used to happen a lot more when I fell asleep on the couch. That's true. I'd wake up to go to bed and I'd be like, babe, you're dying. <laughs> you're dying. Sure. <laughs> He's just walking into the corner. Yep. Or walking in a circle. <laughs> of a cliff. <laughs> Something's attacking you. Especially when you play, what is that, Diablo? Diablo. He would be asleep and yeah. like 9,000 things would be attacking him. And I would sit there and just watch for a couple minutes. <laughs> <laughs> is he waiting for something? <laughs> usually, I'd, he? <laughs> usually I'd wake up and I would just look right at the TV and just be like trying to contemplate if I wanted to go to bed or not. And then um. I would just see him getting like eaten alive by yep. God knows what things. And I'd look over and he's got the controller in his hand and he's just. Uh-huh. And I'm like, oh, that explains it. Hard. And then I would just keep watching. And Sawing die. those logs in half. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Haven't happened to me every now and again. Yeah. Um, Happens to the like, best of us, right? I gotta go. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, speaking of exclusives, let's talk about Halo Infinite. The okay. developer has acknowledged player frustration over the lack of meaningful content. <sighs> Seems to be a trend with games nowadays. Now, is it a trend with games or is it a trend with consumers? That they expect every time they log in, something special and new and shiny and something to unlock and something to work towards. This right here, this story right here is why Elden Ring is the best game that I've played in, I'd say, 10 years. Since Gears 3, it is the best game I've ever played. A little from column A, a little from column B. I think it's consumers, but I also think it's a... yeah part where people just try to put out they try to gauge that is this enough content for the 60 70 80 dollars we're asking for sure for? yeah and i mean if you can beat a game in seven hours one of the reasons why i haven't bought freaking spider-man uh the miles morales yet i hear it's only literally like an eight hour game really yeah i only play it's like eight hours but they want me to pay 70 dollars no that's the one that I, yeah. that's the only one of those games that in Final Fantasy VII that made me think about going the PS5 route. Yeah, and I am just not going to pay that. No. So I'll wait for it to become one of those greatest hits and then I'll pick it up for 20 bucks. Yep. But yeah, I am not paying that. And I mean, I think things like Destiny and The Division and all those and Fortnite mainly. Actually, Fortnite Fortnite is dominating the content game because essentially they don't have to change their core game. All they do is add skins and a little bitty thing that you can do to earn them and the game is free. Yeah. All their money is coming from purchasable items in game in cosmetics. Yep. I mean, essentially, the only other thing you can buy is a season pass to unlock stuff, right? Yeah, season pass, and then if you actually play enough and you unlock it, it pays for itself again the next time. And now there's a no-build mode in Fortnite. Oh, wow. So, so that, I'm just like, that actually even has me going, huh, maybe I'll check it out. Too cartoony for me. I don't like games with different levels, power levels of guns. I mean, I don't mind it, but either way, I just think it, it's going to invite another group in there. They've had things like live concerts. I think Tra- Travis Scott is that the right? Is that a rapper? Mm-hmm. Probably. He did yes. a Scott. He did a uh, he did a 
uh, concert in the game. All you had to do was show up and your avatar could watch the free concert. I mean, that's kind of cool. Um, I mean, I wouldn't I care watch less. it in <laughs> person too. or in a video game, but it's still kind of cool that they're, you know, whatever. I feel, who's this Travis I mean, at Scott least, at least nobody. Who's <laughs> this here feller with his pants down around his thighs? I, mean, I guess at least nobody can die at his concert if it's in a video game. Wow. Wow. Too soon. Yeah, way too soon. Just saying. Um, it's true. I actually, no, you, you, you're right though about. <laughs> it's uh, not really a joke. It's serious. Yeah. <laughs> you're right but though yeah, about Halo Infinite. Dark. I mean, like the, the people expect a lot of stuff for their sixty bucks, and I think they have a lot of things planned out. I truly do. I think Halo has things mapped out for a long time. It's just not happening as fast as the community would like it. And there's not enough changing in the game to make it compelling to keep you there. I love Halo. When a new season comes out, I'll be on Halo. But as of right now, I beat the season. I, I got everything I needed. There's no sense because I'm not trying to go pro. And that's kind of the thing is you pick it up, you play it, and you put it down once you got what you wanted to go get, what you're yeah. chasing. But I remember a time back before when you didn't have updates Mm-hmm. And when Halo 2 came out, that was all I played for three, four years. Yeah, but that so was also like, a different time where you could play with your boys at exactly. any time. Well, I mean, it's the same thing now. Or your girls. But my the point being is now that it's so much more expected. Like mm. Destiny, add more and more yeah. to it, more and more to it. Think about picking it up, and I'm like, nah, I'm not paying that for it. They've gotten, to, they've gotten to the point where they start adding so much stuff. That they have to delete older stuff to make room for it. Yeah. So, oh Whoa. my goodness, that was weird. And that scared the crap out of me. Really, nothing's really worth it nowadays. No, you're right. Um, there's really not much except for, like I say, Elden Ring. That game right now, I, I, I got to know how long this game really was truly in development because there's so much stuff to find. They're still uncovering stuff now that nobody's seen yet. Yeah. And there are new builds, new ways to do things, and I can't even imagine if DLC comes out for this game. It it just may. It may be one anyway, of those things where yeah. they didn't plan on DLC because they might not have planned it to be this big. Right. And now it's huge, and so now they might be like, all right. Because, uh, I mean, as you were saying before about Fortnite, Fortnite used to be like only thing anything played when you hit when you jumped online, that's everybody. You can see everybody playing that. Mm-hmm. Now it's a dead game. I might see one person playing it every now and again. I know a lot Bro, of people that are still playing it. I turn on my my Xbox, and I don't have friends that played Elden Ring. Most of my friends played like I met them playing the Division mm-hmm. or Overwatch yeah. or something different. Madden. Bro, everybody's playing Elden Ring. Yeah, and I'm like, what the hell? It is a wild game. Yeah, you keep sending me clips. I just laughed at the one that I saw though. There was I sent him a guy of, of a guy panicking, which Megan can attest that this has happened to me too. He's running through and he's like, ah, oh God. And then he's running and then something grabs me. He's like, what is happening? Let me go. And then he's running for literally three minutes. He's like, guys, I have no health. I've got to get somewhere. And then he goes, oh, I'll fucking get outsmarted. As soon as he jumps, he's like, thank God, there's a roof. I made it. And then he jumps to another balcony and insta dies. <laughs> something <laughs> jumps from his periphery that he can't <laughs> see. Bang! And he's like, he just goes, Damn it. <laughs> like I yeah. felt this struggle right there. Me too. That look on his face is like, bro, I know, I know that hurt. We've been there. Yep. Yeah. Um, let's talk about 
uh well actually let's take our first break of the day we might have enough for two today guys i don't know i mean i don't know if there's enough time but um we're gonna take a quick break and we will be right back with a little bit more of that sweet juicy video game news see you in a second your happiest spring starts with Lowe's, and it all starts with getting outside with lots of friends and family. Get those spring gatherings going with our five-piece dining sets at our everyday low price starting at $6.28. Then cook up an endless amount of possibilities with our Blackstone griddles starting at $2.99. Create a season full of togetherness and make spring sizzle at Lowe's. Home to any budget, home to any possibility. Selection varies by location. While supplies last, about 331-46, U.S. only. Your happiest spring starts with Lowe's, and it all starts with a beautiful green lawn. Keep it looking sharp and save $50 on the Cobalt 40-volt self-propelled mower. Was $399, now just $349. And give the rest of your yard a healthy boost with a bag of our premium mulch at the everyday low price of $368. Create a season full of happiness at Lowe's. Home to any budget, home to any possibility. Selection varies by location. While supplies last, about 331 through 46. Mulch offer excludes Alaska and Hawaii, U.S. only. No, I'm kidding. And we're back. I was like, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> you just feel like. Uh, I just felt like hitting it. You know what I mean? Uh, so speaking of Elden Ring. What? Uh, they want to Were you work talking about with... that before the break? Yeah. Oh. W- weren't we just. Yeah, we were. Sorry. Jesus Christ. I speaking tune out of, for video speaking games. Speaking of Elden Ring. <laughs> looking at bullets. Uh, oh, she, she tunes out, but she's going to want to hear this. Uh, the developer for oh, Elden Ring wants this. to work with the Wheel of Time writers next. Yeah. So well, who all have they worked with so far? Have they worked with, like, Witcher? They've been their own developer. Okay. No, no, The Witcher is its own series and book. I know, but I didn't know. I'm assuming that Different they want to work with Wheel of Time for developing monsters and things like that that's why i was wondering uh, if they're trying to put different it's probably just for narrative based uh we've talked about it on this show called alter ego podcast oh, before cool where they work with george rr R. martin from yeah, game yeah, of thrones yeah. i know so that now they want to work that's with- what i'm saying i don't know who else they've worked with i don't know if this was the first one since then <laughs> no it is but it's for narrative purposes and for monsters and right. things like that i don't know about areas. monsters they probably have plenty of people who can create monsters whatever this is but- why i tune out because i don't care because you you're mean to me i am i so am I mean stopped to her. caring about yep. video games i berate her off the air yes <laughs> thank you're you for so choosing dumb. the alter ego you're podcast so you're so dumb you don't know anything about video games you're such, such a girl did i say you're so dumb or you're such a girl could somebody please clip me saying that at all other than that explanation hours and hours worth 99 <laughs> yeah. hours go back, <laughs> go, go back and find it please uh anyway I got sad news for you, Ryan. What's that? Breath of the Wild 2 has been delayed to 2023. I know. I've heard. <sighs> what a bummer. I saw that news and just wanted to give him a hug. I am not sad, though. You're I not? am not a person who gets upset about a game being pushed back, especially by Nintendo. Oh, yeah, for sure. That they're just going to make it that much better. Take all the You're time not you wrong. need. You're not wrong. I'd rather you give me or push it back a year, two years, and give me a great game then rush it out and give me a piece of shit. That's that's the other thing though, right? Like Nintendo, let's let's give them some props here for a minute because they also will release games at $30 and 29 or you know 25 bucks or whatever. They are not always going to be that. This is $60 no matter what buy. Now the title one games Pokémon for sure you're paying that, but Pokémon is Pokémon. It's the biggest video game industry in the world. Yeah. So they can afford to do that because obviously their stuff is compelling. But 
You're absolutely right. Nintendo, I don't think, has ever put out a product and people are like, we thought it was going to be this, but it was actually this. Yeah, it rarely happens. Yeah. If it ever does. Uh, if it does, it's because people's expectations are through the roof. And I mean, after the first Breath of the Wild, you got to come with something great. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's one. Of the, it's arguably one of the greatest games of all time. Like, this is my Elden Ring for you. There you go. Like, to me, it's the And actually, those are the parallels I use for you when I'm talking yeah. to you about Elden Ring. Which is one of the reasons I kind of want to play it. <laughs> I'll show you a couple clips when we get out of here. We'll check it out. Um, so, uh, one more thing for video games and we're moving on to TV and movies. Sonic is coming out very soon. They're on the press tour. I'm excited for it. And apparently they had to come out and say, we're not going to follow the games in order. And that is because they teased a character that is not in chronological order for the games. I wonder what that is. What do you think? Dark Sonic? I don't know. I haven't. Gold Sonic? I mean, when was the last time they made a Sonic game? Forever. There are like eight of them. Yeah, but when was the last one? Probably, what, Dreamcast? Or Nintendo Switch, for sure, but not a standalone Sonic game. That's what I mean. It's been no, a long they've, they've time. No, they've actually been coming out with more Sonic games. Hmm. There's a lot of them. I, I still love Sonic. No, that's, that's, Sonic a, that's a brainless, past-the-time, excellent game that you can just sit and is play. Is Sonic going to be one of those characters that's brought into Mario Kart, I wonder? I, I hope so. No. That would be so cool. I want him brought into Mario Kart, but I don't want him to use a cart. You yeah, want him just, just to be? I want him to yes. just run. See, that would be dope. And then, so for the customization options, all you do is customize his shoes. Oh, I like it. I dig it. I mean, right? I mean, there's got to be other characters that have little things like that to where, like, if you choose them as a character, that you could totally customize the menu for them. And every time you ding Sonic, he loses coins. (laughs) (laughs) And you can pick up the rings as other. Yeah, that would be cool. Well, you'd have to do that for all the cars if you're going to have Sonic. I know. Something of value. But yeah, that would be cool. Or, or, Or just a race where you're racing Sonic. I want to say, I think there is a Sonic Kart racer out there somewhere. But there is. I've never played it. I think you're right. No, I See, wouldn't I'm either. See, I'm on to something. The only other kart racer that I was religiously happy about playing was Crash Bandicoot, Crash Team Racing. Crash Team Racing. That was good. But anyway, that's all I got for video games. I promise. That's it. We're done. Oh. We're going to bring some sadness into this right now. Oh, I gosh. can feel it. We are. There's two things that are sad. Then one thing that is not unexpected by any means. First one, Bruce Willis stepping away from acting. Uh, what's the name aphasia. of the aphasia aphasia, yeah. aphasia yeah. where he is lo- losing the ability com- to communicate and Verbally a lot of these folks written. from the uh, sets of some of these B movies that he's been doing lately are like with Bruce now you have to tell him exactly what to say mm-hmm. when to stand where to stand there so I feel bad for Bruce man he was he was a definitely yeah. my favorite action star of he's all a, a legend time. lost I mean, I, obviously I take, he's still around, but when oh, it comes for sure. to Hollywood and stuff, I mean, it's really sad. And it makes you wonder, not that we know anything about his medical history, but it makes you kind of wonder if it sure. was a sudden thing or if it was a slow drip because either it could happen either way. Yeah. It could be slow if he's got some sort of disease or like a brain tumor, like something in his head, or it could happen suddenly after like a stroke or something. I read a bunch about it after that was announced. I was like, damn. Yeah. Like... He's, you just think back to his like diehard days and all that other stuff to where he's just so. Last Boy Scout. I mean, obviously that was 
80s, like so long ago, but it's like when you see somebody like that on screen and then you hear things like he was struggling to communicate at all, it just breaks your heart. Yeah. yeah. Especially when they, they do mean so much to you. This family, yeah. I can attest to, uh, we watch Die Hard every single Christmas. Every Christmas. Hey, my Xbox gamer tag has been the same for about 15 years. John McClane V2. John McClane V2. Love it's it. going to be sad that I'm never going to hear him say yippee ki motherfucker again. <laughs> Not unless it's on a re uh, yeah. rewatch. Yeah. Not on a new movie. Not as. I hear they were supposed to be doing, but I guess yeah. that's not going to happen now. They're going to go with Will Smith instead. <clears throat> Just slap the shit out of somebody? Whoops! Okay, I'm done. I'm done with Will. Uh, Jim Carrey also talking about retiring from acting in general. Said it would have to be... God coming down with the golden pen and saying, this one is for you. It's a story that needs to be told in order to get him to seriously consider coming back. So Morgan Freeman, tell him we need to Bruce Almighty three. <laughs> I just, this doesn't surprise me, especially not to bring up Will Smith again, but seeing Jim Carrey's reaction to that. Have you seen that? No. I don't uh, really pay attention he, to Hollywood. I don't, care I, I don't either. I don't either, but TikTok is a wonderful thing. He uh, went pretty hard on that and was like, it's, it's, Basically, in so many ways, saying people are sick of Hollywood. Yeah. They're tired of them. They said, used to be stars. They used to be icons. They used to be people that people looked up to. Not anymore. He's yeah. like, uh, basically, he just sounds done with it. Yep. So, a lot of them are uh, D bags. You know? Yeah, for sure. Well, you know, money changes everybody. I mean, it's you, you look at these guys too, and you look at like the current, and I, I hate to, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to like try to get political or anything on this, but just uh, more generational. If you're thinking about like the next generation of actors and stuff, it's like you have that millennial mindset of and the millennial mindset is taking over Hollywood. So it's like all these older guys like Jim Carrey, even the Bruce Willis's of the world. I mean, Steve Carell is one that comes to mind because he's completely stayed out of all the drama. So it's, I know he's not super famous, but you get what I'm saying. I mean, he is, but he's not a Jim Carrey. But I'm just saying it's like these older actors have kind of moved on from the spotlight and have really seen what Hollywood has become. And they're just like, I don't want any part of that shit. It's mm -hmm. like, we were heroes, not something to obsess over. And that's kind of, the, that's the vibe that I feel like is changing in the Hollywood elite. Some of the Hollywood elite really leaned into the, you should be something to obsess over. Right. But my favorite ever, because I don't want to get into politics is, no, too, no, no. is, uh, is Kevin Hart. When they yeah. asked him, why don't you comment on this, that, and the other? He goes, cause I'm not going to divide my audience. No. That's not what I'm here no. to do. I'm here to be funny, yep. and I'm not going to ever divide my people over something that, that's an opinion, that yeah. I'm not even qualified to you know, speak on it directly, so I'm not going to. And i, I got to say, I gave a lot of props to Kevin Hart for that. Yeah, I mean, look at all the trouble he got into for that thing a few years ago, making the joke or doing whatever it was that he fucking said and got in trouble for. Huh. He was supposed to host something. Oh, that's right. And they, yeah. they, uh, was it the Oscars? Yeah, I think it was the Oscars. And the Oscars told him, never mind. Yeah. So, is that when G uh, Gervais went and I think made, it is a, when made a I big think, mockery of Hollywood? It, I think it is. <laughs> oh, you rebut yourself. <laughs> he goes, third time, don't care. If yeah. you want to talk about oh, jokes that God. people might want to get up and slap somebody over, Woo! Google Ricky Gervais and watch hosting that, the watch Oscars. That nine minute monologue that he starts the Oscar hosting is, with. Yeah, it, that, that just kind of puts it all in perspective. Honestly, it's like Hollywood gold. It is. <laughs> they all hated it. We all loved it. <laughs> they hated it. Everybody at home was like, damn, y'all listening yeah. to Ricky? <laughs> we were like, what is gold? This can't be real. Like, yeah. this has got to be fake. Nope. Every yep. second of it was real. He's like, this is my last time doing it. Who cares? Oh, yeah. Like, oh, what are they going to do? Fire God. me? He's up there with a pint of beer. 
Oh God, he was yeah. something. Uh, yeah, you gotta watch it. It is Go worth out there and find it. It is worth your time. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, um, if you guys just earmuff it for me, Sandra, oh, I know boy. you're listening, sweetheart. Congratulations. I'm so happy for you. They dethroned the Batman at the box office. And you know what? The Lost City, I'm sure it's great. I love the purple jumpsuit. You're glowing. You look just as good as you ever did. She's glowing. Okay, uh, sorry guys, just Not had to have a moment to talk baby. about something else. I was I was uh, subscribing to some magazines. Did you want to say what you needed to say to What's-His-Face <laughs> in that movie? He better step how far so back? Channing, Channing, back up. Yeah, he, I he like gets you. a little close to her in that movie. I like you. You're a nice guy. Take 10 steps back. Act from back there. CGI is a wonderful thing. Y'all could have green screened him. Man, you can't do that to Magic Mike. I just did. <laughs> no, but that's that's uh, surprising. I cannot believe that movie dethroned Batman. Yeah. I am shocked. I gotta say though, like, look at the big three. It's obviously Sandra Bullock, Channing Tatum, but then you have Daniel Radcliffe. He's a polarizing guy. I mean, uh, he will Batman, not be known. Batman. I know. Come on. I know. But not a lot of things have been said about the Lost City. Lots of things have been talked about with the Batman for a long time. So, and it's also divided. Exactly. And this isn't this isn't gross over the time it's been in theaters. It's just that weekend. Just this weekend, yeah. So uh, Batman, I'm sure, has made hand over fist more money. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So uh, the Obi Wan series is coming out soon, right? Yeah, yes. Sure. Month isn't of that, May. I was gonna say month it, of May. It, it's coming. It debuts on May the fourth. You don't have to go. No, it does not. Actually, that that's funny. That's part of what we got here. Uh, so that show has been pushed back. Like what? two days, it's it's May twenty sixth now, not May twenty fourth. No, so, I thought it was supposed to debut on May the fourth, no. or May the fourth be with you, Dave. May twenty fourth, nope. and it has been pushed back to May twenty sixth. But it was originally going to have Darth Maul in the series, going after Obi Wan Kenobi after he got his whole uh, you know bottom half sliced off. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. By he the title character. Cut in half by the guy. But it's movie, time. man. Oh, you didn't yeah. watch that one, May huh? May 27th. Not a big Star Wars guy? Oh, no. Just look up the fight scene. You'll like Darth Maul plenty. I know. He's the guy so, with the red and black face and the double-sided lightsaber. Uh-huh. So are they going to do Are they gonna do releases on Friday then? Because that's it comes out the 27th. Yeah. Just so we're reporting correctly, because that's what we're here for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's May 27th, which is a Friday. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. When have we ever been about historical accuracy? I'm just saying. But you're right. But you're if right, you're, you're right. looking out for it on the 26th, you're going to call us liars, and it's not coming out <laughs> to the 27th. I, I would love, I would love in my heart if we were your source for for release hey, dates over Disney's know. massive marketing campaign. You if you said, know. you know what? Screw Disney. I'm going to listen to the Alter Ego podcast. And you know what? You got a free hug on me. Let me know. We'll get I you mean, a t-shirt. If we're steering them wrong, they're never going to trust us. So if we're steering them right, then we true. might get people to count on us for they're their dates. They're here for and our journalistic integrity. And our back and forth banter and... But they decided to skip on Darth Maul for Darth Vader in the Grand Inquisition. I got to say, if you're any sort of... What? You don't want Darth Vader? I want Darth Maul. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Darth I'm Vader tired like of Darth guy, Vader. Exactly. I was like, I'm tired of his ass. Darth Maul's kind of cool. He's the most pa- powerful dude in the is. universe. Yeah, he can stay the most powerful dude in the universe in well, the movies he's been in so far. It's Darth, Ma- Darth Vader and the Grand Inquisition. 
No, honestly, I think Darth Vader's a little downplayed. Like, we want to see. I agree. They have I, never truly shown shit. Darth Vader's power on screen. They've hardly ever shown Darth Maul, period. So I mean, let's fucking go is what I'm trying to say. Guy, let's can, see some new shit. It's 2022. He was in, he was in Clone Wars. A lot. You from a distance? Yeah. He should have a mean-ass choke slam. Somebody that's choking you through Zoom? He should be like... <laughs> <laughs> Right somebody says something. Somebody says something to Darth Vader. He's like, "What did you say?" He should just have somebody. He should have a guy go get the table. He just slams <laughs> him through it. Oh boy, that guy. I need. That I need to know trooper. who he could be talking just to. Right, stormtrooper, get the table. And it's just Devon Dudley. <laughs> oh, bro, I'd love it. That would go so well. Speaking of uh, Devon Dudley, WrestleMania was this last weekend. How'd that go? I don't know. I don't have anything to go, but I know Austin uh, made a re- resurgence and raised hell all over WrestleMania, which I'm always here for that. Oh, yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So uh, Mandalorian season three has apparently wrapped filming. Done deal. And they added a new guy to the uh, to the cast. Marty! Christopher Lloyd. Oh, I was going to say from Back to the Future. I was like, from Back to the Future? Marty! Michael We've got to get back to 1965. Michael J. Fox is in it. Got it. Ooh. He plays Baby Yoda's older brother, somewhat younger Baby Yoda, or somewhat older Baby Yoda. He just vibrates the whole time. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Too soon. Is it, though? So speaking of people who haven't gotten a lot of screen time and deserve time in the sun and want to come back, Samuel Jackson, ready to return to Star Wars as Mace Windu. Mm-mm, bitch. Are you into that? Yeah, I guess. I mean, Force choke, motherfucker! <laughs> I would be into that. I would definitely be into that. Um, he says there's a huge history of people with one hand returning to Star Wars. I'll learn the lightsaber left-handed. <laughs> <laughs> he won't even have to. They'll CGI his hand. Off he goes. How many people now have gotten CGI or, you know, whatever? Ugh. I'm actually going to have to actually watch Star Wars so I can quit. Making a mockery of Star Wars. This is true. I'm sure people are this is true. screaming at me. Um, Yeah, for sure. Who's screaming at you? I just got to know that. I don't know. Somebody that out tidbit there. That tidbit of it, too. All right. Well, We've only got a couple more things, and we're going to talk about a little Adam project, shall we? Shall I? Shall. Let's go through this really quick. Umbrella Academy Season 3 arrives June 22nd. Don't know if I said that. I'm saying it now. Walking Dead finally wraps the series after 11 seasons. Congratulations to them. Bill Skarsgård, who is it in the movie, it is rumored to beginning product to be beginning, beginning production on a reboot of the crow. What do you know about the crow? I know that, uh, Brandon Lee died. Brandon Lee died. They actually kept the scene in there where he actually got shot. Mm hmm. Used to love that show when it was on TV. The movie, the actual you mean? show. Oh, I don't. I didn't know show. there was a crow show. Yep, there's a crow show with a guy and a girl. Oh wow! Both weren't bad. I would watch that. And then I would watch a female crow. Yeah, that'd be dope. Oh my bad, I'm confusing that. It's not the crow. Oh, she was the raven, but it was a Highlander. That's what it was. So, uh, gotcha. Yeah, no. My I, my statement stands. I would still watch a female crow. Yeah, I actually I've been uh, telling I, the wife about it, and she will have to watch it with me soon because she's never seen them. Mm. 
Here, here's another thing I want to touch on before we get into the Adam Project. Shall I? Shall I? Shall I? Yes. Uh, IGN came out with the top 25 Pixar movies of all time. As voted by their, and I'm going to give you air quotes here, fans. <laughs> IGN can't be trusted. I thought we've already been through uh, this. Well, you guys can't be trusted. What are you doing? Let's look at the top five, shall we? I feel like they fuck this up every time, but that's just number me. one. The Incredibles. The Incredibles is a great movie. I love The Incredibles. Number one. I don't know about number one. I, I honestly couldn't name you ten Pixar movies. Yes, you could. You just don't know you can. Yeah. You Let could. me go through the list, shall I? From the twenty fifth, I've said shall I eight times yeah, in the last freaking ten like minutes. Like eight too many. Uh, right then, shall I? Uh, number 25, Cars 3. Number 24, Cars 2. Number 23, Finding Dory. Number 22, Monsters University. I went outside and punched an old man in the face repeatedly when I saw Monsters University at 22. That yeah, needs to be top 15 easy. I thought the first one was Monsters. Egg. I, I didn't even explain to him why I was hitting him. And that that's not true. But 21, The Good Dinosaur. What? That's I've an okay never movie. Even heard of that movie. Number 20, Brave. Movie. Number That's 19, good. Cars. So all three cars are 19, 24, and 25. And cars Jeez. is probably one of the few movies on that list I've actually seen. 18, Onward. I'm not putting Onward over Cars. No. Sorry. Onward was good, but I would agree. Cars Number 17, not... Turning Red. I'm not putting Turning Red over any of these except for Cars 2 and Cars 3. Um, Luca, haven't seen it. Can't have an opinion. Uh, Soul, haven't seen that either. Uh, 14, Incredibles 2. Okay, okay, Incredibles 2. Yeah, I like that one. A Bug's Life, sure. Number 12, Toy Story 4. What? What? Uh, number 11, Ratatouille. Haven't seen it, heard great things. You haven't seen Ratatouille? No. You would probably love that movie. You don't know what I would love, okay? Uh, he think he would you like know, it. I'm going to say, for being a person who likes to, to cook, cook, I think, I think you you'd really that like movie. that one. We should watch it. Oh, gosh. We're going right. to watch it. Okay. All I know so is that then, basically... I know what I'm doing. <laughs> the movie is about a rat who can cook, but he basically uses a guy as like a puppet nice. <laughs> to do it for him. All right. Uh, number 10, Toy Story 2. Number 9, Up. Up. That's one of the most tear-jerky, crazy movies Pixar has ever done, and it's at nine. Never seen it. Number eight. Now, this is my number one, which I don't understand why it's number eight, but I didn't make this list. Uh, IGN. <clears throat> Finding Nemo is at number no. eight. Number seven, Monsters, Inc. Okay. Number not, Number six, Coco. I've never seen Coco, so I can't tell you. Number five, Inside Out. Wasn't that great to me. I did not dig... Uh, Coco or not Coco inside out that much. Number four, Toy Story. Number three, Wally. Wally, I'm putting Wally at the bottom of the list, man. I really am. It's not that great. And then Toy Story three at number two, with Incredibles being number one. Oh, I just I don't agree. I just don't. I would probably be Toy Story just because that's mainly the only one I've really seen. Uh, and The Incredibles is pretty good. Incredibles is great. It's a good movie, but that would not shock me that we, the uh, Alter Ego podcast, were big fans of The Incredibles. And Finding Nemo. And Finding Nemo. That was another really good one. Yes, it was. Um, yeah. So that's what I've got for TV and movies, gang. Do we want to talk about a little Adam Project, this new Netflix film, which is the second installment of the trilogy of Ryan Reynolds and Sean Levy, I think his name is. Hmm. 
Okay. So the third one that's going to be is Deadpool 3, by the way. Oh. So these guys clearly like working together. Uh, Adam Project is out on Netflix, has been out on Netflix for a while. So if we're giving you new information now, I don't know what to tell you. We're not going to get into non-spoiler territory. We're just going to openly talk about the movie here, I think. Is that fair? Yeah, that's, that's fine. Fair. Is yeah. that fair? Yeah. Okay. So uh, I got to say, do you mind if I go first? No. Go first. I'm a big fan of Ryan Reynolds. Same. I used to be a really big fan of The Rock. I'm starting to have very similar feelings for Ryan Reynolds as I have for The Rock. I don't like that. Why? And what I mean is, oh. yep, what yep. I know what you're about to say is the same typecast dude yep. in every movie. Yep. I mean, outside of Deadpool. Deadpool, Deadpool just he's got, a mask, he's got a mask on. I don't know. I mean, he's quippy. He's an asshole. He the only difference between Deadpool and everybody else is he's willing to shoot somebody in Deadpool. But he's always got to be the quick-witted, funny guy. Sarcastic. Who, you know, he's a good-looking dude, and he's very sarcastic, and he just he gets quick laughs. And I think, personally, Ryan Reynolds is being underutilized. I think he could do a lot more. Yeah. I've seen him in Amityville Horror. He's definitely got... Um, the ability to do darker dramas. There was the one where he, what was it? Uh, where he was buried alive. Oh, I didn't see that. One. Yeah. That was another one that was crazy. I mean, like in everything to him is just the, the quick, quick be jokes. Yeah. And he's great. He's great. The, the Ryan Reynolds typecast lasts a lot longer than the Dwayne Johnson typecast for me. Um, but this movie, it's a, it's kind of, to me, it was kind of a cookie cutter movie. You have a yep. cast you could not fail with. Uh, Zoe Saldana, perfect. Mm. I haven't seen a movie with her that I have not liked her in. Uh, Mark Ruffalo, great job. Jennifer Garner, great job. Ryan Reynolds, perfect. Uh, the antagonist, I can't remember her name, but I know she was in 40-Year-Old Virgin. She's another one who delivers in all the movies that she in. she's in. But <laughs> this one... I was just like, okay, I expect everything that's going to happen here. Yeah, I was going to say, this is one of those movies that you know everything that is going to happen, but you're just watching it just to watch it. Yeah. And that's exactly what this was. We started this together, I think, and then I started playing a video game, and you went off to get ready for whatever it was, and you finished watching it. What was your opinion? On the ending or the whole movie or what? Yeah, the whole movie. I Tell us everything it. you think about everything. Um, I didn't mind it because it was something different. It was something different that you don't like. I, I just feel like there's a lot of repetitiveness in movie making right now. Sure. And I felt like it was something that was a little different. I really enjoyed the little kid that was in the movie. That, I don't recognize him from anything before. And I think he did an outstanding job. So I don't know if he's had some stuff before. I really liked it a lot. Um, so I did like it because I thought that it was something different. It's a nice movie. You can watch with your family and probably never watch it again. Uh, Walker Scoble was yeah. the name of this young man, and that was actually my comment as well. I'm going to echo exactly what you yeah, said. I thought that he was kid stole the show. Oh, he was yeah. outstanding. Was really good. And I, I think him playing that typical Ryan Reynolds as a child, I think he did really, really well. I think the storyline was really great in regards to his childhood and what he was going through with school and with his home and all that other stuff. Like, that's real-life stuff. Like, I thought that that was really 
touching. Yeah. But as far as the actual movie goes, I probably will not watch it again. I mean, not that I wouldn't because I enjoyed it, but because it's just one of those movies you're like, oh, I'm glad I watched that. And then you move on and you're just like, that's not one that I'm just going to pick up and watch again. And that's what I say when I say it's a cookie cutter movie, right? Like, like, yeah, okay. It's, it was good. It was good. I liked it there. I have no complaints, Mm -mm. but nothing stuck out. Actually, if anything stuck out, I thought it was really cool. The kid and the way they showed the technology from the future, Yeah. the space travel, that was really cool. The ship. Really cool. I the idea I, behind the sci-fi stuff, really cool. And our girl being in and out of that movie, I didn't like that. Zoe, I didn't like that. Zoe, I th- I feel like you were you were definitely underplayed in that movie. Yeah, definitely underused. underused. Yeah, definitely underused for who you were. Um, I liked the end in that regard uh, with the two of them. That was touching, but. I don't. Well, know. I mean, you saw that coming a mile away. You did. Away. You saw it coming saw a mile away, coming. and right. you saw it all working out the way that it's supposed to. It's very fairy tale and and like Disney. To where, like, of course, everybody's in love at the end and it somehow works out. And but I don't think the budget for this movie was huge. No, they right? had a couple of blow up scenes and that right. was, you know, that I was mean, pretty much it. They, they dealt with the futuristic people and there was, the, at the end, I was kind of like, when he's like, ah, well, we're showing up here at the final place and there's no bad guys around. There's also nobody walking around. There's, there's no, no cars security, parked. There's, there's no nothing. nothing. I'm like, is this a budget thing? <laughs> so my thought on that was actually, because I thought about that after the movie too, I was like, man, I wonder what they, and this is like nothing against the actors that were in the movie, but you have. They're all great. You have Ryan Reynolds. You have Mark Ruffalo. You have What's-Her-Face Gardner. What, what's her name? Jennifer, Jennifer Gardner. Jennifer Gardner. Not that she's freaking breaking bank at Hollywood, but she is a very well-known face that everybody knows. So, I mean, she's clearly not, you know, doing bad for herself, but it's like, you, especially those three names and Zoe, you have those four names, even though she was kind of in and out of it. Yeah. It makes you think that if they would have chosen lesser scale acting, that maybe the movie could have been that much better simply because they were putting the money into the movie and the story and not just paying these actors. Because you know these asses, you know, their asses made an ass load of money. And I know that Ryan Reynolds was what? He was a, a director or what was he? he was He's an, probably an executive, a, an producer. executive producer. He was involved in some other form or fashion. So you know his ass was paid. So it's like, I mean, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. They earn the money. That's great. They are who they are. I'm not putting anything against them. But I feel like the budget was spent on names to try to drive people to watch the movie. And as it opposed, worked. And it worked. Instead of trying to make it maybe a bigger kind of blockbuster style movie with a lot more shit going on. I don't know. It's a Netflix movie, so it is what it is. But I was going to say, I don't know how you get much more blockbuster. I mean, you know what I mean? There's not much to that movie, to be quite honest. Yeah. So it's kind of like... Yeah. Mm. But they could have had maybe a, 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 a cooler, you know air travel fighting scene or a fucking car parked in the parking lot at the biz at the building at the end like you were saying was this a budget thing it's like there could have been something else happening yeah literally anything and i think that maybe the actors and actresses that they had scaled to this movie took a significant chunk of the budget i i I think that's the problem is it was such a, a good movie in terms of like being exactly what you expected that you expected so much more yeah you see and I think all that's those... why everybody's like, oh, that was okay. And yeah. they walk away Weirdly from it enough, being I okay. Didn't. I was just like, I know exactly what this is. We're yeah. going to watch it. I watched it. Okay. Yeah. Not bad. Ryan Reynolds is obviously still Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> yeah. I was yeah, just hoping true. to see a little more like out of Jennifer Gardner. But, eh. 
I was expecting more out of Zoe Saldana and more out of Jennifer Gardner for sure, because those are two really, really excellent actresses and our antagonist. And our antagonist was kind of a been there, done that, really rich person who was going back in time for money. And it was like that was the whole motivation of everything was for her to stay rich. And she was after, I mean, you know. Control things, yeah. It was the normal shtick. Of bad yeah. guys in movies. And I just thought that those that, that group who all did their parts flawlessly. What they should have spent their budget on was at the end, Mark Ruffalo just turned into the Hulk. <laughs> just for fun. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Adam Project, uh, I'm not going to grade it super, super high. It's like like Megan said, I watched it that yeah. time. I'm glad that I watched it. If you're cruising Netflix and you're struggling. Your happiest spring starts with Lowe's, and it all starts with getting outside with lots of friends and family. Get those spring gatherings going with our five-piece dining sets at our everyday low price starting at $6.28. Then cook up an endless amount of possibilities with our Blackstone griddle starting at $2.99. Create a season full of togetherness and make spring sizzle at Lowe's. Home to any budget, home to any possibility. Selection varies by location. While supplies last, about 331 to 4-6, U.S. only. The Triple B Podcast would like to invite you to come break bread with your brothers. If you like what you're hearing on the show, if you think we missed the mark, or if we got it all wrong, reach out to us on social media. We can be reached on Twitter at triple underscore B underscore pod or search Brothers Breaking Bread Podcast. We are the Brothers Breaking Bread on Facebook and our email is brothersbreakingbreadpod at gmail.com. Further descriptions are in the show notes like follow, friend, do all that good stuff. And please never forget to break bread with your brothers. How y'all doing? Yeah, but I need to know specifically everything that happened. Like, y'all fucking, how did that happen? Well, his dick got into an entanglement with <laughs> with my pussy. That's what I said. Did you like his dick? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to kill this bitch. Oh, my God. You said you wasn't going to get mad. So let me ask you, did you suck his dick? I mean, that is a part of sex, isn't it? Who you fucking bitch? You know I should strangle the fucking shit out of you right now. 
So where did he come? See, you wouldn't know about this, but when you got some good-ass dick and every inch is inside me and you're just... Okay. Anyway, so <laughs> that is a highly edited version of... Um, was that was that two years ago? Yeah, something like the Red Table yeah, Talk. Was, yeah, Red Table Red Talk table two talk, years yeah. ago when it came out that uh, Jada had, <coughs> had sex with... Uh, on here, they say Will's boy, but it's actually his son's friend. Um, yeah. And, and, and we, we talked about on the show, too, uh, perceptions and all that shit like that. If it was the other way around, there was a, a male having sex with, a, with a, a young lady who was friends of their daughter, Willow, it would have been very <laughs> different. Uh, mm-hmm. But, yeah. So, that's kind of leads you in a dark history of this uh, this. I guess this whole relationship couple. So if you have been out there, you've been hiding under a uh, pillow. Um, Chris, Chris Rock, I almost said Chris Tucker, but Chris Rock was uh, headlining or the 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 MC for the uh, Oscars, uh, aka uh, Academy Award shows. Well, no, he, no, he, he, was, he, was, he wasn't he MC. Was, he was just he was the MC. center. He was just yeah. the center. Yeah. Inter- yeah. Entertaining. My bad. I don't watch the shit, so my bad. I thank y'all. Yeah. Right. No, they had a they had a, a black producer. Yeah. Um, I guess I, I, Will Packer, I, I believe. Yeah, I knew that. And and they had had uh, three women. Um, Wanda Sykes is one of them. Yes. Right, I think it was and Regina Hall. Regina Hall. Yeah, Regina Hall. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. So. Okay. Okay. So yeah, I'm an entertainer. Uh, doing his segment for uh, a presentation. Uh, made some jokes. Uh, one being about uh Jada Pinkett, she was bald head. Uh, had a bald head, uh, shaved, bald, trimmed haircut. Made something about um, GI Jane joke, which uh went to uh, uh what's her name? This white lady's name. Demi uh, Demi Moore. Demi Moore. Thank you. Yes. Demi Moore. Demi Moore being yeah. GI Jane, where she cut her hair off to fit in with the rest of the boys. Uh. Yeah, come to find out, I guess Jada Pinkett has alopecia, or something from alopecia. Uh, I guess that was supposed to be the impetus of everybody getting upset. Will hopping on stage after telling Chris Rock, keep my wife's name out your motherfucking mouth. And no, you got to reverse. Yeah, you got it backwards. What? Yeah. He, he smacked him first. With no words. With no words. No, there were words. There were words. Those words it wasn't until he sat down. It wasn't until he sat down he said it. No. No, no. Right. Yeah, come on, man. We right, bro. Yeah. Come on, man. He walked up. Chris Chris Rock he walked up about uh, G.I. Jane, that Jada could start in, uh, was going to be starting G.I. Jane, too. Right. And uh, it looked like Will kind of, I only watched it like once or twice, but it looked like Will kind of giggled. You know, our, you know, just gave the auditorium. Oh, he, he laughed. Yeah, obviously, everybody has seen it. No, Will you know, Smith did. And then he got laugh. up. He saw, he looked. He saw Jada's face. Then he got up, walked up the stairs, and uh, and smacked the shit out of Chris Rock. And then when he was walking back down, he said, "I think he said when he was walking back down, he said, keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth.'" And he sat down, and Chris Rock was like, "It's a GI Jane joke." And he said, he repeated, "Keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth." That's how it went. Oh, Richard! <laughs> oh wow! Wow. Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. Dip. <laughs> Nick. 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 Nick.
Wow, dude. Yes. It was a G.I. Jane jump. Keep my wife's There we go. But and then um I forgot he did say uh, Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then, oh, my bad. My bad. Wow, Lapita. Oh, y'all, y'all can't see this screen. Hold on. Let's go back over. Mm-hmm. My bad. God damn. Ah! I didn't want to do that. Sorry. Yeah. Lapita. There's Lapita like, Nyongo behind yeah, she, him. Like, her, her face expressions uh, told it all. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. She yeah. was like, I don't know if it was like I can't believe it or I'm gonna give him some draws too, but yeah. uh, somewhere in between. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So then this happens, and then here we are with everyone and everything. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I don't know because it's like if if this this happens anywhere else, this is a very uneventful mm-hmm. thing, right? Right, right. So I was thinking about it and I started it off with, okay, Will Smith was right for defending his wife. But then I start thinking more and more about it because I had a, a, a conversation with my ex-wife about the situation and she said, no, Will Smith was wrong for doing it anyway, regardless. You had a, you had a doubt that he was wrong? No, no, I was saying he's not. Hey, he's not alone. He's not alone. There, I had I had some conversations with my uh, track team and the coaches, uh, mm-hmm. and I was floored by some of the opinions that people had on this. So, so I, agree. I, I, I will say here, like, so before we get to everybody else outside, because I was I was also surprised by some of the responses. Mm-hmm. So, like, as far as the brothers here, uh-huh. like, like I say me. So there's no like hidden trickery. I think Will was wrong. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. No, I agree. Uh, I mean, me personally, I, I I think if he needed to address it, there's just, there's other ways, bro. Because there's, there's, exactly. there's a lot of other circumstances mm-hmm. that play into that right there that if that's not Will Smith, like, yeah. Yeah, man. It's just so many other layers to what what happened there, man. It's, it's kind of wild because he doesn't slap Jimmy Kimmel like that. Guaranteed, you don't slap Will Ferrell like that. Guaranteed, right? He doesn't slap. I agree. Uh, Dave I agree. He doesn't slap Dave Chappelle like that. Yeah, I don't think he slapped Kevin Hart like that. Uh-huh. Kevin Hart, maybe. Mm, I don't think nah. he might. Yeah, he might smack shit out of Kevin Hart. He a little I don't know. Though. I say I say Dave Chappelle because Dave Chappelle ain't no little nigga. And Dave <laughs> Chappelle anymore. got like yeah. he got something to him where I think Dave Chappelle be like, oh okay, nigga, this is what we doing. But Dave yeah. Chappelle's Dave Chappelle star is almost as big as Will's. You know what I'm saying? I think Chris is big, but not nearly on Will's level. You know what I'm saying? I think Dave is damn near on Will's level. You know what I'm saying? Damn near. Yeah, damn near. And also, I, I think, I think He's pretty big though, man. Wait, wait. Chris is big. Chris is big. Chris is big, but it's not as big as Will's. But yeah. But I, but but, but, I also, but regardless, though, Sunday night shouldn't happen. But I, I mean, think, I so what was you? Hold on, hold on, Tim. What was you? You were saying you talked to your ex. So and what? So first, at first, I was like, yeah, Will was right for defending his wife. 
But then I get to talking to my ex, my ex-wife. She said, "No, he was all wrong on that part because that there was other ways he should have handled that. Mm-hmm. You know, he should have been the bigger man. And then as she get the same, well, he should have been the bigger man. I kind of agreed with that because I would have been the bigger man and said, "Hey, bro, I didn't appreciate that shit you said about my wife. You need to keep my wife's name out your motherfucking mouth." But I would have handled it off stage, out of the public eye. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, Will has a brand, okay? He has a brand. He has, you know, he has movie companies. He has, you know, I don't know if he still has record companies and everything, but he has production companies and he has, you know, this image that, you know, not only that we see, but white people see as their fucking hero. And so when they see their hero do something as heinous as this, you know, that casts a shadow of, and over their perception. And then, you know, shit gets all fucked up and things like that. So I was like, yeah, you're right. You're kind of right about that, that, um, that he should have handled that way better than that and stuff like that. I understand defending your wife and everything like yeah. that, but there are ways to do it. Ways Look, and times to do it. Go ahead. I say this, man. I, you know, like, I'm going a, I'm to a be a fucking uh, unaccredited psychologist for a second. And, you know, okay. but I, you know, I think you just, and I ain't about to get super, I ain't about to get, like, hella deep or nothing, but, you know, I just think it, you know, I, I think that clearly it was more involved in it than that. You know, and I'm not saying, I think so too. yeah, and I'm not saying anything necessarily even involving Chris Rock, even though I'd have heard some things, but I don't know the exact, you know, I don't know the validity of, of all the shit that I heard, so I'm not even going to go into that. But, um, you know, it's some, you know, I mean, you know, Will Smith has been the, the butt of a lot of jokes, you know, throughout his career, even when, you know, when he was a rapper, when he started acting, you know what I'm saying? And then, you know, we just, before we got into this, uh, topic we talked about the uh, entanglement situation and you know he pretty much just swallowed that you know what I'm saying and we done seen the memes and shit you know what I'm saying we done seen little shit on the internet about that you know connecting that shit so you know I just think the motherfucker just snapped you know and also I will say too that I deal with I have alopecia also and like uh-huh. so like I like I first got it like my freshman year in at the end of my freshman year in uh, in college, I went to go get my, my hair cut, and my barber was like, you know, you got some bald spots in your hair. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, what? Because it was like in places that I couldn't see. And right. uh, of course, of course. And so, and so, anyways, to make a long story short, uh, it progressed. You know what I'm saying? So, like my whole sophomore year, I shaved my head and I wore a baseball cap. You know what I'm saying? My whole sophomore year. Like, you never saw me without a baseball cap on. I remember being up in Brady Commons one time, and, uh, this, you know, we was just standing out in the hall, like, in front of, in between the food court and the, uh, and the, uh, bookstore. Uh, and, you know, I was talking to some chicks or something, and one of the, and I hadn't, I hadn't shaved my head in, like, a couple of days. And oh, so okay. you could see the patches real good, but I had a head on. And the mm-hmm. chick, you know, we were just talking, fucking around, and she snatched off my hat. You know, oh, shit. and like I was I was extremely embarrassed and shit. You know what I'm saying? Now I'm a young, you know, I'm like, what, 1920 at this time. You right. know, um, you know, and I didn't do nothing. I'm not saying, you know, like I smacked a bitch or nothing. But uh, 
But you know, but that's how I that's but I, I suffered like I got I, I they didn't arrest me, but I used to live at Tiger Village, which used to be right across the street from a Walmart. Uh mm-hmm. used to be it was like the first Walmart uh here in Columbia on stadium for those of y'all that went to school here and whatnot. Um and I I went over there, Tiger Village right across the street, so I went over there and I wanted to 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 check out a new one of those electric shavers. And but I it was, you know, I'm a college student and it was it was a little pricey, so I tried to steal it and I got caught. You know what I'm saying? And uh they took me to the back room and shit. And uh, you know, and I was telling them, you know, what the deal was. And they asked me to their credit, they, you know, they let me go. You know what I'm saying? They they just, you know. And um, you know, so I say that to say, I say all that to say is that Will has seen so, you know, I'm a I'm a man and you know, I you know, my vanity and you know my ego and all that shit got to me so much that you know I went to go and steal some shit. You know, so as a woman, you know, I'm sure that's a hell of a hell of a struggle, man. So you know, I'm sure right. he's seen he's seen her being you know they they together for however you know as long as they've been together. You know, he's seen the struggles that she go through and the emotions and shit. So you know, I think that you know he was gonna play it off you know like people normally do at those sorts mm-hmm. of events when the comedian makes a joke. Cause they're sitting right there in the front row, you know, you just kind of laugh it off. But then he looked at her face and I think they just triggered some shit, man. And a whole bunch of shit came up and you know, mm. the motherfucker saw red or whatever and just smacked shit out of him, you know? But I, have a, I have a question though, man, like with the alopecia, like how, like on this, just on this call, on this phone right now, how many of y'all knew she had alopecia? I did I not. Didn't. I didn't. Yeah. So, I didn't. To add, that's, to that's add what us, you're saying, right? and to, to add what you're saying too, also AC, she's put out. I won't say numerous because that sounds like a lot, but a few videos where she talks about loving and embracing her bald head because for so long she had to have a European quote unquote style of beauty and true. hairstyle. Uh, true, so, but what I was saying, like, but no, okay. so, no, no. So I'm, so, I'm, I'm adding to what you're saying, where it's like she didn't talk about alopecia. She talked about loving her bald head. Right, 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 mm-hmm. right, right. No, I get, I get that part too, because she was, you know, being, you know, trying to embrace. Okay, but my point was like, how if, if us, just us on the phone right now, didn't know, how many people actually knew, right? Like that she actually had it at that time, like, because I'm, 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 Chris Rock is a smart man. Am I, am I, yeah. am I wrong? So. Chris no, you're not wrong about would that. never met knowingly. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, about the who's going through something like that that's that they're really sensitive about and it's really full blown like everybody knows. Right. I mean, I know comedians are rough, but I just I don't believe that he would attack it in that form. And then the I, second yeah. part is that hold on one second. The second part is that uh-huh. Will Smith is just as smart as any one of us on this phone. So everything that we just mentioned, that him him making that decision in that moment, dog, what what the fuck was going on? You know what I'm saying? Like to to because Joe said it in the chat. In on international TV, nigga, you gonna walk up on the, in the middle of a live award show and slap another grown celebrity yeah. in the face. Mm-hmm. Where does that? Where does all of that shit come from? Because that's yeah, more. Man, it was some. Yeah, that was that's some. That was some deep shit, bro. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm struggling, right? Because like, 
like for the light. But even before all this shit happened, I like I like watching comedians, right? I like like listening to podcasts, like like podcast comedians. And I was watching some Robin Harris shit, bro. Like this nigga <laughs> on stage, not celebrities, just regular <laughs> niggas who who just paid, roasted. who paid to come watch this nigga and roasting they ass up live. Yeah, everybody yeah. laughing, right? And but like, yeah. Also, as y'all alluded to, I think there's more. Like as Zeb said. I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a social worker. But we also, on this podcast, have talked about their relationship, this red table shit, where this niggas, they whole relationship. And Will Smith's manhood has become a meme. Right. Over the past, the last past two years, you know what I'm saying? Has become a meme. So he, 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 he look over there and see that his wife is in distress, and he's like, I don't want to think for this nigga, but as we said, it ain't, I'm a firm believer in, what. it ain't got shit to do with Chris Rock. It I, just happened yeah, to be, I agree. It happened to be Chris Rock was a nigga there that was saying something, and he, 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 and... Yeah, he and, triggered right. it. And so maybe, maybe it do, that Chris Rock is now the face of this nigga's question to manhood. Mm-hmm. Cause to me, it's like nigga, y'all front stage at a at a comedy show, and everybody knows right. front, front stage at a comedy show. You, you know you you, you, you gonna tired. make some jokes. You're fucking so tired. You can't, you can't yeah. tell me two, three, four years ago this same shit happened. Will Smith mm-hmm. on that stage slapping this nigga. I don't think it's happening. But you uh-huh. you add on all this shit been happening for the last two years with this nigga and they marriage and they family and everything else. The way we the even if all that shit with uh, with uh, Augusta, August, whatever that nigga's name is, even that shit out there, we clowning this nigga's kids, his wife and their oh. kids, and the way they choose to conduct two successful kids on top of that. That's, that that yeah. gets dismissed all the that, time. Yeah. But the fact that they different, they but really here's the, and here's the thing though, like, but niggas niggas is still shooting rumors out about his about his kids too. You I, know, that's, what, that's, what, that's, what that's what I'm saying, <laughs> and as. Like, like, it, it, as, and I, I hate, I hate when people do that shit because like, Ten doesn't have kids, but he has kids he cares mm-hmm. about. So we all have kids to care about. But niggas that got children, mm-hmm. like, 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 the wife is one thing, but you out here talking about my kids, nigga. Right. You talking about I'm letting a nigga, some weird dude, fuck my daughter up in the bedroom. I'm, I'm allowing this, this, and that with my son. Right. So all, all this shit That's goes on, bullshit. and it all equals the same thing: your manhood being questioned and becoming a meme every day. That fucks with a nigga. I don't care how much money you. Bro, got. look, look, man. I think it's this deep, bro. Like, I mean, this has been going on for. I remember <clears throat> watching Arsenio Hall the first time the, mm-hmm. when Arsenio Hall first had the Arsenio Hall show. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Um, um. Yeah. Whatever channel we used to come on, I remember. But uh. And Ice T was the guest on there, and somehow uh, Jazzy Jeff and Fresh Prince got brought up. I don't remember the conversation, and but what I do remember was Ice T saying that uh, basically he don't fuck with that bubblegum rap. <laughs> you know, they said that bubblegum yes. shit. <laughs> right. And he thought he was calling them soft. Now this was this was the early days of, of Jazzy Jeff, Fresh Prince. We also right. know that uh, I believe they were the first rap group, a uh, rap act, to win a Grammy. Yes, yes they, they didn't right. go. They didn't go to the war show. 
they didn't accept their Grammy because uh, they were protesting the Grammys because of its racist. Uh, well, because because uh, it, it was going to be on, it was going to be on TV. I, yeah, I think. It, it, yeah, that it, it part. Yeah, that's it. That's it. You're right, Joe. You're right. Yeah, that part of it wasn't because they didn't air the rap awards at that you know the rap section at that yep. time. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, they was the first. They was the first winners. You know, so like they standing up. They 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 standing up on some real shit. But you got. One of the most well-respected, especially back then, rappers, uh, you know, one of the hardest, you know, called the Buffalo. So I'm saying, man, like, he's been dealing with this shit for a long time, man. It's been a long hmm. buildup. And, and yeah. like Stork was just talking about with the, you know, the, his man who's been being questioned, you know. Right. And that shit just all it came to a head, I think, man, you know. Hey, like, like you could even take it deeper. Like, the, the mood... Like, he had the TV show, Fresh Press of Bad Lair, but like the movie that broke this nigga in, Six Degrees of Separation, this nigga is like oh, some, yeah, some weird-ass yeah. dude is having some kind of weird-ass relationship with this white-ass family. And that that's right. a whole nother thing. Whatever, whatever, whatever. So, but back to, like like you saying, Zeb, it, it, I think it comes to that, that, that manhood shit, bro. And then, like, you, you a little older, and then I am sure, I mean, like, I'm not sure. But we, we we can play the clip of Chris Rock, like find some shots of Jada back in like what was that? What was that? Two thousand? Maybe about six years ago, whatever. Yeah, 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 six like years ago. Yeah, like, like saying that. like the whole thing like she boycott she boycotting the Grammys or I mean my bad the Grammys she boycotting the, the Oscars. Oscars. It's like me boycotting fucking Rihanna's panties. I wasn't invited right. there either. Right, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Which is you know, funny. Which is a funny fucking joke. It's a right. Like, 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 like the GI, the GI Jane. Much funnier than GI Jane. Yeah, though. the GI Jane. She would have got like right. a huh. But that yeah. that shit right there though, that would have been like <laughs> that's pretty good, Chris. Yeah. But yeah. like, I don't know. We don't know. We're not psychiatrists. We're not psychologists. We once again, we're not social workers. I don't know, but you can't tell me like a a nigga like that. Who's come up through the ranks of Hollywood, all this other shit, ain't strong enough to fucking deal with a G.I. Yeah. Jane joke. That yeah. ain't, like we right. keep saying, I don't think it got shit to do with Chris. Right. No. Exactly. Not, I mean, not at all. If, no, anything, no. if anything, we literally witnessed a blackout on live television. Like, because that's the only, only other excuse, excuse that I could see for him just like saying, fuck everything. I don't give a fuck what happens next. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're right. The yeah. Only, I, only explanation I can see is you witnessed a live, a live blackout on national mm-hmm. television. Like that nigga right. just lost touch with re- all reality. Just that one just moment, check and out. Fuck it. And now, granted, nah, I can't walk up to work and do that shit to you know the average white man. Think <laughs> <laughs> I'm going Hell to fucking no. But right. you being Bill Smith, nigga, like that nigga felt like the Teflon Don in that moment. Like nigga, I don't, right. I don't right. give a fuck who but, looking. But some right. he, he, he felt like uh, he felt like Jawan Howard. Yeah, Jawan, yeah, right. Yeah. But, but what you were saying, they, but what you were saying, AC, there might be something to say that because he did to another nigga. End of the day, mm-hmm. right? Oh yeah, I mean, just like Jim Carrey said, like I mean, any other like you know, with Chris Rock not pressing uh, charges and not wanting the police call. If that's anybody else, number one, I don't believe in my mind that he does it. And two, mm-hmm. if it is somebody else. That nigga's going to jail and catching a hot lawsuit. And, yeah, and, for sure. And, and, and no matter who else it is. And we got a few more tabs, but like that kind of is a, a, a very sloppy way to go into the the question of like 
people see this shit, right? They see a black man slap another black man, and the narrative is like, you know, black anger and all kind of shit like that, and how this blackness <clears> ruined <throat> this award show. But it totally gets dismissed on the reaction of Chris Rock of being another right. black man who decided mm-hmm. to still stay professional. Right. Right. And I don't know if I would have been able to do that. You know, so I really do. First off, you know, yeah, I applaud. I, I do applaud Chris Rock for just staying, you know, after it happened, he just went and he straight funny into. Too. Yeah, and stayed, yeah. Went straight into his, uh, his uh, presentation and then, you know, all the way up until the end. And I was like, wow. Yeah. That's class. Yeah, I mean, that's why I think that's why everybody thought it was was like, was this real or not? Yeah, because yeah, like, yeah, exactly. played it so mm-hmm. fucking smooth. You know what I'm saying? That you was like, well, if you watch the after video, man, that nigga was that nigga in his mind. He was he yeah. was he willing, boy. When you seen him trying to present that award, oh, yeah. you, I didn't. Yeah, actually, I didn't see any more. You got to look at the. You okay. got to look at him for finish presenting the award. That nigga's okay. looking like back in his mind. He's like, man, I should go down there and fuck this nigga up. But he's trying okay, to stay I on see. point. He's trying to stay on point, and he did stay on point. But you could tell in the back of that nigga's mind, he's like, I'm not going to fuck up my bag. But nigga, no. if he was outside, I would kick your fucking throat in. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, hey, 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 see, you said, you know, if it was anybody mm-hmm. else, they would have charged, they would have pressed charges and fought a lawsuit. Press charges, huh? I'm not. Oh, especially I, if look, it was somebody look, think, uh, not think, of color. I won't be surprised. I'm not surprised that he didn't press charges, and I won't be surprised if he does file a lawsuit. You know what I'm saying? Like, fuck the charges. I'm gonna file a, I'm gonna file a lawsuit he on didn't that. So I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna get, I'm gonna get this. I'm gonna I don't, get this, I don't, yeah. I don't know I'm about get this that. paper. I, I don't need I, it. I think he's winning anyway. Yeah, he is. Oh, yeah. No, but, he, still, uh, but still, it's a principle involved. Yeah. But he ain't got to file no charge against Will Smith. He ain't got to press. I'm he saying, don't have to file a lawsuit you, either. But hold on, you talk about the the Oscars in the Academy. I mean, but they can sue them. You get to yeah, you're right. Does you're he right want to do that? Because it's like you asked me to come here and, perf- and perform a service. Yeah, and when right. I, and when it's I was assaulted, safety. my safety was not provided right. for. And exactly. on top of that, my that would aggressor, be the move. Actually, you're yeah, right. My you're my right aggressor was that. not. But but then like but then you get to the thing though. Even white folks and niggas got to say, "Am I going to sue the academy?" <laughs> right? Because I mean, yeah, that's right. The academy has done well by him over the years. You know yeah, what I'm saying? that's yeah. true too. Yeah. Of course. So yeah, so like that. So that. So I think that is so like it's like if I sue Will Smith, okay, I get hated by black the black the black folks that 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 new Where? area of black folks who who fuck with me and Will Smith. And also oh, okay. his fans, blah blah blah, right? Whatever, whatever. But then, right. if I, if I, I, I if, go ahead, go ahead, Joe. Go ahead, Joe. Nah, I was, I was gonna say like it doesn't even make sense to sue because this nigga's right. winning. I, like, I, yeah. I, he, he took an L night. He's become a meme. I got that, okay. But he's selling out shows now, and and it's like on some fat his, Joe shit. His tickets. Yes, yes yesterday's so price. Is not today. It's not today. Right. Yeah, because no. like, because no. like I think the next day his tour started. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah his tour yeah. started the next but bro, day. This is what I'm saying. Out. Though. I, I, I'm saying this though, bro. It, it's the principle. Like if I was if I was in Chris Rock position, I'm yeah, not going to yeah. say what I would do if I was Chris Rock. But if I was in his position, 
I think I would serious. I don't know whether I would or not, but I would seriously consider suing and not give a fuck about the outcome of the lawsuit or any of that shit. I'm gonna just make it. I'm gonna, you know what I'm saying? That's maybe that's just me and my pettiness. You know what I'm saying? But it's like I gotta get some get back, bro. You know what I'm saying? Because really, 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 what I really think for me, really, man, it was more disrespectful what he did after he slapped him. He turned his back on him and walked down the motherfucking stairs back to his chair. That is like you gonna smack me in my face and then turn your back on me? Like I ain't about to do shit. Like Jim West. You know what I'm saying, bro? Like, 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 that, like I might have, I might have snapped there, and I might have kicked that motherfucker in the back down them steps. You know what I'm saying? But if I didn't do that, then, then my pettiness would have switched to because he, he you know walked what? away. I'm gonna sue like, this like, motherfucker. Like, he, like he ain't even a threat. Yeah, right. right. Like he ain't even a threat, bro. What I was trying to say though is yeah. that you don't think this nigga about to get a fuck? He's gonna cash out with a Netflix deal. It don't matter. That's what so, I'm saying, bro. I'm saying, like, you the man don't do make, it ain't about the money. Isn't that, now, listen, listen, I got you there. I got you there. I, got you there. I, got you there. I hear you. I'm saying yeah, to we you, know that. for you, it's not about the bag. But I'm saying to you, we don't know what Chris Rock's mindset is. I'm right. saying, right. Heck, as if he engages in all these other things, mm-hmm. does he get the bag that's coming his way? Because I'm telling you, the bag is coming his way. I think so. Netflix, I don't think it would matter. Pay this nigga up ridiculous sum of money to hear the story. If he's tied up anyway, that's it. Listen, make him. Is he tied up in litigation? He's not gonna be able to say his story, man. No. Yeah. Okay. So, Joe's right. Yeah, yeah. Joe's right. So if yeah, he, on that part, yeah, you're right. So why why do that shit and get a little bag of money when you can go out here and get Netflix to pay you the big bag? It, yeah. And I, I don't, man. I also pulled up. Uh, I I didn't know this. But after the slap shit, it's been, I mean, I guess it's been coming out and also being revisited because I didn't know, like, in 2020, uh, Chris Rock talked about some of his uh, learning disabilities. And there's also, uh, for the last, for a few years, before the, the slap or whatever, I guess, however you want to put it, that he might be have Asperger's or be on the spectrum and things like that. But he's definitely wow. diagnosed as a, an adult who lacks uh, the ability to recognize uh, certain social cues, which is mm-hmm. Asperger's lower spectrum and stuff. You, you know, if you read about that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. That's a lot of comedians doing shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it might be a lot of comedians, but like it's like, like I said, this had this, this shit came out like twenty. What did this shit come out? Uh, September 20, 2020. Yeah, talking about him being diagnosed with a learning disability as an adult. Things of that nature. Uh, last week about his non-verbal learning disorder and how it's affected his day-to-day life. So yeah, but I mean, I mean also, but yeah, I think there's a lot. We, we you know, not not we, but we as a society have recognized people who are who we think are geniuses in their fields and things of that nature. And a lot of times, you know, it comes out that they have a certain quirk that may. Delay them in recognizing certain things, which also provides them the ability to go forward in other areas. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, but yeah, man. I, I, I want. I, I want to bring it back though, because I think he's talking about it. Um, it still fucking floored me how many people thought Will were right. Will was right. I dog. I was amazed. I was one of them. I was one of them. Okay. So no. So why? Like, like real talk. Yeah. Yeah. Real talk. Yeah, why? Why? No. Why? It, Oh, I did it. Uh, I and the reason why I said that because he was 
simply, simply defending his wife. But you can defend your wife that's, other ways. They're not that. That's there, not I, no, no, and, so, and, 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 and I totally back. agree with that. Yeah, Tim, Tim came came back. You said he initially and he changed changed his aspect of it. I, I mm-hmm. was uh, I was talking to the kid. You know, the kids were again they they see things on the surface and they don't <laughs> dig deep. Right. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so we had we had, I had to, I had this conversation and and I said, look, I've got to take take advantage of this moment and I have to discuss this because. Um, one, I'm trying to, I'm doing more and trying to build athletes, trying to build young men and women. You know what I'm saying? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Exactly. And so we, we, we took a chance to, uh, time to discuss this. And basically, you know, the kids were like, oh yeah, that's, I need to do it. Because that's what they think. They think, uh, oh, somebody disrespect me, I'm gonna go up and slap And then we suspended for 10 days. You know what I'm saying? Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and, and then, you know, the, the circumstances become more dire when not, when you get outside the bubble of high school, you know what I'm saying? And and they need to understand that you know what I'm saying the shit that you would do emulating Will Smith is not going to happen to you because you're not Will Smith. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. So I'm, I'm in the text thread and I'm trying to explain to them you know what I'm saying that on the surface this thing is wrong off top. You know what I'm saying? Initially, it wouldn't even it wouldn't even question for me he was wrong. You know what I'm saying? And and you know I have affinity for both of them as as performers. Uh, right. Mm-hmm. But you know what I'm saying? So I you know take that away from you know what I'm saying? But just on the surface, uh, a black man slapping another black man is a problem. A black man slapping another, a man slapping another man, period, human being is a problem. Mm-hmm. Doing that shit on fucking international TV is a fucking problem. Mm-hmm. And so, so none of this is to be, one of it, none of it's reality for the rest of the world. And two, it's not to be emulated. But then I, then I, so I did this on a text thread. The kids are kind of going back and forth. Some of the kids are kind of seeing my way of thinking. And they're like, yeah, that's just wrong. You know what I'm saying? And they, and they may not thought that initially, but after after the uh, I laid out uh, some points, and they were like, yeah, I get it. You know what I'm saying? Then my assistant coach, who is retired, you know what I'm saying? He's retired from teaching, but he still he still coaches. And and he came out with the same kind of mindset mindset that that Tim has, and I don't think he's backed off of it either. That wow. that Chris Rock was the problem, really, for being disrespectful. And I'm like, okay. Okay, but Chris Rock is a comedian. That's his right. job. That's what he and does. That, and, and that's part of the reason why I kind of backed off a little bit too. But I'm like, well, Chris, because Chris Chris Rock was doing his job. Mm-hmm. He's basically doing his job. He's he's doing what he gets paid to do. But absolutely, and, and that's make people laugh. But can can we take it a step? Even if you're not doing your job, and we we kind of had a talk talk at work, and mm-hmm. I don't know if it's just like just. Black men, but men in general, right? We talk about, especially mm-hmm. nowadays, last two years, uh, male tox being toxic and masculinity and yeah. that shit, right? <laughs> toxic but there, masculinity. But there, but there yeah. is a, still a certain segment of society or society just in general that expects men to behave in a certain way mm-hmm. when the woman or women in their lives, not threatened physically. But whether it just be through words, there's still a, there's still a part of society that expects us to act in a, a, a toxic way, mm-hmm. and we're not masculine. We're not men. You know what I'm saying? And that's something that we don't we don't talk about. When we're talking about it at work, and it's like we think that Will is a man because he protected quote unquote protected his wife, and we mm-hmm. think if, at the same point in time. We're also saying there are people that are saying that Chris Rock is less of a man 
because he didn't attack Will Smith. And they did, and that shit, that's just ridiculous to me. Yeah, that's, but, but I'm saying, but yeah. like, it's like, it's like, it's the confusing yeah. part sometimes of being a man. It's like, masculinity is toxic until you want me to be a, a man and defend your honor or defend right. your family or do yeah. whatever. Right. And it's the same, but like, it's not thinking like, like, yeah, 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 yeah. If somebody kicking the door and my kids are here, that's not, that, that, that's not a, being a man. That's just a that's human defending, defending your house. his cubs or his children or my house. But, but that's basically but, being that, a man because you're being a protector. But, 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 but hold on, but like, but, like, but, but, like, but let's take it like, like we all grew up as like, we all young niggas, right? We all grew up as young niggas and like, oh, he tried to holler at your girl? You got to do something. He hollered at your yeah. girl. Not not touched her. He tried he tried to holler at your girl. Yeah, now okay. we got to fight. Oh, okay. And that shit echoes on to when we become husbands <laughs> and fathers. Someone says, "Oh, he just said hello to your wife in a certain way. Now you got to go fight." This man at an award show made a joke about your wife. Now you got to fight because if you don't, you're less of a fucking man. And then the nigga that you slapped, if he don't fight you back, now he less of a man. And then when y'all kill each other, we toxic. Right. right. But we don't talk about that shit. And they wonder why we fucked up sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. I mean, I mean, See, I, I, know just, I know we just, just niggas. I know we just hell. niggas here. We to might me, all be I mean, wrong. And, and, and this is, you know, what I'm saying, twenty year old Joe thinks different than forty year old exactly. Joe. You know what I'm saying? Right. But the most manly thing that happened on that show was on with the show from Chris Rock. You know what I'm saying? Was, going on. Sure. Oh, yeah. But, that was the most manly yeah. thing that happened in that whole situation. Bruh. Yeah, I agree. Because like, I cause like at work, I recognize the fact that. I said, yeah. The, the 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 biggest adult in all of that was Chris Rock. But like we yeah. said, shit, I don't even know if if 40 year old Roger, if a nigga slapped me, I'm like uh, right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, I don't know if I'm able to at that point in time to do it. <laughs> I know. But like I but like I said to somebody, I ain't Chris Rock. But that's funny, bro. It's funny you niggas said that because when I was watching the video for the first time, the first thing I said, I'm thinking back to my old self, you know, like at 21, 22, I'm like, damn, I would have been like, damn, that nigga Will Smith hard. But then I'm thinking to my myself now, and the exactly. first thing I said was, damn, Chris Rock was a soldier for that shit, bro. That's the yeah, first thing yeah. out of my mouth. Because mm-hmm. I was like, it could have been me. And the biggest, and the biggest loser is, and we, we just talked about on the show without talking about it, is a society... That says Will Smith ain't a man if he don't go up there and slap Chris Rock is the same society that says that Chris Rock is less of a man because he didn't do shit. What the fuck is the problem? Exactly. So let me, I don't know exactly how to feel there's a better way to present this than I'm going to. But basically, we're saying that, you know, well, not basically, but part of what we're saying. Is that um, it's not really appropriate to um, or manly even to uh, react with physical violence to you know from from something that somebody said. You know what I'm saying? Where they ain't threatening you in any real. They're not threatening you or yours in any real way. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So yeah. while y'all were talking, I was thinking about a clip that I think that we've shown a few times or a couple of times where 
there's some people in a restaurant. I feel like it's like a Golden Corral or something, but I don't <laughs> remember exactly. Yeah. Or Applebee's maybe. And the white dude is saying something about niggers. Mm-hmm. But he's not calling from my memory, from my memory and from what I interpreted when I saw it. He's not calling the dude a nigger or nothing like that. But he's like, you know, he's saying I forget he was, what he, he said. Was, he was big time disrespectful though. But he was big time disrespectful. Yeah. And dude smacked the shit out of me multiple times. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Does that is there any correlation in that? Is that or is that oh. just a totally, totally different situation? I I don't I don't think that I don't think they're different at all. And for, no. and for some odd reason, the nigga, not the man in me, says, I understand. <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. Like like, like <laughs> If, uh, I, if I'm presented with that same situation, I'm not doing that. Yeah, you know I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do it. I'm, I'm a but, say, yeah. but I, I, I giggle my ass off if somebody else do it because <laughs> they ask for the shit. Like, okay, so in that situation, the white dude asked for the shit. Yeah, he, like, he, he, he was big time him. disrespectful. Chris was yeah. being disrespectful, but I don't know. I he think was telling a joke. He was telling a joke. Was, the context was different. He, it was disrespectful. But what I'm saying, it, 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 on the space is disrespectful. They go around the fucking Aussie. Everybody got in the front row got disrespected by somebody that night. Yeah, right. Yes. So it may not have been by Chris Rock, but, but everybody got disrespected by somebody that was sitting in their front row that night. You know what I'm saying? And they and they sign and they sign up for that shit. You know what I'm saying? Yes, they do. When you get front row seats, you. Yeah. <laughs> Ricky Gervais they sign, does they it sign up for that when they became celebrities too. Is what I'm saying. Oh, of course. And so what I'm saying is that whole paradigm is different. But I think there's some some same some of the same reactions. If you're talking about somebody responding to somebody uh, disrespecting their wife versus somebody using the N word, I think those are both you know primal type of fight or flight you know what I'm saying conversations that are being had. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so again, there's no real physical danger, at least in 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 Chris to, uh, to Jada and Will. There was no real physical danger in that situation. Um, in the other situation, maybe, maybe not. I think they're both standing up face to face. Who knows? I think it was, I think it was a heated discussion. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, no, I, I, somebody said an N word. I might say something. I might, you know what I'm saying? Um, uh, give them a little a nasty look or something like that. You know what I'm saying? I might, you know, I'm aware I might spit in their food or something like that, but I'm not about to. <laughs> Right. Yeah, but, but, but I'm not, not about to uh, to react by putting my hands on them either. You know what but, I'm saying? But to what we're saying, if I'm at Applebee's having a drink with my lady, and a motherfucker come in and say, "Ha ha, that bitch is trying to try for GI Jane," as opposed to we go to a comedy club and someone says that, I'm like, "Baby, we you wanted front row t- tickets? I told your ass not to get front row tickets for that fucking bald ass haircut. Sit here right. and take these jokes." You know what I'm yes. saying? One place, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm expecting. I'm expecting. The, actually, that's the joke. As opposed to you straight up insulting me and my lady having a, a dinner out at night, and I ain't pay for your ass to come here. But mm-hmm. also to what Joe said, though, at the age of 44, I, I would like to think that I'm not. I, I'm not. I'm. I'm just gonna be like, hey man, just. Go the fuck on somewhere and tell the bartender, hey man, could you get this motherfucker out of here? And ask him to leave. You're not know, call me a nigger. Mm-hmm. All right. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't condone that in any situation. Yeah, if, right. if we see it and we, we, you know, I think we had a discussion at the end of last show. Um, what we do sometimes is we laugh at the absurdity uh, of so many situations. It is absurd to stand in the black man's face and call him the N-word. You know what I'm saying? Right. I, don't, I, don't, I don't think it's absurd to make a joke at a, at a comedy show. And you're a comedian. Right. Um, no. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. Yep. Not at all. In, you can't in, think of it in terms of that. You can't assault somebody at work for doing their job while they're at work. In, in the, <laughs> but, then, but then also the point still stands as a black man, if I react to that, I'm still feeding into the fact that you approve of a toxic toxic masculinity right. when it's when it's appropriate. So, so the point still stands either way. It's yeah, like, yeah, I am agree, I am yeah. I am I toxic all the time? Only when you, am I an animal when you need me to be an animal? Right, and it's and it's appropriate. But when it's time to say fuck the black man, they don't care about the black woman. This this this, this and that because of their violence. Then mm-hmm. my violence isn't appropriate. You can't have it both hey, ways, baby. Can I can I ask this question? Uh-huh. And we ain't got no women on the podcast. Roger brought it up. You're an animal when you need to be an animal. Did Jada sick, sick him on, uh, on Chris? If you look at the video closely, I think she did. I, no, I don't I, think she said I, something. I think she did. Yeah, yeah. But, I, but I, I, think, I think you have a joke, which he laughs at, and then he looks over there and sees that his mate is hurting. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he said I gotta do something. But also, I think, like I said though, I'm adding to the fact that their relationship has become a meme and a joke for right. the last past mm-hmm. two years, and now yeah. it's being put on display in front of the world. Right. Mm-hmm. We we've heard from Will twice. Right. We've heard indirectly from Chris now. You know what I'm saying? Right. I don't think we've I don't think we've heard everything Chris has to say in the situation. We ain't heard from Jada. You know why? Right here. This has been put out there into the ether, and it has not been denied that the reason, like, Will had the apology, but ain't really gotten deep into the psychology of it yet. She trying to cash the fuck in. Come check out the Red Table Talk. Nigga, nigga, that's what I'm trying to say. This, like, dog, like, when I I say it in the chat group that she seems frustrating and exhausting. She do. Mm. Nigga, all I want to do, nigga, we have raised, the world might not see it that way, but our children are successful. They beautiful. My kids, because he got kids outside this relationship, are successful and beautiful. I just want to come home and I don't mean to make a joke here, but to be like Chris Rock would say, and had a big piece of chicken and go to fuck to sleep. (laughs) I don't want to hear about Augusta or August. Whatever that nigga's name is, I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't, what, what my adult children are doing, I don't give a fuck. I don't want to talk yeah. to your mama. That's fine. The red table's in the middle of our fucking living room. I'll be in the <laughs> other house down the Watching street. Watching the game. Down the street. <laughs> fuck everybody. I just want to come home and chill the fuck out. Right. I don't want to come to the red table no more. This nigga, dog, dog, this nigga is us. But he rich. Yeah. And he can't yeah. say, I'm tired of this shit. Right. I'm tired. <laughs> Bitch, I'm tired. 
How many That's times? That's what he should say. He come on, should say yeah, yeah, come yeah, on, yeah, come yeah. on. I know we we all we like. Hey, love the women. And sometimes they can say, "Nigga, I'm tired." That's fine too. Yeah, women, yeah. this podcast. Yeah, we. Yes, I get it. We are exhausting too. But sometimes a nigga just won't say, "Bitch, I'm tired." You ain't had a movie in I don't know how long. I'm holding up the goddamn family. And now I got right. to deal with my fucking marriage being a meme. And now you want me to come to the red table at my low, like the same time he had his, his highest lowest. moment getting the award was his lowest moment. Mm-hmm. What yeah. the fuck, dog? Like, bitch, I don't want to talk about shit. Well, that's when the devil come after you, man. That's when the devil try to get you. Yeah, I know it was a joke. I know it was a joke, but that's just real talk. Yeah, it is. You supposed to be in my corner fucking protecting me the same way I protected you that night. I don't want to come on your fucking show. Nigga, have you seen seen the video of her reaction to him slapping him? Yeah. I put that in the chat group. Yeah, the the, uh, smile from the back view. The smile, she, the back view, yeah. Because Chris, Chris, Chris told the joke. Uh, wow, he just slapped the shit out of me, and the whole crowd laughed, but she laughed with it. Just like, just like Will laughed at the GI Jane joke, she laughed at the the Will Smith just slapped me joke. Feeding, you know what I'm saying? Feeding the toxic shit. Like, like in the same moment, she should be like, "Yeah, my husband defended me." You got to be recognizing your husband was out of fucking pocket. Right, you yeah. gotta y'all y'all a couple, right? We a team. If I'm fucking up, you gotta pull me in the same way. Nigga, we ain't, ain't none of us married on here, but we hold each other accountable way more than she did her fucking husband that night. Yeah, yes, she did. Yeah, your partner's yes, supposed we to be yes, like, like nigga, you accept. Well, I'm gonna say I don't. I mean, I mean, we don't know what conversations they had and shit. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I so, feel, I, feel I mean, I'm not gonna right. say that. I don't know. I'm gonna say that I don't know what she did. I don't know what she said. I don't know if she held him. You know, I don't know. You know what I mean? That's, I'm, now, just because she didn't do it in a public forum, right? Doesn't mean say, that she didn't do it. I'm gonna say, Zeb, is you know? if they have a red talk and they ain't talking about it, I'm no, gonna yeah, no, right, 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 right. Now, be, if, hey, that, if that happens, but you know what they say about hey, it? Oh, it's gonna happen. We don't. If, if, if it was a fifth, yeah. hey, if if if, if ground. Yeah. If, Hey, if grandma had a dick, she'd be grandpa. You're right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, all I'm saying is, yeah. hey. But no, you, you're absolutely right, though, bro. If, she, if, if that dude, if it if he show up to the red table like again, that, then yeah, I'm, yeah, you're I'm, right. Hey, I love Will Smith, but I'm going to be done with this nigga, dog. I'm like, if he show up to that red table again, I'll be like, <laughs> I, I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. What's going on? Say first the fat boy. I mean, I mean, I mean, you know, he he went up there to defend his wife. This is his wife's venture. He's supporting his wife. I don't have if he goes back to the red table. I mean, it is what it is. But I'm just asking. As she as she creating an environment where this nigga can't win. It's a toxic environment. Absolutely. Damn. Damn. Yeah. It's like, but but also, I I should, you know, what I should, I'll be failing y'all. But. Like you got the jo- also let's not forget like every year she get the fucking shout out to Tupac and how much she yep. meant to him and this and this shit. Mm-hmm. Let's not forget like after this shit happened and before it happened, this nigga always gotta hear how he ain't Tupac. 
Mm-hmm. Every like, year, like, every like, time. That's what there, I'm saying. There, there, there are people. No, no, no. Every I, September. I will find the videos, be, bro. Huh? That nigga, that nigga, yeah, that's fucked up. Like he ain't, he ain't, he chasing the ghost. He, he ain't too. But he's Will fucking Smith. Right. I know. Yeah. yeah. But but Damn. when the women, when the woman who you have given your heart to is saying, every like nigga, like I get it. That's that was your boy. But hold on, we can't be married. Yeah. I can't and that makes it even more though, Joe, right? And, Wouldn't they make it even more because you faded so And then once, it, so once it's a not year, like, you, you giving a shout out to a dead nigga? I'd be like, okay, yeah. the first two years, okay. Then, hey, nigga, we 50. What, what, yeah, what, what, right. what are we doing? And it's, and it's not like, it's not like uh, she memorialized Tupac every year and it's just on Facebook, on, you know, amongst y'all, you know, the people that she interact with on Facebook or whatever. Like, that's Jada Pinkett Smith and that's Will Smith, so that shit go around the world. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, yeah, that's Will Smith, but because it's Will Smith, that makes it even that much more in a right. way. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, I don't it, know, man. That shit's crazy. It just reminded me of a, of a conversation I had during my marriage. Uh, like, my ex used to keep her maiden name up on Facebook. And I and so one day I just had to have a fucking conversation. We're like, "Yo, what are we doing? Yeah, like, why? Like, you you you're not legally that name. Why is that? You fucking well, people from high school who want to get to. I said, we. You said we fifty. You know what I'm saying? I said we've been married X amount of time. If they ain't found you by now, maybe you don't need to find them. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. I like that. Exactly. I like that. But no. But like. But 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 yeah. Like even the recent sh- like I don't know. That's yeah, it's crazy. I don't know. Anyway, I, I'm gonna keep moving. This is making me irritating, and <laughs> I ain't got no beef with Jada, but now I'm starting to have beef with Jada because it's like, <laughs> dog, like it's like, and, 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 he done worked himself up to a beef dog, with Jada. Hey, dog, it's, 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 she's fucking irritating. What you say? We running that risk. We running that risk. But I mean, what's the first comment under this shit say? This is what a ghoul. Yeah. Like. Come on, man. Jada, like, I don't know, man. I All I'm saying is I hope it's just talking rumors, but nigga, if that if I she had that if I see that shit on that Facebook down. and Will sitting there with that stupid ass look again, <laughs> nigga, I'm gonna be like, I'm nigga. I'm, y'all gonna be like hey, it gonna be y'all gonna be posting in the check room. I'm be like, I ain't talking about it. I'm just gonna put it up on the screen and y'all niggas can discuss it, because I'm disgusted. Hey, I'm fucking disgusted. Hey, maybe Will need Moxa, man. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's happening. But but even, but like, could we, I should have put the tweets up, but it's just like, you got people, even, not even Jada, you got people out there talking about the reason why is because he ain't Tupac. Mm. but, But like, what do you mean by that? He ain't a thug. He ain't killing people. He ain't shooting people. And once again, right. now, like I don't know why. I think because like, you know we talk about like mental health and we talk about all this shit, dog. And it's like, do you want me to be a killer, or do you want to feel safe around me, or do you only right. feel safe around me when I'm killing niggas? What is it? What is it about what we supposed to do and provide for our community? Can we talk about all the time about the violence in the hood and this, this, and that, and then people shoo-shoo black men and say we ain't good enough and we ain't safe enough to be around, but then if we don't mm-hmm. provide a certain service, then we ain't black men. Nigga, what is it? And, right. I, and like, I, I hate to go on this horseshoe, but I'm like, I'm hurting, dog, because I'm like, 
We trying to be better, but you only want us when the worst of us comes out. You can't have it both ways, baby girl. Mm-hmm. You can't. I don't know. I don't, I, I, People I, I, want what they can't have, bro. Yeah, but they can't have. And, and I get it. I, I shouldn't use Jada to be. I guess I'm like, it's not just Jada. It's like just, just what I've seen. Cause we like, like I thought that this shit would happen and go away. But what I've been seeing on Twitter, dog, for like the last since this shit happened, it's disgusting. It's fucking disgusting. There's been that. There's been a like. There was a, a, a at the at the Grammys or the, I'm sorry, at the Oscars. Mm-hmm. I think it was remarkable that people were going there around to console Will. Yes! Right. And nobody was around. We didn't see anything about Chris. You know what I'm saying? And, and now after the fact, getting big crowds and standing ovations at his comedy shows, but we didn't see it at the, in the moment. You know what I'm saying? I think there's been uh, a swarming of, of attention for Jada. And because you got the alopecia and, and, and all that. And I'm like, I, I, I feel you. You know, you have a condition and you have been uh, attacked knowingly or unknowingly. I understand this upsetting, but I think this thing right. blew way the fuck out of port. Like, we would have forgotten the joke. Yeah. We literally, literally would have forgotten the joke had this shit not been escalated. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But I don't see any evidence of him, of her pulling his coattail and saying, no, yo, no. that's not the move. Like they were, they were jovial what? after the fact. You like, like you know, something like nothing had happened. So, are you saying that was the move? Maybe. I'm not. I'm not saying I mean, not necessarily. Sla- not that he may have just felt the moment and slapped her, but was that the move to cause a scene? But what my, what I'm asking is, what is Jada's role in that? Oh, I'm saying part of the plan. She's possibly the orchestrator, but she's part of the plan. Possibly. I mean, I I don't want to get into that. I just, I just... Like, I mean, and I know, I know we risk being ostracized for, for, you know... (laughs) I mean, what, when you said part of the plan, part of what? That's what I'm missing. Part of what plan? Well, part of the plan to, uh, I'm, I'm saying part of the plan to create a moment from the Oscars to be talked about on the red table. Now, so you so you said I think she may have been, and again, this is all theory and X file shit, but she yeah. had, she may have been excited. Because he didn't think he was going to slap him. And he may have felt the moment and said, fuck it, I'm going to slap him. We saw from the moment, like the, 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 the Zapruder film, the fucking, the other angle that we just saw, you know, well, we ain't seen it here, but you don't see that, that that came out. Uh, it's from the moment he turns around, he walks back and we don't see any reaction from Jada. Like, like we saw the, the images from around the Oscars of everybody looking shocked and awed mm-hmm. at the, at the right. moment. We haven't seen one image of Jada looking like this was even out of normal. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. I mean, I just, I just surprised at all. Stoic about it. You know what I mean? Like she just, I mean, she you know, I, I, I think shocked. that she, I, I looked at it as like she was also in shock because I don't think that she expected them. You know, I don't think that she expected them to do what he did. And you know, you just you don't really know how to react, so you kind of don't react. And then I think you said the other angle, which I haven't seen when 
Chris Rock said whatever he said about Will Smith just slapped the shit out of me. And you said she laughed at that or something? Yeah. What happened? But the whole yeah. crowd, the whole crowd laughed at it. The whole, laughed, yeah, so I think it was just, crowd. you know, I don't know. Bro, I mean, I don't know. Bro, I, don't, I, I mean, my, my question is, if you're, true, if you're truly hurt and you're truly bothered by what Chris Rock just said and, you know, your husband does this bravery thing move to protect you and he slaps the shit out of him. Uh, out of a, another human being on national on international TV, like Joe said, in front mm-hmm. of a guy in the fucking world, and you don't feel some type of wait a minute, what the fuck just happened? You just laugh at laugh at it. That's a like monster. That's a monster. Well, a I monster. don't know if she yeah. was truly hurt. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't think she thought it was funny, and you know, but I don't think that that had anything to do with how Will Smith reacted, whether whether or not she was. Truly, you know, he had to, it was just his perception of how, you know what I'm saying, of how she took it. She, I think he saw her not laughing, and then whatever happened inside of him happened, and he made that move. You know what I'm saying? I'm, like, I'm, not, I'm not saying that she sent him up there to do it because she was right. hurt. I'm talking about the reaction once Will decided, this is on Will. Will decided to do this shit. Exactly. Right, right. Uh-huh. Exactly. That's what I'm about to say. Don't but, take it away from Will. But once Will decided to do it, I'm looking uh-huh. at her reaction. I'm looking at, you know what I'm saying? Like, like she was all aghast that Chris would say this joke. But then her husband just walked up and slapped the man on international television. I don't think she, but she didn't have an aghast reaction. She didn't, she didn't have a reaction to Chris Rock's joke. She just was stoned. She had, no, she, no, no, she had a reaction. There was a reaction. She was just stone faced. She rolled her, she rolled her eyes, but that was like yeah. a gas. She wasn't. But like, you're missing what I'm saying, Zeb. You're missing what I'm saying. Yeah, Fine. I think okay. So. But you are. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. But you are. I'm not talking about that reaction. I'm talking about that. After- but you tying it in. You tying it in to her reaction after that. You said that she was a gas. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying I don't think that she was a gas. So therefore, so what I'm saying is that her reaction after that. It doesn't seem so fucking uh, extreme, or you know, it doesn't seem like a big deal to me that she laughed at the joke. Bro, now, maybe I'm missing bro, something. Bro, 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 finish, bro, finish bro, 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 fuck point. all of that. I don't care what happened beforehand. Mm-hmm. Her husband walked up at the Oscars and slapped a man. Right. And we didn't see a reaction there either. Right. Fuck what the reaction was before. Fuck what Will thought about reaction. I will. I will. You're supposed to fucking react. Everybody else at the Oscars jaw drops. I will say, be careful though, because sometimes the way that shit is edited, and then also here on on the American side of things, you really didn't see the slap. Everything we got was from was like from whatever from overseas and, and other feeds. I'm talking about the private video that was shown on Twitter. From the right. back angle of her laughing after Chris delivered another joke, right. I just don't see her reaction as being that big of a. You know, I don't. I don't see it as being that. But I, I would also say, it, be it, careful. It, you know, know I, I'm not gassed at her reaction. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't, I don't. I didn't find it that fucking that big of a deal. That's just me. <laughs> the fact that her husband slapped somebody on television. Well, I think a lot of people would just be like in shock, just be like, "Oh shit, what the fuck." You know what I'm saying? So, like, right there in that I moment, would be in shock. You know, and, and, then, would, and, then and, Rock, and then when Chris Rock says the thing, then, you know, you're little, you just kind of giggle at that shit because that's just, like, the thing to do because that's what everybody else is doing. But you're still in your head, like, what the yep. fuck really just happened? You know what I'm saying? Like, I'll, you know, like, I, I, you know, I'm, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised and I wouldn't fault her for not really knowing how to react at that particular moment in the way that you may 
expect her to react. You know what okay, I'm saying? Like, so that's then all. as the show went on, you saw them hee-hee and ha-ha to each other. Well, like, I, 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 mean, I, I, I didn't, I I didn't see, I, I did not see the rest. I didn't see the show in the first place, and I didn't. I, I didn't watch the show, Zed. I'm not saying that yeah. you watched the show, but I'm saying I saw clips. And I'm saying to you that every from the night on, they acted as if nothing fucking happened. The whole fucking audience acted like nothing happened. Right, but that's what I'm saying. That's I don't what, know what you were saying. I was saying that's that's the motherfucking rest of the audience was the husband of the nigga that slapped him. No, right, I'm talking about I'm, them. I'm, I'm talking saying, about but, them in particular. I don't know what you expect. I don't know what they should have. I don't I, know should have reacted. I, I expect something. The rest of the night. What are they supposed to do? Have an argument in I the expect, front row the rest of the shit. night or something? Shit. All I'm, I'm saying is the rest of the audience also is he he Han is also the same audience that's now saying they're suffering from PTSD from the event. <laughs> So you gotta be careful. I'm just saying, no, no. I'm not trying to fool for what you're saying. I'm saying is, this is Hollywood. They some weird niggas, bro. We yeah. all we we talk yeah, about and I'm not, a lot. Yeah, and I'm not trying to poo poo what you're saying either, bro. I'm just I, I'm just saying I don't, you know, I'm not. I, I'm saying you know I, I don't I'm not I don't I'm not troubled by how they how how yeah however it played out the rest of the the rest of the program. You I'm know just saying, saying I I acknowledge the fact that me Roger, if I was there and. Whoever I was with, that motherfucker, I'd be like, nigga, big eyed, like big eyed, like, <laughs> but we we talked about it lots of times. This is the same Academy Awards show that's now going to ban, talking about banning fucking Will, but they giving out awards to Roman Pulaski, fucking uh, what's the nigga, uh, the weird white dude who married his fucking stepdaughter, well, yeah. uh, Woody Allen. Woody Allen. So yeah. this is a group of people who are weird as fuck. We already recognize that they they sit they they sit there with that the, the, uh, who's the the, the the white man the, uh, going to jail just Bill Cosby and they've been related. God damn it, the producer Harvey Weinstein. Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. It's the same group of people who sit with this nigga knowing everything going on. So I'm yeah. saying I agree with you. We wouldn't be- interact that way, but we ain't niggas that's been in this fucking field for years, years. Right. And like, the, like, all I'm saying is the same, the same people who are in the, I ain't saying all of them, but some of the same people who are in that crowd are some of the same people on Twitter who talking about PTSD. And they don't know how to, to react to this. And they don't know how to deal with this. And this is the most trauma and the most things they ever had to deal with ever. Or the same, some of the same people who are in that crowd. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It's, it's a weird... First of all, the whole thing is weird. The whole thing that if you invite Roger Winston to come entertain niggas at your company and one of your employees slaps me, ain't no police or security around to escort the nigga away who slapped the fuck out of me. That's weird to me, right? That is, yeah. Because it, it, I know for a fact, if I go to a, a company function and slap yeah. the shit out of one of these doctors, there will be no more Brothers Breaking Bread podcast. <laughs> I mean, there may be more, but I will not be recording. My ass is going to jail, and y'all not. If I sat one of these Indian doctors, oh nigga, I'm done. You can't just slap fifty million dollars in the face for the for ACA and nothing happened to you, nigga. So we know Will Smith worth more than that, and Chris Rock worth worth more than that. That nigga slapped. A hundred million dollar man. Chris Rock got divorced back. not too long ago. Huh, what'd, you, what'd you say? I said I don't know. Chris Rock got divorced not too that, long that ago. That is true. I'm saying, but the money <laughs> that making, still the, worth sixty mil. Yeah, bro. the money making potential is there. Like, yeah, hey, nigga, sure. you you can't slap this money in the face and just sit back down and hee hee ha with your wife. 
the whole thing, that's the weirdest part to me. I didn't know that was an option to slap a nigga and then just sit back down and keep drinking with your and wife. And just chill, yeah. Just keep chilling. Nigga. Where yeah. do they do that? <laughs> nigga, the Oscars. To me, <laughs> I'm like, that's the biggest surprise to me. Like, I didn't know that was a part of the menu. Oh, I can just slap a nigga in the face <laughs> right. and then, have, and then have a drink. Hey, 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 hey. That motherfucker's on the menu, but that motherfucker be a market price, though. Hey, nigga. Hey, you almost killed me, Joe. Hey, I think we got a theme, nigga. I think we got a theme this year. So, can can this be the third nominee for the Jamal Howard Award, nigga? <laughs> <laughs> Shit. The Jawan Howard Award. We got three nominees for the Jawan Howard Award. That is true. We ain't even a quarter through the year yet. That is true. I did not even like, like, like in my mind, I was like, uh, I know even I said on the show, but as I said it, I was like, I didn't even know you could slap even (laughs) another nigga somewhere in public. Yeah. And nobody nobody come talk to you. Nobody. (laughs) And on top of that, you get an award. Nigga, you it's not at all. It's crazy. That's what they say, man. You ain't lying. That nigga got up and said God called him to protect people. <laughs> and he, and, he, and he drugged the Williams family through the mud to, to justify his bullshit. Right. <laughs> hey, I was hey. just trying to protect them like Richard Williams protected. Hey, my nigga Rich Doll, like, uh-uh, uh-uh. I had real reason to slap a motherfucker, and I never did. <laughs> Oh man, nah man, that's tra- that's so trash. And he he gonna apologize to the academy and not to Chris. And then, and then the fucking apology he gave. Everybody like, oh man, that's class. We'll we apologize. Nigga, nah, fuck, hey, yeah, fuck nah. same goddamn energy. Yeah, you slap this nigga in front of Earth. Earth, and then you gonna fucking put, put a fucking text message out there to, to right, now right, get right. your ass out there on the fucking red table right. and apologize. Right, 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 right. That's just trash as fuck. Nigga, what, did, what, did, what did that nigga Charlie Murphy say? Nigga, back when they used to slap niggas back in the day, they have a dude like that. They have a dude. They have a dude. They have a dude. He said somebody got to die. Somebody got to die. <laughs> And then, uh, so I brought that up. I'll just mention it real quick. That that little, my little bit there about that shit was Amy Schumer talking about she's still triggered and traumatized. Is that what she said? Yeah, nigga. That's what I'm saying, dog. These people are crazy. I, I saw two niggas get slapped today. Nigga. <laughs> nigga. You need to talk to somebody, yo? I might. <laughs> that was my childhood, nigga. Right. Getting slapped. <laughs> Brenda, like you sweep the floor, yeah, you lie. Why? <laughs> I was lying, but I deserve to be slapped in the face. <laughs> anyway, and then, uh, yeah, uh, there was that whole thing going on about like because the academy was trying to look good, saying they had 
said they had asked Will Smith to leave, and he said no. <laughs> right. That was a lie. Because you know yeah. it's a lie. Yeah. Ain't no way. Them niggas came in there and said, hey, uh, hey, uh, Mr. Smith, you need to leave. No. Okay. Okay, sir. Right. Exactly. We're just going to go back up into the. Into <laughs> he said no. <laughs> uh, what, we, what you expect me to do? What we asked him. Anyway, man, this, this is, all, all this shit is crazy. I didn't know that was an option. Oh, that's some shit. It's on the menu, bro. Yeah, it's on, on the, the menu. menu. It's, it's, then, just, uh, it's just at market price. That's what I'm telling you. And then Jim Carrey out here says he's not forgiven as Chris Rock. He slapped Will Smith with a $200 million lawsuit over Oscar's assault. Hmm. Yeah. I don't understand what's happening, dog. Like, like I said, when this shit first happened. What, 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 about, what about this, though? You brought up Amy Schumer, you brought up Jim Carrey. Yeah. What about the white perception of things versus versus how the black community is, is accepted what's going on? But that's it, though. Like, I, nigga, I said the most simple shit on Twitter. I said niggas get slapped every day. Oh, well. And I don't know how many motherfuckers liked it. This <laughs> is like, I don't know, dog. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, literally, literally, if we breathe, like, we talk about crime and shootings in the black community, there's at least 10 niggas getting slapped every second yeah. in the black community, dog. At minimum. At yeah. minimum. And we don't... And, don't and, and, and half of them probably happy that that's all that happened. Happy that's all. Nigga, whether it be you cheat on your old lady, whether you step to the wrong nigga, whether you uh, fucking said something out of pocket to your mama, your grandma, your daddy, there is at least 10 niggas... That, uh, from the time Zeb said what he said and I said what I said, a hundred <laughs> niggas have been slapped in the goddamn face. That's, that, that, that's how prevalent slapping is in the black community. I don't know what's happening out there in the white community, but in the black community, hold on, 200 <laughs> niggas have been slapped in the black community. I feel, I feel that. Nigga just got slapped. Yep. <laughs> All right, we'll talk. It might be a nigga on the podcast. The way the numbers yeah. work out, a nigga on the a nigga on the there's a good <laughs> chance in the next if we go for the next two years at least one nigga on this podcast will be <laughs> on the podcast while we record or, or slap <laughs> or might or might do the slapping. Oh, right, right. the, there is a nigga that's slapping another nigga on this podcast in the next two years. <laughs> I guarantee it. It won't be rehearsed. It won't be a skit. It's just gonna happen. That's, that's, why, we, that's why we do this shit remotely. Because if it was in person, <laughs> right, it has to go up. Nigga. Somebody, somebody be slapped, and somebody get slapped. You know, uh, it'd, be, it'd be like a competition. Slap competition. Hey, they out there like, mm-hmm. we knew there was a reason why these niggas don't record together. They violent. <laughs> this male, they toxic males. We gotta get rid of them until we need them. Until we need him. Just watch for the nigga with the top of him. Until a motherfucker need to be slapped. <laughs> Why did he hey, got busted hey, in his pocket? Why that nigga Bosco walking around with talcum powder in his chop? Hold up. That nigga busted oh, in his motherfucker. Got that baby powder. Hold up. Are y'all saying we nigga trying? We get together, <laughs> we form a big <laughs> ass, five-handed, <laughs> black ass hand. <laughs> it's, it's nigga trying. <laughs> oh, shit. 
Or I'm like, nigga, try to, the chisel happen to be the head. I'll form, I'll form the thumb. Man, we can put 10 at the head and play the Larry David music, nigga. <laughs> nigga, try. <laughs> Oh, it just, that, was, that was unnecessary shrapnel like a motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I got my like stomach hurting. Oh, my God. <laughs> Grandma reaching her purse. You just hear that. <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> if, okay. All right. I'm done. I'm done. Woo. All right. Anyway, we ain't got no more tabs, man. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> I'm still my. We have handed out. Chicks. We have handed out all the smacks. Yeah, all I'm, the slaps. All the slaps. I'm still in my feelings about this. Uh, this uh, male toxic shit. So. I don't know. <laughs> hey, but before we go, can I shout out? Can I shout out the trainer, uh, to Will Smith for the Muhammad Ali move? <laughs> that nigga still had muscle memory reflex like a motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, he did. That was really, really, really. That's quick. I don't give a fuck what you say. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. I, I, I don't. I just. Hey, we ain't doing no sports. Um, but I just want to say this real quick, man. LeBron James is a bad motherfucker. But the Lakers yeah. suck. They do. Lakers are trash. I don't even want to lie. Them niggas know, suck. Oh, you know what? Them niggas yeah. can't even get a oh, play in game. That's, nah. Hey, that's that's they good. Can't. Hey, thank you, Zeb. thank you, brother Zeb. Uh, as we go into this weekend, or especially tomorrow, any uh final four picks? Any uh, I guess not mm. final four, but final picks for uh, the crew out there. Duke. You got Duke, okay. I'm going with uh, I'm gonna go with North Carolina. To win I'm it basing up. this off of nothing yeah. other than I want North Carolina to win. Uh, yeah. Okay. Cause Duke beat uh, the Five Five. Damn. And hey, you know uh, what I'm saying? Yeah, they, 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 you know, never let that go. I love that's it. How petty, that's how petty. <laughs> Damn. I love it. I love it. Coach K is great. All that shit. He's a legend. You know. Yes, he is. Happy retirement. You know. I hope it comes tomorrow. It's retirement. Um, okay. And who's the other game? The other game is Villanova and uh, Villanova and Kansas. Kansas. And Kansas. Oh God. Why? I think Kansas is going to win because the uh, uh, old boy from Villanova, you know, he's hurt. He got fucked. Oh up. Yeah. 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 So that's so sad but, too. Like final fucking like minutes. Yeah, that the sucks. Game and you get fucked up. Yeah, yeah. that sucks. Sucks. But yeah, because of that reason, I think Kansas probably gonna pull that off. Okay, okay, okay. Anybody else? Okay, I, I... not Kansas. Yeah, not Kansas. Not Kansas. I ain't want to say. It. I ain't want to say, it, but you know, I wanted to say like for me, it's like, it's two parts, right? Not Kansas because fuck Kansas, but mm. not Kansas also because if Kansas loses, I win one hundred and ten dollars. Oh, the, that's right. Yeah, you said it last week. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I got I, I, way I'm looking at it. Even if Duke loses, as long as Kansas loses, I still win monies. I still. You know what, man? Money. Y'all right, man. I can't even. Yeah, you know, fuck Kansas. You're right. No, I can't. I can't do it though. Like I'm not the biggest fan of Duke, but I can kind of go. Okay, 
been talking to my sister, and she's like, oh, Coach K, blah, 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 you know, because she graduated from there, and I'm like, okay, okay, right. you know what, I can, I got, you can add to my agenda of fuck Kansas, and also, I want my $110. <laughs> right. There's nothing wrong with that. Wrong Gas with is that. high out here. We just talked about that shit. What'd you say? Hell yeah. The gas is high out here. We just talked about it, this shit. That ten dollars come in handy. Hey, we, I told y'all it t- it cost me like a little over fifty to fill my tank up. Nigga, that's two. That's two. That's two fill ups. Give me my money. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Okay. All right. All right. That's good. That's good. We got we had we got a little sports in. Um. Hopefully, we, I don't know anything else. I don't know. Anyway, don't go around smacking people. Just because they say mean words. Mm. <laughs> That's all I got to say. Smack, smack him with a lawsuit. Exactly. A lawsuit. All right. Anyway. All right, man. Tabs tabulated. Nobody else. No caveats out there, man. Oh. Appreciate y'all time. Of course. We did it. Vote. Because if you vote, you won't have to worry about motherfuckers like Lindsey Graham and Bitch McConnell. Uh, who won't uh, advance this uh, Supreme Court justice yeah. to where she needs to be? I'm glad you said that, bro. Yeah, I, I was. I'm going to vote, but I I haven't thought about that. Yeah, election yeah. day is coming. Election this, day, this, uh, hey, election, like I said on Twitter, man. I wish Will Smith would smack motherfuckers at at uh doing the uh, <laughs> right. midterms in local elections because that seems to be the only mm-hmm. time you niggas uh, open your eyes up to some bullshit. Right. But that's not here. I'm not here to shame niggas. They don't know better. So y'all hear this shit on Monday. Y'all hear this shit on Monday. Mm -hmm. Go slap a nigga to go vote. That's right. I'm just, I'm lying. Anyway. (laughs) Go vote. Go vote. (laughs) Just vote. vote. Just vote. Yeah. Anyway. It's time for us to round up out this motherfucker, man. Slim AC. 10 meters. Zab the soldier. Half of the buzz of doom. Joe Jeff. I'm the KC Stork. We are Brothers Breaking Bread. Triple B Podcast. Never, ever, ever miss a moment to break bread with your brothers. We out. your brothers whenever possible your happiest spring starts with Lowe's and it all starts with a beautiful green lawn keep it looking sharp and save $50 on the cobalt 40 volt self-propelled mower was $399 now just $349 and give the rest of your yard a healthy boost with a bag of our premium mulch at the everyday low price of $368 create a season full of happiness at Lowe's home to any budget home to any possibility Selection varies by location. While supplies last, about 331 through 46. Mulch offer excludes Alaska and Hawaii. U.S. only.